uh, long story short about how I was on a plane and off a plane today. But before we get to that fucking debacle, um, let me tee up uh, the press conference that uh, it's about nine minutes long, but it's going to it's going to explain a lot of after the verdict. Um, obviously, Big O Barnett was guilty on all counts. Uh, jury took under two hours is more like an hour and a half, which to be quite honest, if you went through the jury instructions in this case, that would take you two to three hours alone. Um, and then obviously I don't know what evidence went back with them. Um, but they didn't ask, they didn't ask to see any evidence. Um, the trial and I'll play this in a second. The trial ended, I think like four thirty or five ish on Friday. And uh, they would have probably gotten a verdict in like 20 minutes if they did it on Friday, but they waited till Monday. And uh, I don't know if the judge offered them lunch or not, but they came back before lunch. So uh, it was quick. All right, let me, uh, so this is the press conference. Mark, I'm going to just tee it up, uh, see how the volume is and let me know how it sounds. I'm going to read. Real, real quick, just before you do that, can I get out the thank yous so, we, so, it, sure. so it doesn't interrupt anything? Okay, guys, uh, you know, Monica, thanks for the great idea. I put up a Venmo uh, in accordance with her peer pressure, and uh, you guys uh, were able to successfully fund my, my, my time there last week um, with, a, with a few dollars to spare. So everyone's, quote, right on the money, no pun intended. And then uh, this time we were able to cover uh, Crypto's ticket, which he got a uh, partial refund because he got off the plane, you know, because that's how quick this, that's how quick this verdict came. I told him, I said, get off the plane, dude. So uh, we applied, you know, we still have a, a remaining balance of about $200 that we'll hold on to. And the next time we go into the field, we'll apply it there. So thank you, American Trucker, and really everyone else who uh, contributed. Really, really, uh, really impressed and grateful. I'll probably post it back up in the nest, but literally uh, we have nothing pressing. So don't feel obligated. We don't need it right now. You know, it's, uh, but I'll, I'll put it up there just so, you, you know, in case, in case you have too much money <laughs> and don't know what to do with. Uh, but other than that, uh, we, we met we met our, our bills this time. So thank you, everyone. All right. So let me tee this off, and then I'm going to restart it once you let me know that it's loud enough. So just give me a second. Okay. And uh, we're surely going to appeal, and I'll see you guys again on May, May 2nd. Third, May 3rd. Is that okay or is it too loud, Mark? No, it's even louder. louder. Question. All right, how's that? And, uh, we thought that the right, decision right, to testify. I'm going to start over. And uh, we're surely going to appeal. And I'll see you guys again on May, May 2nd? The 3rd. May 3rd. Did you think the decision to testify may have backfired? The jury was only gone for about two hours. Yes. Uh, so it's a bit of a legal question. And uh, we thought that the decision to testify was unequivocally the right one. While the judge would have gave an instruction to the jury not to let the fact that he did not testify against him, I don't believe for any any second that that would have mattered. He had a story that needed to be told. People needed to know why he came here, what his intentions were, and what he did while he was here. The man got up there and he told the truth, and it didn't work out for him. But at the end of the day, we have no regrets whatsoever about that choice. You heard the government uh, tell the judge you haven't expressed any remorse. I actually did uh, express remorse on the stand. Uh, the government's overstepping themselves on everything they say. I totally disagree with them, as well as the verdict. 
and uh, we will move forward to uh, correct this injustice. What do you regret doing? What did you mean by they're not your peers? It's like American citizens who went to so, jury duty and got called? So that, let, me, let me answer that question. Uh, that's a very simple uh, discussion. Washington, D.C., number one, is not a state. Number two, um, he's not surrounded by a jury of his peers, a jury of people from Arkansas, a place where he came from, or a jury that has a political composition uh, of anything that's like the rest of the United States. Washington, D.C. is something like 95, 96% Biden voters, right? So that we believe that that plays a crucial role in the political factors that are uh, ever-present in these cases. We argued uh, the need to change juries, uh, to change venue uh, extensively in, in this case, uh, other cases as well. And uh, everybody who's a January 6th that has been accused of the crime is looking to have their case heard somewhere else because nobody feels safe here. So regarding a jury of your peers, it just means a balanced jury, at least at the very uh, politically, at least. 96, 95% Biden voters, uh, President Trump, the elections at issue here, we feel that that fact alone, in congruence with the all the media coverage of January 6th hearings, so on and so forth, eliminated, eviscerated any chance for a fair trial. Mr. McBride, with the... With this happening in the city, we were defending, and the question is, is, is such a, there's, there's, is there a struggle for any future defendants in J6? Are they going to get fair trial? You had such a strong legal team. Does this take the wind out of their sails? Should they be concerned? Uh, everybody should be concerned about fairness, of, of fairness in D.C., right? I mean, that, uh, that concern, the political concern is global. I want to be able to parse that and say, look, we selected that jury. We felt confident based on the available people that we had, that that was the right jury to select. It did not work out for us. And we're not saying that there is something inherently wrong with D.C. or with the jurors. We're saying that we believe that politics is the big elephant in the room that nobody wants to speak about here and that the political considerations about this trial, you know, have have, have damaged the jury pool to the extent where we can't get a fair trial. What's your assessment of why the jury came back so quickly? Uh, my assessment of why the jury came back so quickly is that they found uh, the government's evidence to be fully credible, and they just did not believe what we said. And uh, my experience uh, in life, uh, that is, as a, as a defense attorney, certainly, when the jury comes back that quickly, it's usually because they had bought hook, line, and sinker, and what the government has said, and uh, their minds were, were made up long ago. Uh, that's a possibility, but we were laughing about tweets. We were laughing about political statements. We think that it's absolutely All right, so Mark, I'm just going to pause it right there, and then I'll pick it up. I, I couldn't even hear that question, so I'm not sure anyone's going to follow on this whole. Yeah, I can, I can, yeah, I can answer Let's that. do it at the end, though. Uh, I just wanted to. I just wanted to make a okay. just make a note about it about this whole laughing tweet thing. I didn't get it either because I couldn't. You can't hear the question. Yeah, the defense the defense team and table laughed okay. uh, quite often actually. Objectionable and ridiculous that a man could be on trial and possibly be sentenced to the rest of his life in prison and have tweets used against him, political tweets, occupy this, screw Biden that, I love Donald Trump, whatever it is. The fact that that made any difference in this trial whatsoever was laughable to us. So we made a conscious decision to laugh at that because at the end of the day, we don't believe that that stuff had any place in this trial. You just a trial for your 
So just to follow up on that one, that was a question if uh, President Trump should be held liable, and they didn't answer. They started deliberating this morning? Sorry. Sorry. They started deliberating this morning? No, well, look, they, they officially started deliberating this, uh, this morning, but they were dismissed Friday. So each juror had the weekend to sit at home and collect their thoughts and think about how they felt about, uh, about you know, where they were going to come out on the, on the jury. So I'm sure they all came in with some opinions today, and, and it looks like they all pretty much agreed that uh, he was guilty and not innocent. We respect the process. We disagree with the, with the verdict, but we have to respect them nonetheless. We, we believe that we have multiple issues for appeal, especially the fact that there was a superseding indictment two weeks before this trial for civil disorder, which completely sandbagged us and put us uh, on our back. After two years, no fact changed in this trial, and they put this charge in there that completely uh, changed our entire defensive strategy in this case. It made us defend all the actions outside of the Capitol as opposed to what he, as opposed to what he did inside. We thought that was unfair. We filed multiple motions on that order, uh, on that charge, and uh, we believe that we have very strong chances on appeal given the, uh, the nature uh, of, of everything I just said about that charge and the indictment. So you said the addition of a, of a new charge recently. The addition of the civil disorder charge, 18 U.S.C. 231, uh, uh, made two years of trial prep not go all out the window, but it, it forced us to revisit our entire trial strategy within a few weeks' time frame. It was a materially unfair thing to do. Um, that charge should not have made it in. We should have been given time to prepare for it. We weren't given that time. We, ob- we objected. We disagreed. We filed motions. It didn't work out our way, but we believe that we have sufficient grounds for appeal regarding that matter. Thank you. Okay, thank you all very much. Do you much. have a sentence? One, one last word. Uh, I am going home for three months to see my daughter and the dogs. Very happy about that. And uh, it's been a nice visit to thank DC you. this thank time. You to Judge thank Cooper. you very much. Yes, and a note about Judge Cooper. Look, we, 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 we've spoken a lot about what we disagree with, rulings, so on and so forth. But uh, this was a this was a fair fight. Uh, you know, the government uh, there was a little dirty pool during the trial, but that's not dirty pool, dirty boxing. It's not uncommon. Uh, the, the trial was conducted with honor uh, on both sides. Judge Cooper runs a tight courtroom, um, but he let us uh, he let us defend Richard. He let the government put on its case. Lots of times that don't happen. That doesn't happen. Lots of times the judge will just micromanage the whole trial. Judge Cooper did not do that uh, while simultaneously holding, you know, control over the courtroom. And uh, we respect him for that. And we're thankful for the ability to be able to, to put up the fight, even though that we didn't come out victorious today. And Thank you, folks. And you will appeal. Oh, we will Absolutely. appeal. We will appeal. Of course. Of course. Yeah. We have to. D.C. Yeah, we'll appeal. We have we have to appeal. We have multiple appellate issues uh, in terms of media coverage. Uh, you know, if you look at Oliver North and how his conviction was thrown out, one of the big things, uh, one of the big reasons why his conviction was thrown out was because the jury pool was tainted um, with his congressional testimony, right? And we know that this jury pool in all of D.C. and arguably all of America was tainted and is tainted by the very improper conclusions that the January 6th committee drew about people like Mr. Barnett and other January 6th. I mean, for God's sakes, Mr. Barnett was featured in one of the Trump impeachment proceedings, right? The idea that that stuff didn't factor into the analysis 
it's just not not logical. So we're going to appeal, and uh, you know, we're going to continue to fight for him until there's no fight left in us. Because that's what, as his attorneys, that's what we're called to do. And uh, because we love him and we believe in him, and we don't think that somebody should go to prison for the rest of their life. Somebody, a 62-year-old man with no previous criminal history of any kind, is going to get potentially uh, the rest of his life incarcerated for putting his feet up on a desk. It's just, it's not right. So uh, we're going to do our best to make sure that that happens. And if it does, it won't be because we didn't fight for it. Okay, thank you. Thanks again. Thanks again. All right, so would have been a little, would have been a little better if they didn't do it by the by, by like actually like on the cars, but uh, we're, we're uh, could you hear that, Mark? Could everyone hear that? Yeah, yeah, you got the gist of it. Uh, definitely, okay, definitely, all right. Uh, so, yeah. um, what happened on the? Um, I'm trying to think here. So, obviously, the Trump question they didn't respond to. What happened on the uh, text? Were were texts introduced during trial? Yeah, uh, you text, mean tweets? tweets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say not during the trial, but it definitely came up uh, after the conviction when the government moved to have right. him uh, remanded and taken into custody. Uh, they said, Your Honor, he's been tweeting this whole time and he shows no remorse and all the tweets. And, and I was like, oh, my God, you know, Big O's always tweeting. Uh, but McBride put up a, a very swift, uh, you know, plea for his, his client, Big O, to keep him out of prison until sentencing and the judge accepted it quite yes. quickly but the, but but that but what you were talking with the question the press other press asked was you know there were times when the entire the entire defense table table excuse me uh just busted out laughing and and i in the gallery did my best to keep my professionalism and there was times where i was laughing. so can i ask you can, um, I, can I ask you a question yeah, no so yeah. like laughing during the trial or laughing during the sentencing or or not the sentencing but the but the motion to remand oh, no oh no there were no there was no laughing during that uh during, okay during so the trial. only part laughing then was when the jury made their conclusions left and then they did a motion to remand and there was laughing no 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 no, no laughing today uh, no, no. No okay. What? Okay. So, so, so that, that's my next question. When? Okay. I've never. I don't. Oh, I can't say never. I can't think of a time I've laughed out loud during a trial. What was some of the stuff that they laughed out loud about? If you can remember, I know I'm kind of put you on the spot on this, but like what? What came out that they were uh, laughing from? From memory. Uh... Okay. Um, well, definitely some things Bigo said. That's for one. For when he was on the stand, uh, the same thing with his wife and his very good friend. Uh, you know, there was some comedic relief sure. with their okay. answers. They're yeah. very snarky, right. southern people. But I guess another one is when they're putting when they're putting um, Facebook posts up there. Um, you know about uh, you know Bigo re- reposted probably five hundred or so. Don't quote me, but just random. You know, he's just an old guy, just re- mm-hmm. repost, 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 like random things. Mm-hmm. And one of them was, quote, occupy the Capitol. Uh, and that was, you know, it was supposed to be uh, like a rally or something. And they made a huge deal about, and he, you know, that he had full intent and was trying to motivate others to, quote, occupy Gosh, the Capitol. So, you know, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback. Today actually is Monday, right? Um, my understanding right. is when you and I were talking last week, 
um, you did not see at any point the French journalists who were there to um, to to testify, right? So so that would so, so that would be the people right. who took the picture of Bigo with his feet up and posing. They asked him to pose. He put his feet up. Um, so they weren't there. So that photo could not have been authenticated, at least in my opinion. With that, it was stipulated right, to by right. The so I'm getting to defense. that. So the defense stipulated to that photo coming in. Did you ever get a reason on why they stipulated to that, given the fact that yes. the the predicate that would have been laid arguably would not have been there for the government? Well, because they they believe that the chances of the jury either a already seeing it is extremely high because uh, mm-hmm. everyone's seen it, and then b them probably inappropriately googling it off off duty hours is probably also hot okay but um, but okay so, so not to beat you up on this but the two things you mentioned are against the judge's instructions the judges the judge says do not google this do not go home and talk about it do not do x y and z now yes do they do it maybe but why would you let the photos in without the predicate being laid well, I, I can't well, speak for right, them, so that, but I'll, I will speak to my understanding right, that, of their of their angle. That the entire thing was to lay everything out there to not be viewed as hiding, concealing, and and they they are under the they're under the impression that the world has already seen this photo, and 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 the chances of one of those jurors, let alone all of them, is high. So if, is very high. But I, so they're they're like, let's get it out. And by the way, the photo itself, uh, and I spent most of the trial in there. There's a few days I wasn't like two days in the beginning and half a day, you know, the the short Friday. Other than that, I was there for the whole thing. And I never saw the photo. I'm sure it was, I'm guessing it was introduced in openings. Well, no, I didn't see the photo until the, until what would have happened is they would have stipulated at the start of the trial to what exhibits were already going to be in. So that was before they ever started, they would have stipulated to what exhibits went in. So, so I guess I just, the photo itself is not a huge, huge deal. Well, it is a big deal though, because that's what big old Barnett is known for. So why I'm just trying to understand why, why you would let from, from my experience, like, you know, things like DNA swabs, right. Or fingerprints, chain of custody where someone moved it from portion a or spot a to location B, right. Like chain of custody can sometimes be stipulated to, but they're not going to stipulate to like the actual testimony of the DNA swabs. Right. And especially pictures, which I mean, you know, arguably speaking, the pictures of big O Barnett with his feet up are like, if you go to Google right now, it's every fucking article. Like every article is man on feet up found guilty, right? There's pictures of him like four or five of them with the feet up. So I guess my question is, and then I'll go to Ship after this. Uh, maybe he's got a different take than I do because I'm usually not given that leeway of, you know, if stuff's – that's a me problem. That's a state or government problem. Listen, if you don't have your guys and they're in France, that's that's a you problem, dude. I'm not going to – you know, and especially doing criminal defense now, you know, I'll stipulate the chain of custody issues. I mean I don't want everyone who ever touched something to come in and testify and, you know, turn a five-day trial into 15 days. But I'm trying to still, you know, we spoke about it and I'm still trying to wrap my head. Not that it would have made a difference. I'm just trying to wrap my head around it just for just just but just well, for argument's yeah, sake me, right now before get... we move on. I'm trying to determine. So 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 you're just saying 
they wanted the jury to see everything. Let's see how it play plays out. Whatever we get at the end, at least it'll be a truthful, fair, everything in front of the jury kind of a trial. Uh, sort of. They knew that, it, and and I know this because I spoke mm-hmm. with them at length. Um, you know, and they knew that they're facing a massive right. monumental task of getting a DC jury, you know, to to uh, come back with not guilty at least on, at least right. on the serious offenses. So what they wanted to do was humanize him, show who Big O is, and put Big O in the correct mm-hmm. Big O context, which is. Mm-hmm. He was being a clown. He wasn't being aggressive. He wasn't being dangerous. However, we've spent more time right here talking about this photo than the other two major issues that the government put forward. And I mean major issues. They made the big deal that uh, it was him pestering uh, the the one Metro police officer and trying to get my flag, get my flag. Was that the female cop? my flag because no, that was uh, the – it starts with a okay. C. It'll it'll hit me in a second. But Officer Clary. So, uh, okay, Clary, hold, on, hold on though. For people that what? weren't there, what's the context around that? Give people the context of Big O wants to get his flag okay. because he left it. But people here may you know people here weren't there for the whole trial. So give them the context. Right. Big O is either pushed, sucked in, or walked in, whatever you want to interpret the video as, uh, into the building. Okay. He gets into the building through the Columbus doors on the east side. Uh, he's looking for a bathroom. Uh, he never opens a door on his own. He gets, uh, he finds some open doors, which lead down the hall to Pelosi's offices. Uh, he finds himself in her off in that office. There was no bathroom right there as he's walking out. Uh, according to him, two French journalists, uh, or at least video journal, photo journalists, they say, Hey, um, do you know where you're at? And he said, I didn't want to be dumb. So I looked down and I saw an envelope and it said speaker Pelosi. And he says, yeah, I'm in Pelosi's office. Um, and they said, well, we want to take a photo of you. Uh, just act like you're at home. And he says, okay. So he sat down at the desk right there, which is actually not Nancy's desk. It's his chief of staff, her chief of staff puts his feet on the desk and he says, take a picture. So they do. Now that picture for him is problematic for two charges because it has him holding his hike and strike, zap hike and strike, uh, uh, you know, walking stick, flashlight, zapper combo. And you can see the quote spike electrodes sticking out. And that's what he believed cut his hand. And that's where he bled on the desk and on, and on the envelope. And that's the envelope he took, by the way, he was also found guilty of taking government property. We're talking about that envelope that he did return to the FBI. So that, but the, but the real context with the officer is when the female, uh, Metro, uh, Metropolitan police officer, uh, when, she comes in and it's all on camera and her body camera as well. It's all corroborated. He's, she says, Hey, get out. And he says, okay. And he gets up, but he forgets his flag on the credenza. And the flag is very sentimental to him because it was awarded to him by, by a state rep. So he walked, so he walks out and he says, ah, oh, shit, my flag. So he tries to walk back in and she says, no, 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 get out. And he complies. So, so she like herding cats, like, and I, and I mean, truly that's what it looked like. Cause they, these Metro cops, they all admitted they've never even been inside the Capitol ever, but they're being cops trying to help the, the Capitol police. And the plan was very loose. Get everyone into the rotunda. The plan didn't have much more after that. So she's herding cats, which included Big O, and he complies. He's in the rotunda and he's saying, because he's, he's cooperative. He's saying, get my flag, get my flag, get my fucking flag. Come on, man, get my flag. Or, you know, and, and he started asking, escalating until eventually he said some things that evidently turned problematic for him. 
Like, uh, get my flag where I'm fixing to bring them in. And then later he waves his hand, okay, which the government puts forth as he was summoning the crowd onto the officer, which the crowd did not assault the officer. It never happened. And Bigo was essentially there basically alone. And that is the major issues was one, his, his, uh, his, his, uh, Zap Hike and Strike that he possessed in there. And two, that he obstructed, uh, that officer and that he, uh, summoned the I, crowd. So that those are the, those are the big, big, big issues far beyond the photo. We know well, what the photo does. So, we know what sorry, the Sorry. So quick did. question for you. I just put in the nest an article from Yahoo, which has a picture of him at the desk with, with his feet up. Do me a favor. Can you click on that for me? And there's a flag on the left side of the picture to his right. Is, is that, is that the flag he brought yes. in? And then if, and then if so, my ne- okay, that, that, yes. that's his flag. Okay. And when they tell him to leave, yes. he, he forgets that flag there. Got it. Second question. Correct. I don't see it in this photo. It's just maybe a bad photo. There's a lot of photos of him here. Um, where was the zap? Uh, I don't want to say zapper. Where was the walking stick with taser capability? Where was that in this photo? Yes. I don't see it. So, yeah, so this this is a little photo on a phone, but I can see Where it. Looking, I know what we're looking, then? Where we're looking? Um, okay, so, so, so you see uh-huh. his leg that's on the yeah. desk? All right. Do like you're putting a garter on him and slide up his leg and look and kind of go halfway up his black shirt, and you'll see the black handle with what looks like I got you. Okay, so like right below right his chest. So that's yeah, the handle of go. it? And then is it yes. going down the middle of his leg or is that the chair? Is it going off to the side or down the middle? I can't tell. Uh, it's like, pretend it's like a sword. Not that no, I'm no, no, no. I know, but I'm saying here, is it but... going off of his body on a slant or is it going down between his legs is my question. Oh, no, okay, it's, off, got it. it's off to the side. It's got off it. to the side, okay. like a sword. Like, like you would, like okay. you would wear so a sword. So it would be, I mean, not to be graphic, but I mean... This isn't graphic, but his chest, but essentially where people would normally have nipples, like right below that in the middle. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right, right below, below his heart, above his belly button. I see the little silver. So, so, yep, so that it. walking stick with the taser at the bottom of it, that was, I'm assuming black then. Yeah. So, um, I can, I'll, I'll get a, I'll get the tweet up that sh- shows more details about it and I'll post it in the next nest but basically the taser part is in the handle it's in the grip not the part that goes on the, the taser part is in so the capacity to deploy the tasers in the handle or the actual taser okay t- taser. yeah sorry taser bad example stun gun the spike it's a it's a it's a contact weapon you know it right. doesn't shoot anything you have to you have to zap you know touch and so, make contact um and that's in the that's in the okay handle, so the when you say of top of the handle is that where you squeeze to make it happen uh, there's a, you, first you have to engage, uh, mm-hmm. like the, like the button that, that basically arms it mm-hmm. and then you get a red light and then there's a separate button, which you press, which will then, you know, bzz, you know, the, and is that, and when fire. it fires, is that on the other side of where your hand is? I mean, that would, it's pretty much on the butt end of the, of the, you know, like imagine like a golf right. club, you know, and if you're, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. leaning on the golf mm-hmm. club, you know, you're cool. Like the top, the butt, not the head itself. Okay, I'm um, okay. I'm confused. Um, so the top where he holds it, you got to do what you just said to engage it, and then when it actually does the stunning or the taser, whatever you want to call it, is that on the other end of the walking stick? Oh, interesting. No. Okay, I need to no. find. 
I need to, it's all in the handle. I need to find a picture of this handle. because, yeah, I'll, pull I'll, one out because I'm a little confused. But okay, okay, um, okay, interesting. So let me ask you this then: if you have to do like the three or four steps that you just said, um, what are the odds? I mean, let's be let's be serious about this. And I've been in DOJ, and I know a lot of fucking dirty. Um, well, I just know a lot of dirty. Uh, I know a lot of dirty attorneys in general, right? It's it's like when it all costs, whatever, right? Um, I've seen people sure. disbarred. I've seen people hide exculpatory evidence in violation of Brady. Like I, I I've seen it all, mostly. What what are the, with all of this stuff that has to be done? I'm thinking AUSA, the prosecutor, AUSA Gordon. I'm thinking I'm thinking he he zapped that taser and scared everyone on purpose then. There is a I mean, this doesn't sound like uh, I mean, I mean, a, a, a substantial this doesn't theory. sound like Oops, um, I pushed the wrong button. This sounds like I have to do three things and then push the button. It, it, it seems pretty idiot proof, I guess, is my point. Yeah, I'm not an attorney. Or you don't need to be I'm an att- not team. No, I these mean, are, you have the are, best knowledge of it. You don't need to. These are eight you don't need to be an attorney know, to know I, that yeah. it's not just pushing a button on. It's not like pushing one button. Right. You have to push like three buttons right. and then you discharge it. I'm sorry, two so, buttons? Okay, two buttons. A yeah. light has to appear and then you shock it for a full five seconds, scaring the fuck out of everyone in the courtroom from what I've gathered. Well, okay. So a couple things. <clears throat> there is a there is a strong theory that um you know that, that he that the AUSA did zap it on purpose. Uh, if I finish my thought is I'm not an attorney, all that, but what I'm saying is, is if I were, I experienced it, I was in the courtroom to me, that's a serious issue on appeal, especially because they had already made agreements with the defense on how and when it would be introduced and how and when it would be essentially discharged. This is well outside of the agreement. Uh, it made everyone jump. It was, you know, it, it was very, very inappropriate. Now, the, the only thing that makes me think that that uh, Gordon, the prosecutor, was just straight up inept, okay, and just negligent, is because his entire he he reintroduced this device very late in very late in the uh, trial. They've already had the owner and the inventor of it up there, and that would have been in my eyes if I were a defense attorney. I said that's the time. Let the engineer fire it, right. but instead the prosecution fired it when they demonstrated it for five seconds, for five whole seconds, which. By the way, the box says would paralyze you, you know, temporarily. But the point is this, um, and I mean long seconds. But the but the accidental discharge came very late in the trial, and it was after what I thought was a really really dumb line of questions upon the the uh, the FBI agent, basically the case agent, because what they did was it it to me before the even accidental zap, I was like, why are you doing this? And I realized the defense says, look. There's no evidence whatsoever that the light was ever on, and our client says that the device was inoperable. By the way, guys, the device in court is not the device Bigo had. He lost it after he was pepper sprayed, and he set it down outside to treat his eyes. It's been missing ever since. And he and he puts forth that it was that the battery was dead, or he dropped it in the shower. So, and it's so just a quick question, Mark. Was that so? Then was the zapper they brought in? Was it a demonstrative, or did they stipulate to putting Correct. it in? Correct. It was not actual. It's not the 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 device 
the device. It's the same make and model. No, no, no. Uh, no I'm sorry. It's a demonstrative. No, yeah. I'm sorry. Was it demonstrative just to show the jury what he had that day, or did they stipulate that yes, this is the same make and model, and we're going to move it into evidence by stipulation? Uh, that's a technical question. I'm not. You know what? They may have moved it in because. Okay. Okay. I'm no, just. I, I just. I'm, I'm not just. Sure. I'm, I'm just sure. curious if it was actually in evidence or if it was simply demonstrative. But that's okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure on the specifics. Okay. But the point is, it was not the device, but this was a functioning one that that the, that the government had bought. And but here's why. Here's why it's weird when when I said that, that they that they reintroduced this device at that late point after the device took about a day and a half anyway, and he's and he's he's pretending to carry it the way. Gordon's pretending and demonstrating to the FBI agent, to the witness, how Big O carried it. And he said, and he turns the light on. He's like, all right, it's armed now. And he's like, can you see the light? And she's like, no. He's like, I'm going to rotate it 90 degrees. Can you see the light? And the whole time he's covering the light with his hand. You know, it's, uh, it was obvious. She goes, no. Let me turn it again, 90 degrees. No. Okay, another 90. That's 360. No. And he's like, okay, so the, so the light can be on and you cannot see it. And she's like, yeah, correct. And then he's like, okay, no further questions. And this is literally the moment, literally the moment he's about to utter, you know, Your Honor, the, the United States rest his case or whatever. It's literally at that moment, and he goes to hand the stick over to someone else at his table, and he accidentally discharges it. And and I said, look, I'm not on his crew. I'm not barred. But I think that that would have been my motion right there for a mistrial. That would have been mine. It was, it was unbelievable. Right. So my understanding is the next day in the morning, they moved for a mistrial. They did. Um, and I don't, I'd have to check my notes if that was it or not. I, I, you know, my mind is a little saturated, but, um, yeah, I, I'd have to check one. I can't remember what their reason was. It might've been that. Yeah. I mean, I only read, I mean, I read the article where they, where the next day they said that, um, you know, Essentially, everybody was scared. You know, defense was scared. The okay, ASAs were scared. They, they did do it then. They did. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And essentially, you know, um, I, you know, I guess the only thing more, more, not, not to use the word probative per se, but the only thing more, um, uh, I'll just go with probative. The more probative to show how this stick works is if he would have zapped one of his fucking other AUSAs. Yeah. You've <laughs> been like, look, look, this is how it works. I think uh, that, well, fun fact. Big O, not twice, but three times, uh, directly pointed and and talked about Gordon. You know about you know, I'm safe with weapons. I'm not like that guy over there. <laughs> you know, and, and he got like I'm telling you, Big O got his shots in, and they and they landed. They land. I mean, you know, I guess I guess they didn't take him out, but they landed. Right. So on cross. So on cross examination, Gordon cross examined Big O, and I'm sure there were fireworks there. They just hated each other. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That was that was when we did the emergency press conference because it was fireworks. It was it was incredible. Interesting. All right. Um, anything else, Mark, before we go to Monica? That you no, want to talk no. about? Nope. Um, you know, when when if you guys when the, when the questions come, if you know, I, I crypto has the procedural court, you know, knowledge. I, I, I can give you the first person knowledge insider of being with the crew, being with the defendant, the defense team. And then, you know, just, just observing everything. Okay. So last question, Mark, when, uh, when the government moved to remand, um, what was, what was judge Cooper like? Was he, was he, um, 
because my understanding is is uh, also just on a collateral issue, the Oath Keepers were also found guilty today. And the judge made a comment that even though in seriousness of their charges, they're going to be on 24-hour house arrest. So he made the comment that, listen, you know, serious charges, but you're going home on house arrest. Um, did Were there any comments by Cooper um, that he made that could be construed on how he may sentence, you know, on the, on the upper end of, of the scale or uh, – the amount of months that he's going to run into because he's going to have a range. Yeah. So, uh, uh, like, what was Cooper's response when the government said that they wanted? I mean, because all prosecutors want the person remanded. Um, so, what was Cooper like? Uh, yeah, I think he's. Um, I think he's going to be as lenient as his job and you know maybe his future allows. I don't think he's going to do the book. I just don't uh, based upon. All the things I've seen, all the things I've heard, his body language. Um, he's, you know, he, he asked Big O, uh, is he going home for the weekend last weekend? And Big O said, no, I guess I'm going to stay right, right here. And he said, I'd have to drive home. And the judge said, well, why don't you fly? And he says, he says, your honor, you told me I can't, I can't fly. <laughs> I'm a tier one terrorist. And the judge chuckled. He said, okay, I guess that's, that's why you're not flying. So, um, I, my point is this, I don't think, uh, I don't think he, Judge Cooper's gonna gonna hammer him. I mean, I mean, to the extent that he could, I should say. Right. So, so yes. that's my guess, guys. Not that yeah. not that you want. You know, even what the guy's sixty-two. Five years is devastating. Ten years is, you know, well, let's just let's just let's just leave it at that. He's yeah. I mean, I mean, if my memory serves me correct, which it may not, I think I think the plea offer was around five years. So if the plea yeah, offers a trial fee, you know, right, right. So you got the trial tax afterwards. So, um, all right. Um, Monica thoughts on the case and thought of, uh, Jesus, uh, getting, getting a jury in DC, right? Hey guys. Yeah. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. Yeah. And Mark, I'm glad that that worked out. Uh, and thank you everyone that did, uh, contribute to, um, you know, to their cause <laughs> and it is ongoing. So, you know, you may want to just, uh, make that a recurring thing where you guys support, uh, Mark's efforts and being able to continue his work. I, I appreciate that greatly. Um, so I, I probably the number one thing that stood out to me was, was listening to his attorney say, you know, um, the travesty here was that he did not have a fair trial, by a jury of his peers, uh, considering the location. And, you know, I, I think about any given one of us who could find ourselves in the exact same position over just political nonsense. And I'm not suggesting that there weren't egregious things that went on in the Capitol that day, but as it pertains to him, uh, with his feet on the desk and, you know, and just kind of reviewing other, um, you know, uh, other uh, political, quote, rallies he attended or, you know, things that he was passionate about and causes. Um, no one, in my recollection, everything that I've read is that people, you know, on the on on President Trump's side of the aisle, if you will, uh, if they were planning on attending, everyone was on high alert that Antifa and others could be there. So, you know, there, there's so many... <laughs> There's so many mitigating factors as to why someone would have attended something like that, um, prepared to defend themselves, not necessarily go in with the intention of harming anyone or overtaking, uh, you know, Congress. Um, 
But I think that that's the number one thing that stood out to me was that how how does anyone get a fair trial in this country moving forward on any politically planted uh, is very concerning to me. Um, I think it should concern all of us, Uh, you know, and this goes back to watching Roger Stone raided in the middle of the night moons Mm -hmm. ago myself, man, if it can happen to him, it can happen to any of us. And then realizing that tweets and Facebook posts and the entire dashboard of the fourth branch of government has now been deployed against all of us as part of their national security apparatus and how many things can be misconstrued or, you know, how many people in the country are actually would actually make a legitimate juror at this point um, in, in terms of walking in with an unbiased toward, you know, just, just present the facts Give me, you know, what the rules of engagement are and let me, you know, uh, let me come to a conclusion, you know, with, with that. But now it's the whole thing has been completely slanted. So, um, I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised, like I said in my tweet about the verdict as much as it, it grieves me that we are, um, that the reality is we are living in a day and time when we really do function as a kangaroo court and um and and really as a banana republic and that Mm -hmm. that is something i hope more people in in the legal profession will continue to um you know push back on um and more of us as pundits get out and and try to bring people back to their higher nature of uh of understanding that it could be anyone on the left or the right who ends up in front of a uh, a kangaroo court at some point in time, you know, ultimately we need to rely upon our constitutional rights. So yeah, I, I'm probably more of the, the, e, the, e, the emotional quotient here where it, 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 it grieves me to think about the repercussions. Also crypto, I saw, I think today where president Trump was quoted as saying that he would pardon. Right. Right. And yeah. so, the larger question for me now becomes turning to allegedly these alleged thousand to three thousand uh, additional people who are probably going to get you know dragnetted in in whatever the perimeter was right that people didn't even aware they were standing in this uh, this quote restricted area uh, you know what does this mean for them and also what does this mean you know for President Trump moving forward if that case is still uh, building I don't, I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are. Well, no, that's a good point. I mean, I was, uh, I was, I was texting with someone today and, you know, it really, at this point, it's really turning into, uh, Trump is kind of, I mean, DOJ is kind of clubbing baby seals up there. So it's really turning into if Trump gets elected, my understanding, especially given the fact that he'll be on his second term is that he'll pardon or commute a lot of these sentences and, you know, if in since I'm in Florida, it's like an everyday thing down here. But DeSantis has been super quiet. He hasn't said a word. Not only that, but DeSantis has made comments in the past that J6 was a horrible day. J6 was a bad day. J, he's he's I don't think he's ever come out and said that, you know, they're getting what they deserve because they're not. And that would be just just, you know, misspeaking. But DeSantis had made comments like that. Um 
you know, and then as far as as far as Trump goes, you know, we can have a whole conversation about it, you know, on an, on like an ancillary note. But it seems, you know, it's just kind of weird with what, you know, DeSantis is kind of being painted as the establishment guy a little bit more than Trump. But then Trump is now going up to South Carolina to kick off with Lindsey Graham. Right. And he's doing all this stuff with swamp creatures. So um, I, I don't know if Trump can get back and, and get elected without um, support from the swamp. Right. I don't. What are your thoughts on that? Right. I mean, I, I mean, he, oh, he did. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he did it his own way the first time. But right now, like if you look to people like um, like Alex Brusewitz, who's who's very pro Trump and then John Cardillo, like having a fucking war on Twitter today right. about, you know, about Trump and, you know, his time is passed and things like that. And um, but it seems I don't know, because I, I haven't met the guy. I haven't spoken to him, but it, it sounds like Trump is kind of leaning on establishment figures to get him back. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have the answer to that because I've not paid attention to that. I know that my polling shows that people who have been on board with President Trump have not even considered leaving President Trump um, and nor would they. Uh, and, and I think, <laughs> I think there's a couple of factors, you know, going into the election of 24 for sure, not the least of which is the integrity of the election grid in itself as a whole. And so with that, you know, that that is a legitimate concern that the country should be paying attention to, you know, just look at Arizona currently. But, um, yeah, I I think people underestimate the power of the American of the the drive of the American spirit to align uh, with with someone who brought us up out of the. The, tr- the political trenches before the the monetary trenches of the past of Obama, so they still see President Trump very much so now. Particularly with every conviction, this is something for the United States government to consider. With every conviction of this nature, um, and and every unfair trial, you do nothing but galvanize the people who have supported the president, uh, President Trump, because the American spirit is such that they will always side with an underdog. And mm-hmm. while people may not be as vocal or as supportive publicly because they're scared to death to do so, undoubtedly, they are, they can see where, you know, there were people who were clearly in the wrong and criminally, uh, you know, just criminals that day. And there were others who were, like you, Mark said, sucked into the siphon of what was happening. Um, and, and now they see where, you know, people are being charged and sentenced, you know, crazily, uh, mm-hmm. for trespassing for God's sakes. When we, the left is currently burning down my city. Right. 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 And so, right. But, but now I will say this, uh, according to our APD, uh, they are being charged with domestic terrorism. So, so there's that. Okay. But, but there were months of, of charges that were left on the table, for in our own sitting now, our own vice president calling for funding, and you know somebody send us ten bucks to get these yahoos out of prison. So, um, so there's that. So I I think pundits uh, alike again, and the, and people are forgetting that it's not going to be Lindsey Graham, it's not going to be Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, it, it's not. It, it's if we have a legitimate election grid, it will be the people of the United States who see Donald Trump. And every person who supported him and all the hell that we've lived through for the past two years as the underdog, and they will show up in droves for him. Now, 
now if he can, you know, if he can survive the COVID injection conversation, which is a whole other story. But, but there was, there was a question I had for you specifically, um, mm-hmm. and it'll come back to me. I'm, I didn't, I didn't mean to go, you know, into the election. Um, oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, he made a comment, I think yesterday or the day before he was like, I saved a hundred million lives. I'm like, dude, you got to get off the vaccine oh, thing. Right. right. Well, I think saying that he would pardon particular people, you know, I, I think, um, um, and nonviolent people who are just literally on the property watching what's going on. Um, I, I think that's, you know, that, 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 that will bode very well for him with a particular um, a voting base. But, you know, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, as to what this has done to the American psyche. I think it's galvanized, but it's also, I think it's terrorized, which was the, that was the intended effect was to um, was to terrorize a, a a base of this nation to get people in line and it's really scary and it's very troubling so yeah I'll, I'll think of my question and, and circle back to you okay yeah no, <laughs> circle back oh man um, so let me go I have a question for Shipley so for so for those of you that don't know uh, the Booker factors uh, are are something that's used in federal court by a judge and what they can do is that you know they are factors to be considered when imposing a sentence they used to be uh they used to be mandatory um and well let me just say this it used to be that the that the guideline range so you fall into a class history of one through six right and then you have a level on your charges and you know not to make it too too complicated. That's kind of how it works, right? And then whatever class you're in, you go down to the level, and that's your range of months that can be imposed. So just so you guys know what the Booker factors are, they're um, they're under three five five two. I'm sorry, three five five three. And I just want to read them to you guys so you know what the judge um, can take into consideration when he sentences um, Mr. Barnett. So it says here the court shall impose a sentence sufficient but not greater than necessary to comply with the purposes set forth in paragraph two of this subsection. The court in determining the particular sentence to be imposed shall consider number one, the nature and circumstances of the offense and the history and characteristics of the defendant. All right. So the nature and circumstances of the offense, that's obviously the trial, the history, Mr. Barnett has no history, the characteristics of him. Number two is where the, variances can come when you want to get out of the range. So let's just say hypothetically, uh, Mr. Barnett falls between 168 to 180 months, right? That's his range. The judge can go below those citing Booker factors here. So paragraph two, the need for the sentence imposed a to reflect the seriousness of the offense to promote respect for the law and to provide just punishment for the offense B to afford adequate deterrence to criminal conduct. C, to protect the public from further crimes of the defendant. And D, to provide the defendant with needed educational and vocational training, medical care, or other correctional treatment in the most effective manner. I love educational and vocational training. That's like such a fucking... Oh, and medical care. Don't forget. It's, It's for his benefit. Right, right. So the education and vocational training is just such a farce. So, so, you know, just, just reading out some of 
you know, there are more Booker factors, right? The need to provide restitution. Um, you know, th- th- there are some other things, but I wanted to toss out like the main four that fall under paragraph two. Um, Shipley, I know you were up there. You ran into Mark. Uh, you were on the fourth floor. He was on sixth. Mark kind of bounced around, but he was at the Beagle Barnett. Um, to the extent possible that you can say, um, you know, no history, not a felon prior, nothing prior, as Monica said, essentially years in prison for a trespass, if you want to be on a certain perspective about it. Um, what is your take on on sentencing, if you want to talk about it, if you can talk about it, and um, the Booker factors being used as as a as a variance to either impose a strict sentence or to drop below guidelines? Well, I'd have to first say I'm not completely conversant on the charges that that Bigo was convicted of. So sure. okay. uh, I know he didn't. I don't think he had a 111A count, which is the you know assault no. or otherwise impeding officers. Right. Uh, I suspect he had the um, well the theft of government property and envelope. I mean that's going nowhere. Right. Um, uh, because theft of government property turns on the value of the property. Well, how much is Nancy Pelosi's envelope worth? You know, <laughs> um, uh, obstruction of Congress. Um, you know, the the obstruction of official proceeding. Um, I, I I don't know what what Judge Cooper's history is. I don't think he's sentenced too many defendants. His name hasn't popped up too often that I've seen for defendants that have, have pled guilty, and I don't know that he's had another trial. Um, uh, but you know, I, <laughs> I mean, we had a verdict today too in the Oathkeeper case. So right. I lost that one, right? And you know, so I, I don't want to talk too much about that case or, or or that jury. And I have to be mindful that I'm going to be picking two more juries in the next six weeks, right? And so, the only the only question I have for you on that is just something that's it's not obvious. It's just it's been out there. Now the people, the four individuals today in the Oathkeeper's case. At least one of them, my understanding, if not all four, I don't know, because I, I, I just read the article. Um, they were convicted of seditious conspiracy. Is that correct? Yeah, all four. Okay, which, all four. Which, and, and sort of the, the, the interesting angle there is that, you know, 11 defendants were initially named together in one, in one indictment. Two of those 11 pled guilty, so we were down to nine. Uh, Judge Maida divided the case into five defendants and four defendants for two separate trials, and and we all the defense lawyers wanted one trial, wanted you know wanted one one you know trial with all the defendants in the courtroom at the same time, mm-hmm. and and judge and and it was a logistical issue. Was no right. courtroom no courtroom big enough in the District of Columbia to accommodate nine defendants and you know fifteen or so lawyers, plus the government. So it was like, well, we just don't have a room big enough, so we're gonna have to have two trials. Well, so the first trial, Stuart Rhodes and Kelly Meggs get convicted of seditious conspiracy, but the three lesser players all got acquitted. Well, the four that were in trial in the second case were less than the four, three that got convicted, got acquitted. But because Stuart Rhodes isn't there, they all four get convicted by this jury. Have so you? How do you harmonize that? How do you harmonize right, right. two separate trials, which. The only reason we have two trials is because the court can't provide a big enough courtroom to have one trial. Right. I will say, at least in the Southern District, the state, the state, I mean, we've had we've had nine to 11 people one time. We've have we have a massive I wouldn't say brand new. but We have a massive courthouse in Palm Beach County 
and some of the ceremonial courtrooms are, are absolutely monstrous. Uh, not right. so in, not so in federal court um, anywhere in, in the Southern District. They're actually rather quite tiny, to be quite honest. Um, but but you know, but there was an alternative. I mean, we we proposed it. It, it could still be a DC, it could still be a DC case, but they have a courtroom that could accommodate fifteen defendants right across the river in the Eastern District of Virginia. So eight miles do- eight eight miles away. Why didn't they do that? He wouldn't wouldn't cross the river. Yeah. Let me ask you: Have you um, have you had clients sentenced yet? Uh, yes, I had one sentenced this past Friday by Judge Howell to seventy eight months. Okay, so for the seventy-eight months in the guidelines, what were the guidelines, well, and was that was it on the higher end or lower end? Well, okay, so that's an interesting situation, you know, according to what you know comments you just made. That was mm-hmm. James McGrew, uh, convicted of a one eleven A count, meaning he, they did not it, it allowed him to plead mm-hmm. without the uh, the enhanced B version, which is the aggravated version of uh, right. of, of assault. Um, he ended up getting 78 months because he has he was a criminal history category of five. Oh, that's had, bad. He had yeah. he had three prior convictions, which is nine points, as you as you remember. Yep. Nine points. Plus, he was on parole on January 6th for one of his earlier convictions. Oof. So that added two more points. So he had 11 criminal history points. 12 and up, or no, maybe it's thir- 13 and up, is criminal history category six, six. which is the highest. Yeah. yeah. So he-, he was five. If he had no criminal history. His sentencing range would have been four to five years, but with his extensive criminal history, his sentencing range was six, six and a half to eight and a half. Uh, but the A count, the 111A has a statutory maximum of eight years. So that was what he was bumped up against. Now, you know, Judge Howell is one of the more aggressive judges in dealing with J6 cases. And, and she, you know, did not hold back. And and did not, you know, with the criminal history category five, it's hard really to argue for too yeah, much tough. of a right. too much of a decrease. Um, I, I we did the best we could, but you know, she still gave him seventy eight months, which was right in the middle of the guideline range. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and yeah, and as you said, you're not aware with what Cooper was doing, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, before, okay. So if, um, anyone, if you want to come up and speak or ask questions or have comments from Mark, who is at trial or get Monica's thoughts or get Shipley's thoughts, who's currently up there, there's not much, uh, there's not too much he can say since he has currently pending cases, but now is the time to request to speak and do that. Um, Mark, do you have any comments before? And Aaron, uh, do you guys have any comments or, you know, just things you want to say, questions, whatever it may be, before we go to hands? No, no, other than, um, you know, I'm, I'm here for any, uh, any questions that, uh, that you'd have to be there to kind of experience, you know, the things that happen outside the jury's presence. You know, I, 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 uh, I did embed with the defense team. So, you know, I, I pretty much, I had to tell them, you know, in, in the first couple of days, they, they're, all the, all the time it was off the record off the record off the, and i said guys listen i, I said this, this isn't gonna work how about the default is you're always off the record uh you're gonna have to put me on the record because i just I can't, I can't deal with it so um you know things like that if you guys have any any kind of personal or uh or observation questions i'm here for them okay aaron um i know you probably have some thoughts on this aaron are you there or did he? Or did he pull a me and fall asleep? <laughs> he might be in the gym or something. Yeah. Angry Aaron, are you there? 
I have a question. What are your thoughts on um, his apology? Uh, uh, or Mark, go ahead. Uh, which, yeah. which which apology, Monica? When he was on the stand, or or the one we heard in the press conference, or uh, I believe when he was on the stand and he said that he was sorry that he attended. Um, how do you feel? Like, what are your thoughts on? That? Was that the comment when he said that I'm not a criminal, but I acted like a fucking idiot? Uh, it was during that testimony. Like oh, okay. so that. Okay. But the quote that I just saw was that yeah. he apologized for being there on that day. Yeah, um, okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Mark, go ahead. So, and, and to go even further, Monica, on some of the things he apologized in that, because the question was, um, does he have any regrets? You know? Uh, and he said, yeah, sure. I got, I got a number of them. You know, and of course, I'm paraphrasing, guys. I don't have the transcript in front of me, but you're going to get the gist. You know, you know, and well, what do you what do you, you know, regret? Well, I regret going. Well, why? Well, it's two years of my life and, you know, this and that and what it put my family through and it's embarrassing. OK, what else do you regret? You know, I, I regret calling Nancy Pelosi a bitch. Um, I don't like her. I will never vote for her. I don't think you should either. But, you know, I was a little mean. I was a little crash. I was a little mean. Um, you know, he regretted, you know, sitting on the desk and acting like a fool. He, he made that very clear. Um, but then uh, in the government's closing, they took all that as expected and used it against them and their PowerPoint, I call it. And they said, look, you know, they, they put this long list of quote unquote excuses that he gave and they used the things that I just mentioned that he mentioned. And they say, hey, hey, look, you know, not once did he take ownership or show remorse He's just upset at the things that affected him. Right. So um, do you think it hurt him, Mark, or crypto to um, have actually testified? Or no. I'm, kind of, no. I'm kind of with McBride that he didn't have a choice. With There's with, no way he couldn't have. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, I mean, all the footage and photos he had. He, to. Yeah. I mean, Shifley can talk about this, too. I mean, when you have a case that's on video or, you know, you have pictures, you know, let's 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 just bring it back to a simple murder case or a simple robbery case, right? If, if you're on video, you know, robbing, right? And, you know, some of these places have great cameras. Some of these places have horrible cameras. You know, I would never think that like 7-Eleven would have like amazing cameras. Like you just never know. If you're on camera doing this stuff, you have to explain it. You have to explain why you did it, right? Was it duress? Was it coercion? Um, you know, voluntary um intoxication is not a defense but maybe involuntary intoxication is the point being is whatever and i don't mean it like this as a i don't mean this word the way it is i'm just trying to phrase it for people whatever story or even bullshit you want to come up with you have to explain it when you're on camera right so most cases are going to be listen my guy didn't do it the government has to prove their case the state's got to prove their case However, you know, let's say you have an operation with trafficking in heroin, right? And you have every agent there who's got body-worn cameras or hidden cameras, and they're obviously doing the transaction, right? And let's not say it's a buy walk where they buy the stuff and walk away, but it's a buy bust. So you buy and you bust. Um, the guy has to get up there, right? He has to get up there, and he's probably going to be convicted, right, no matter what he says, but he has to get up there and say, well, I didn't know or, well, they're holding my mother hostage and I had to do this, whatever his defense is. But my understanding from Mark is they had numerous, like I'm talking cumulative at this point, photos and videos of Bigo. And 
if he doesn't testify, they actually probably find him guilty even quicker, right? They're like, wow, so all this stuff's up there. He's on video and he's not going to explain to us at all. Why now again, I I don't want to shift the burden to the defendant because you never you never do that. The burden always stays with the government or the state. With that said, there are certain cases that if you just leave it open to their imagination when you're on countless videos and pictures, if you don't get up there and talk about it, you're I mean you're really fucked. Um so, you know, when it started, I was talking to Mark and I'm like, he has to testify. He's got to explain something, right? Like, you know, yeah. I, I was sucked in, you know, I tried to get out. And I think that story would have probably, and, and, and I believe Big O, but it probably would have posed better for him if he didn't like hang around in there for a while, right? Like if he yeah. went in and he was like, oh, fuck, I'm sucked in. How do I get out? And then maybe he goes to the rotunda and he's trying to leave and the cops pulling him back. But I don't know where he went. So maybe Mark can talk about that a little bit. I don't know where he went per se, but somehow he made it to some offices, right? So it's not like he was in and out per se. So, I mean, that obviously was, I'm assuming, used against him, Mark. At some point, the government said, well, he didn't just leave at the first chance he could have. I mean, that's what that's, yeah, I, mean, that's um, what I would have said. Yeah, well, the, the so as described, and I think it's a fair assessment, is like water seeping in, right? Like there was like, the big giant hole, which he fell into or pushed into or walked in, you interpret it into the, into the, uh, into the Columbus doors. But from there, um, he was looking for a bathroom and he even stopped uh, for a moment and sat down uh, and admired the large, beautiful painting of Abraham Lincoln. And, you know, so the defense, excuse me. So the, so the, so the, the government does exactly what you said, crypto. He could have left. He could have done this. He could have went left and said he went right. They did all that. And then the defense is like, look, you know, he's a wandering guy looking for a bathroom. Look at all look at all these other people. He's not doing anything wrong. And he doesn't act like a buffoon until the journalists, you know, kind of kind of want him as their, their model. And he falls for it. And then he forgets his flag when an officer tells the first time he's encountered an officer, she says, leave. He does. And he, you know, in, in their positions, he did it with such haste. He forgot his very sentimental flag. So can I mean, you make, can you make a quick comment before I go to Aaron? Cause Aaron's back. So I definitely want to get Aaron's take on this. Um, especially when it comes to some state issues that he's been talking about. Can you make the, uh, can you talk to the people about, um, essentially like the, the closed book quiz they gave him on the, <laughs> yeah. on the constitution and also on his flag, uh, being being dragged on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. so, I can. So, on on uh, Director Cross, I forget how it started. I think it was Cross, but it doesn't matter. They start to ask him, you know, hey, you know, what's a patriot? And he says, oh, a patriot is loves his country. Does it? You know, the word patriot was a big deal because apparently now there's different definitions, right? Like you, you can probably know that if you have a pulse to anything that's happening politically. So. Um, so both sides are painting him as a patriot, but they both, I guess, have different definitions. So I said, well, what's yours, Big O? You know, and, you know, and he said, well, it's the, you know, love for country, do anything for the country. Um, you know, never let the flag touch the ground. He said that. I knew because I watched this footage. I said, oh, God, that's going to come back. And, sh- and sure enough, uh, when he returned the next day on cross and they really let him, oh, never touch the ground, never touch. Yeah. And he knew where it was going. And he's like, well, not intentionally. 
And they're like, but you didn't say intentionally. You know, it's just, it was, in my opinion, nitpicking. Um, but the, but the, uh, what was the other thing other than, uh, the flag touching the ground? Oh yeah. Uh, what was it? Crypto? When they were fucking quizzing him on the, oh, oh, the well, yeah, well, yeah. what does this say? What's the third amendment? What's the 11th yeah, amendment? Yeah, I got you. What I, does I, it I, mean? I got you. Yeah. So, so they go, um, you know, I love the constitution. I love the constitution. I die for constitution, you know, that kind of thing. And then they're like, okay, you know, what's the first? And he's like, ah, oh, free speech, you know, assembly. Second, oh, that's the guns, you know. And then, <laughs> that's the guns. Okay, okay. What's the third? He's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and they're like, all right. How about the fourth? And I'm like, I'm like, damn, big O fourth is a gimme, you know. And <laughs> right. Like, but by then he was by then he was on nerve. You know, you you know what it looks like when someone's in kind of test mode and they're like, oh shit, you know, and they and they can't even write their name on the paper. That's what I saw at that moment. Right. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, okay, the fifth, I don't know like the 12th and by the way the 12th has to do with procedures and the government like the certification or whatever you know it has to do with presidential stuff and and he's like i don't know and then uh they're like but you know you you said you mail out constitutions to people you and you did and you 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 die for it and you only know two of them and i thought i thought that that was not necessarily a good play because i'm Mm -hmm. like how many in the jury can name more than two or three themselves um but it didn't matter. It ultimately didn't matter at all. Yeah. Let me go to Aaron. Um, just on a total side note, because it popped up right in front of my screen. Um, I don't know if it had anything to do with the Jackson, Sarah Ashton, Cirillo debate, but Sarah Ashton, Cirillo's account is uh, suspended or temporarily unavailable because it violates the Twitter media policy. Yeah, I know why. Um, she had a, a uh, Ukrainian flag in the in, like in your not your profile picture but like your background picture, and, okay. it had, and it had blood on it, and that's a violation. There's rules per your background photo, so uh, my understanding is it's temporary. Gotcha. Okay, um, Aaron, um, listen, man, we got a lot of people hanging out in DC. Uh, maybe not having the well. First off, let me ask: Are you even there? Yeah, I'm fucking here. Okay, hey, give me a break. Just the one time I pull an, the one time I pull a crypto. Don't don't even start. Okay. That was no, dude. Uh, I know. You know the best part when Aaron Aaron the best part is when you start being angry, Aaron, and you're screaming. The microphone can't handle it, so it gets all muffled, and we, we don't we don't even know what you're saying. No, you're saying. Listen, it listen, man. That muffled. I listen. wasn't even that loud on that one. Listen, man. I'm getting older. You know, I fall asleep at night. Um. Uh, so uh, yeah, we know. I know I did it twice. Um, so, so let me ask you, what's up? Uh, what's up with the States, man? Is, you know, is this an, is this a totalitarian federal government and the States have their hands tied? What's going on? Dad. I mean, I told y'all Big O was nailed to the wall. There was, there was no chance for him. He's, he's the poster boy between him and the proud boys and the Oath Keepers. They were, they were going to nail these guys to the wall. Uh, they had to set an example because if they let them off, then the lawyers would have just been able to, you know, go at it full force with everybody else. So, no, I mean, the states are the states are being the cowards that they always are. Our governors have no balls. Um, they they don't fight for their own people. You know, I, I thought we were 50 states with a D.C. that was supposed to keep us in, you know, kind of in unison together. Seems more like D.C. gets to tell 50 states what to do. And it's not even a state. So, you know, I don't know where states' rights and the power of the governor and the power of our legislatures uh, went, but clearly um, D.C. runs everything, which I think we all know that by now, and we don't fight for our own people anymore. 
it, we might as well not have states because if our if our legislatures and our governors and our representatives don't care about the people from their states, then what good are they as states? This might as well just be one one massive country at this point. Like, I mean, my, one state. I mean, forget the fact that we have 50 in, in, individual states. So that's my biggest problem with it is, and I've told you all this multiple times when you all had your polls near end of the year, that I still think January 6th is the biggest political problem we have in this country. You can do all your elections. You can do whatever you want, people. You can worry about the vaccines, which I have my problems with all that, too. But if they can wrap up your people as prisoners of a war with no ability to truly fight, even no matter how good the lawyers are, guess what? Your elections don't matter because essentially just going to lock your ass up. They're going to lock every one of us up because we don't have freedom of speech, which the First Amendment is actually meant to protect us against the government with speech. That's the main reason for it. So we don't have it anymore. We can't talk. We can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, this is I mean, this is super simplifying the entire J6 thing. But you look at places like Peru, which I'm pretty sure it's Peru um, getting fucking lit up. Right. You look at you look at Brazil. Right. Um, I mean, there's there's obviously other examples of governments being overthrown, having actual coups, having actual violence going on. Right. You know, like, you know, the president has to flee or things are burning down. Right. I mean, where Monica is, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm just watching at night here and there. But from what I've already seen, they've already lit a shitload of police cars on fire. They're firebombing banks. They're, they're, there's been way more carnage already in Atlanta. You know, this is like, and, and you know, what, it's been going on for two to three days. It, it, Atlanta's already worse than J6. But, you know, J6, oh my God, you walked into the Capitol, you know, it's like, well, you know, is, you know, what is the capital per se? You know, there's like these two takes on it. One is like, it's a sacred place. How dare you try to overthrow the government? Like a bunch of boomers going there with no weapons is going to overthrow the government, right? Because as Biden has, has told us many times, your AR-15 means nothing against their military, right? They have tanks and they have planes. So if you have an AR-15, you're going to get fucking killed anyway, right? So, so what good is your gun? Which if you're going to go by that logic, then let us have our guns. Don't take our guns. Because by your own statement, you're going to fucking bomb us anyway, right? Um, and then there's the other side, which, which is, listen, the Capitol is the people's building, right? They should be allowed to go. It's, it's been locked down for two years. They should be allowed to go in there, right? I mean, I've never seen an, a, quote, real insert. I mean, again, just, just Google Peru, Google Brazil. Look what's happening with tanks and actual people. You know, it's it's night and day, right? No fires are being set inside. People are walking through the ropes. I mean, you know, the fact, listen, I love Bigo to death. I, I spoke to him as many days as I could. Um, you know, Mark put him on the phone for me. I'm not going to disclose our conversations, but... At the end of the day, I look at Big O and I'm like, this guy is a well-meaning guy that fucked up. And when I say fucked up, he got caught up in the day. He didn't hurt anyone. He did some fucking loitering and walking around that he probably shouldn't have done. But at the end of the day, he sat on a fucking chair that he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have been there. And then at some point he'd left. No one got hurt. Um, when I say no one got hurt, I'm not in, I'm not talking about the five people that were J6ers who got killed that day. 
None of the police officers died that day. Uh, there was one cop who, I don't know who he was, who had a stroke or whatever, but that was natural causes days later. Um, you know, Ashley Babbitt gets her head blown off from a guy fucking hiding in a corner. Um, so my point being is if this was just, just, just to give everyone my take on this as a state and federal prosecutor or prior, if this was a case that somebody went into a, let's just say non-sacred place and they walked around, they went into a business and they went in and they fucked around and they sat in it. I would, I would be like, okay, listen, dude, you're going to go on probation. I mean, listen, this, this is a probation case. It's dumb. Right. But that's not what's happening here. You're, you're getting trespass cases, essentially trespass cases, right? You can, you can add whatever charges you want to bring up. You can bring up seditious conspiracy, which hasn't been used since the civil war era, right? You can bring up all this stuff. At the end of the day, these are trespassers. Bureau of prisons. Then I've had, I've had traffickers, drug traffickers, um, I've had people kill other people and get less time, right? So it's like it, – it, it's, not, it's not adding up to me. It's not making sense. So Look, Crypto, we just need to rename it from January J6ers to the winner, the, the winner of love, and it will solve everything, right? Winner of love, summer of love, it's all right. the same thing, well, right? What, what, what's the difference? Right. Well, I'm gonna t- oh, yeah, we did destroy everything. Right. Well, I'm going to toss this bomb out there, which, which no one's no – one's, not going to like, but, um, you know, they're not black. I mean, I'm just going to say it. They're not black. If they were black, this, this, you know, this, this would be totally different. They'd be like, Oh man, you know, I don't know. They just wanted reparations and listen, you know, it's not a big deal and this, that, and the other. But, um, I mean, I've, I've never seen race play such a, a issue. Um, I think Monica had, had to take a phone call. I think she's coming back. I think that's what, what we spoke about prior. Um, but there were, there were issues, you know, like if you look at some of the shootings that are happening, you know, like the guy who, what was the one out in California? Like, we're not even hearing about that. Right. Why? Cause he wasn't a white supremacist or a so-called white supremacist. So we're not going to cover that one. Right. And that's just one example of many where, um, you know, Mark always keeps asking for the defense. You know, I love it. So when people get, people get arrested and they show the guns and drugs with like the cops. Oh yeah. New Mark, York. Yeah, Mark's like, <laughs> Mark's like, show us the suspect, show us. And they don't do it. Right. Name him. Name, Name him. Or show the and picture. they don't do it. Would love both. But yeah. it's interesting when he's white, they do. Right. It's like this, it's like this, you know, Highland shooter guy, right? Cremo or whatever the fuck his name was. Like he was all over the place and rightfully so. But there, ha- so anyway, th- that's my fucking rant on that. But you know, there's 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 not equal treatment that's being done here by J six, um, and I don't know. I'm 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 just not smart enough. I haven't learned it. I don't know if anything of what the house can do in in GOP power, considering a there's arguably a uniparty, and b whatever the house is going to do, the Senate's going to knock down, and then you have Biden, right? So no idea if if they can do anything on that um so um all right let's go to i'm trying to think here uh i had um i had part i know parsons had his hand up and then lou's had her hand up so parson we'll go to you and then lou will come to you and then we'll go to mike and tom so parson the floor is yours sir how are you tonight Oh, I'm uh, luckily exhausted because I got to be up at 4 a.m. Take my wife in for surgery tomorrow at 5:30. I'm sorry. So, 
Well, it is what it is. You know, after uh, listening to both you and Aaron, you know, I, I think the room needs a little bit of this. A little carpenter's action, you know, we're on top of the world, you know. Anyway, no, I, I just, I'm just, that's a gig I'm on today. Uh, so, <laughs> so, to so hold on. Am I, but, hold on. Am I, t- so am I not musically inclined to know that song or am I too young to know that song? Uh, I don't know. Do you know the Carpenters on top of the world? I'm 40. Should I know them or not? Well, I mean, yeah, I, for goodness sakes, I was probably <laughs> six years old when that song came out and I'm 56. So I don't know. You know, I know songs that are older than me. Yes. You know, but yes. So maybe I, I remember like Hootie and the Blowfish when I was six. Yes. Hootie yeah. and the Blowfish. Yes. And I, and I think they're outstanding, by the way. Yes. And the dolphins. Absolutely. The dolphins made him cry. So, <laughs> so I, I want to lead off with this because I think it's important because these two are, are humble men, despite what you might think of them. They are very humble men. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to be making another donation because I think we need to build a pot for them so they can move fast without worry. Okay. So everybody, you know, kick in a little something. Let's give let's give them some some room so they can move fast on things and not have to consider it. I think that's important because uh, I will tell you, Mark's insight, along with Crypto's insight of his experience in the courtroom, has made all the difference for me because I don't watch television anymore. I just I don't. As a matter of fact, YouTube to YouTube TV. I only I only turn on the boob tube to watch history documentaries a handful of uh, series that I like and, but I don't go there for any news cause it's all fake. So um, I think the most damning thing here was, you know, the deal with the flags and winging his hands and trying to get people to come. What do you think crypto? Yeah. I mean, that's, that was obviously, um, you know, from my understanding and I'll go to Mark from here, but my understanding was that was kind of his, going head to head with the police officer of, you know, listen, you know, you know, again, you know, there's a lot of egos in the room. Right. And in that particular circumstance, you know, you know, doing the waving and essentially possibly being construed, you know, if I was arguing against him, this is how I would argue it. I would argue that he was trying to put this officer in danger, threaten her life, bring more people in. And again, you know, the whole thing today with me getting on a plane, then getting off the plane to get up there in time, was was a whole story which we'll talk about later but i wasn't there for the actual trial part but um as far as as far as that goes mark um i'm sure the defense mentioned it in closing i would think they would have um did they mention any sort of you know because you could phrase that that incident as being malicious willful wanton trying to harm someone right um so when they were crossing him and or in closing what did you see mark when they were talking about, you know, you were essentially trying to get a mob to come over to this cop. That's exactly what they tried to say. And and, right. and by the way, that was, I could be wrong, but I, I, I think that that's, that that sort of officer interaction was part of the superseding indictment. I think that's where McBride is talking about uh, that they essentially prepared a case for two years. And then recently in December, he gets this additional charge. Um, and if and if I'm wrong, it's still the same thing. It, sometimes the plan goes awry once the game starts, right? And then the game being the trial. So right, right or wrong, once it's in the trial, that became a crucial, pivotal issue. And Bigos, you know, sort of the the, the issue is 
look, I, you know, he exaggerates. He's a little bit of a boisterous. He's not a, he, you know, he, he's a leader, but he's a leader in Twitter land. You know, he's not a, he doesn't have, you know, per se troops behind him that he could summon to attack an officer. He's there with his two friends that he. But he tried though, right? And in addition, isn't he lucky that the crowd didn't respond to his call? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say yes, Mark. Go ahead. <coughs> I'm sorry, I had a lot of had a lot of ghost pepper here while, while you guys are talking. Um, Good excuse. No, thanks, thanks. And I love it, by the way. By the way, if you if you really want to crank up the the impact of your hot sauce. Put it on pretzels. It just opens the, the pores. Anyway. I was trying to spread your COVID through Twitter, okay? <laughs> I got, I got two pro- short ones, guys. I want to I want to get through this. Mark, finish your point. Let me ask these two last short ones. Okay. I'm already distracted. So I no, no. What I was so, say, Mark, but... his question was, which I agree with, isn't Big O lucky that the mob didn't come? Well, well, yes. Um, yeah, it'd be far worse for him. Uh, <clears throat> but... You know, what Big O on the stand said that the motion was and that his attorney walking through is that there was, in fact, uh, an officer involved physical fight, you know, female on female, actually, I believe, uh, just to the side of him. And he's trying to Big O's defense is I was summoning a guy, a journalist with a very proper camera to document this. And, you know, uh, that was what Big O said. And I, I think it, uh, well, it's, it is what it is. It didn't work out for him. Yeah. Um, I don't think the jury bought it. I don't um, think they did either. And, and you already covered the PSI report crypto. So I don't have to ask about that. So that made it yeah. real short. I got a little bit of an analogy and I want you guys' opinion on this. And, and I think the defense could kind of use something similar, but maybe they haven't been to these types of events, but I'll give you an example. And this is my example. I went to the Detroit Lions Buffalo game on Thanksgiving. And there's only two ways out of that stadium. And it was standing room only almost 80,000 people in a stadium built for 64,000. And you're, you, you're the Northwest way is the way we were leaving. And there's a Northwest parking lot that can only exit out one way. And a lot, there was lots of law, law enforcement there. They were trying to be, they're trying to keep the people from crossing the street so the people could leave. And most of the people followed that instructions, but every time the officers would turn their back or try to move people back, crowds, 50, 60 people would, you know, start streaming across, you know, blocking the road for 100 yards, say, for example, backing up that traffic. And I think that kind of speaks to how the mob mentality. And then lastly, I'll land on this. Hey, listen, Trump could walk down on, on Wall Street shoot somebody with a gun live on television. We're still going to vote for him. I don't care if he goes k- kissing up to Lindsey Graham to get money out of his pocket because Lindsey Graham won't be calling the shots when Trump is in the office. And I'm just going to land it right there. And I'm going to go. I'm, you can drop me down a listener. I'm sure you got a lot of people want to talk to you. And Cece dropped her hand. So if you can get her back up here, I'd like yeah. to listen to her. And I'm going to go fall asleep to you guys. Peace out. Love Hi, you guys. Brother. Peace out. Hi, brother. Have a good Thanks, one. Carson. Also, um, if, if, you, if you want to take Carson up on the uh, on the donation for uh, for our cause here, uh, it's in the nest. But no big right. deal. Real quick, what I want to do is um, I found the – well, I didn't find it. Someone in our chat sent me the YouTube video of the hiking walk stick so everyone can get a really good look at it. It's, so, it's off the nest picture, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, no, this is a video of it. So um, not only is it a video, but she shows you how it is. So – the 
so it's really hard to for me it was hard to grasp how the how the taser device is up by your hand but long story short it's now up in the nest take a look at it what i want to do real quick is just play the video she's really loud she talks with a high voice but i want you to hear it's only a three second burst i want you to hear so this is coming through youtube but imagine if you were sitting for a full five second burst and you were within you know 10 or 20 feet of this device um, the video really, really helps me uh, put my mind around what this hiking stick is because I don't hike, nor do I taste people or not people, but fucking bears, hogs, whatever, right? I have a gun. I, you don't hike and you don't strike, huh? I don't hike. I don't strike. I, I, yeah, walk on, I walk on the sidewalks, drive my car and have <laughs> a gun. But let me just let me get to the point where she talks and then she plays it. And then um, here it goes. Hold on. <laughs> And this is our brand new product that we have called the Hiking Strike. This is a walking staff that also has a stun gun and a flashlight located at the top. It's perfect if you're hiking, walking, anything of that nature. You've got your flashlight here at the top. Drop your hand down and you've got your on button here. Stun gun right here. 950,000 volts of electricity. All right, so that was noise. So essentially the camera just, I'm sorry, the camera and the noise just essentially go bonkers and you could see it light up so if you guys want to look at it it's only a it's only a 40 second clip above take a look at it um and it and it's super interesting right because when i think of a when i think of a walking stick i'm thinking of like putting my hand on top you're not putting your hand on the top of this no it has a cap has a cap and and, ah okay government the government made a point to say look in this photo the cap is off in this photo the cap is on in this photo it's off and this one's on so the government says he had, I don't know, what's the term, and some sort of preparedness mentality where he was preparing to assault. Uh, and, he, and the of course, the defense says, no, he jostled around and he dropped it and he picked it up. And that's how right. he put his hand, you know, was on the spiked electrodes. Was Now, I don't know if this is possible, but when AUSA Gordon uh, let it rip, <laughs> let it rip, yes, yes. When, when he let it rip with his accidental discharge, was the cap off? No, the cap was on. Interesting. And it was, and it was muffled, and it was still loud. So it's it can, not as loud as as it would have been if the cap was off. Right. So it was muffled, but it can still fire apparently with the cap on. Yes, it just it's rubber. It's, you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, guys, take a look at this walking stick, which is I I think similar to what the one that Big O has. I I I got to be honest, I don't like the design. I don't want to put my hand anywhere near the top of this thing. But anyway, that's just my take on it. I'm just trying to give you guys some insight on that because I will, I will fucking tase myself. Um, so anyway, all right, let's uh, let's keep moving on. Um, we're going to go to Mike, and then we're going to go to Tom and Joe. So Mike, the floor is yours, buddy. Hey, I just have a couple questions. Uh, one for each of you, uh, crypto, and for Mark. Um, uh, tangentially, uh, Mark, the question for you is what are they building out front at the Capitol? Um, and is that in response to Jan six? I mean, every time I see pictures on TV, I see this a lot of construction going on out front in the Capitol. And for crypto, um, nobody probably asked this question either. Uh, what would happen if Big O fled the continent? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, cause that's what I would do. Would he be a fugitive for the rest of his life? And would would the FBI, you know, what would happen if he did that? 
Yeah. So, um, in a, in a funny comical way, me and Mark had a conversation today about, you know, totally you know, joking. Yep. Yeah. 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 Just a funny conversation, like, you know, somehow getting it, you know, getting his monitor off his leg and like putting it on a chicken or something where like the chicken's running around. So they, so like they still see the movement. Um, however, yes, if, 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 so I, I've had that happen once to me where the, uh, the perfect, uh, the person was on, um, house arrest without a monitor and we, we ended the trial and then they left. Um, they came back, found him guilty and, um, the person was gone. He was found later, like six months later in New York. Um, so yes. Yeah, so in anyone's circumstance or Vigo's circumstance uh cutting that ankle monitor is going to have people on you very quick um you need to you know just speaking out loud don't do this stuff right just joking haha don't but you need to um you need to i would think find your way somewhere to like central america and just you know big o's not exactly the person who's going to blend in there um you need to and yes you know you will have a bench warrant you'll have you'll have an arrest warrant and, um, you know, some people can get away with it. Very few people can. Um, but, you know, me and Mark were talking, you know, if you have the money, if you have means, um, you know, if you can make your way to Dubai, uh, you know, there's, you know, that's a very rich, nice place to be. If you have the money and means, uh, that doesn't have any sort of better with the exchange rate. If you go to Russia, cause I don't think they're in the business of doing really good deals right now and exchanging you know, that they, they hold on to the U.S. prisoners, you know, like I mean, look at Brittany Griner that they had to give up a serious person for her. So I, I would think I would think Russia or or uh, or Dubai. Yeah, right. So, I mean, whatever it is, the bottom line is Russia and Dubai aren't down the block. So to get there is going to be very difficult. Um, I've had people flee before, uh, you know, during the pendency, they don't show up to just like a status check. Right. And the next thing you know is their names go to the air. I mean, it happens pretty quickly. Their names go to all the airports, train stations, things like that. And I would say nine out of 10 people at some point are found, um, you know, whether it, it's just so difficult these days not to be found. Right. I mean, credit cards, phones, you know, uh, you know, unless, I mean, even if you want to use Bitcoin, right, you're going to use a lightning network and you're going to, it's just what do we do these days that you're not going to be tracked somehow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, unless you just got a bunch of cash and you're going to, you know, use it and have enough of it. Um, very difficult if you're not super wealthy. And if you don't have a private jet with someone who's just going to take off for you with no flight plan, it's difficult. Man. Right. <laughs> Willing to give up, ruin their career to get you a, get you away. Right. I so, mean, so the feds, uh, they would spend the resources and the time to go after you, even on a trespassing case like this. Well, I, so well, you better believe it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you say spend the resources, they're not going to deploy SEAL Team 6 Central America to try to find him. But what they will do is they'll alert every embassy. They'll alert every country. They will alert all the planes, all the airports. You know, they'll put him on a list. Um, you know, all the trains, you know, they will put him out everywhere in America and then they'll send it out to the embassies, consulates, whatever place that we have treaties with. And, you know, believe it or not, at some point, most people get caught because it doesn't take much, right? If you're in a country that has relations with the United States, 
you can you can run a red light and get pulled over, and the next thing you know is your name's popping up on something, right? So um, it's 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 difficult, right? It's difficult. Like unless you just like I said prior, unless you have like a G five and you're hopping in your private jet with no flight plan and you're going to land in Dubai and you know you got your five million, fifty million in Bitcoin. Um, it's rather difficult these days. I mean, everything we do, I mean, I talk to Mark about anything and the next thing I know is on Facebook and Twitter, I'm getting fucking advertisements for it. Right. I say something to like Alexa and all of a sudden, you know, it's on my phone, it's on my computer. Right. So these things that we have are listening to us 24 seven. So it's, it's, it's really become difficult to get away. Um, and don't forget the six countries he would touch before he crosses the finish line. Right. You know, they'll all extradite him in a heartbeat, you know, I mean, you know, grabbing a J6 tier one terrorist, you know, like, you know, they'll, they'll all be celebrating. They don't even know who he is. They'll be like, you know, the, the guy from the photo, you know, the terrorist. So, yeah, yeah, good luck. I'm not saying impossible, but he he, he would need some, you know, and he's 62 also. So you got it, you know. Okay, I got it. Uh, so what are they building out front, Mark? Oh, uh, look. I, I don't I don't know, but I think the 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 uh, capital has been under renovations for a while, and I think that's what the scaffolding was already in place for on J six. Um, but specifics I don't know. But you know, I drove by. It looks hideous. It looks hideous still today. You know, and they they put up white around the scaffolding. Like somehow that makes it look better. I mean, whatever. It's, did, it's pretty hideous. Did they find more Biden documents in the construction? <laughs> In his, in his old office. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fucking... In, in the drawers that no one opens anymore, you know, because everything's electronic. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. They they found... That's a good idea. They should go see his old offices and check the closets because, you know. Well, sometimes... they actually they actually found they actually found more documents. I think it was yesterday uh, or today. They, they are. Yeah. They found uh, more again. It's and... so early, too. Just wait till they find worse things. It. He could be resigning. He could be. He could be. Who? Anything could happen. Give it time. But like I said, I put the I put the tweet out. Kamala Harris is, uh, or excuse me, the President Biden. He has passed two years and a day. Now it's a couple of days, two three days. That means that his term is is, is official in, in terms of a full term, uh, and that means that if Kamala Harris becomes the president today or tomorrow, it doesn't count as a term for her. So she gets to ride out the rest of this one if, if she takes control. No pun intended. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go to let's go to Lou. Hey guys, thanks so much. Sorry. <clears throat> so real quick, I was going to ask a question of Julie Kelly, but she left. Um, my question is this: um, I, I want to know what are the um, what are the grounds that they can appeal? Is there one that may be valid enough for uh, for an appeal? Um, you know, also, do we feel like the fact that there was a, a consecutive trial for the Oath Keepers at the same time, which may have been reported on because my understanding is the, the jury was not sequestered, correct? That's, that's correct. So I could be sitting, you know, going back to my home in D.C. And even though I'm not supposed to be watching the news or hearing anything, that we know that there were um, news reports going out, Oath Keepers, on top of the fact that um, Richard was on trial at the same time. Is that, I mean, do, do we not feel like there was maybe a potential, I feel like something that you say that individuals, and, and hear me out for just one moment, because I, I, you know, you say to me as Joe Citizen, 
these individuals who went past these barriers that some of them on video look like the cops moved and went into a building that some of the video shows the cops opened the door. You're telling me that that was such a serious crime that they were trying to overtake the United States government, right? And possibly kill or harm or beat or do whatever to documents, to, to, to sitting Congress. And you don't sequester that freaking jury. You sequester the jury for a guy that, like, you know, shoots the clerk at the 7-Eleven. But you don't sequester a jury for this? Well, I got to be honest. Lou, in the trials that I've done, which is in, you know, well into three figures, I've only had like two, two cases where they've sequestered the jury. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really highly unusual. It's, it's, it's cases where usually they go hand in hand with the change of venue. So the two cases that I had, um, we went to the Northern, which was which was great for the government, which, which was great for me. We went to the Northern District of Florida, which is much more conservative than the Southern District. We went to the Northern District one time, and then we went to Tampa another time. We picked a jury there, and then we bussed them back to the Southern District of Florida. And then, obviously, because they were from out of town, they would be bussed to and from the courthouse from a hotel which, you know, they have a police escort, you know, the press and media and people try right. to follow, but, you know, they obviously block you off. So, so you can't so, really but I'm saying find out the where they logic, are. But the logic behind it, right? I don't think, I don't think one has anything to do with the other, quite honest, though, to well, answer your question. I, see, and I do, because I, I, I think that when you have somebody who, uh, when you have two different trials going on at the same time, and one of them is sit, sitting there saying, these people are part of, um, you know, a terrorist organization, a militia, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this guy, he just, you know, he, he was with them, you know, on the same day doing similar activities. You don't think that that would taint a jury. To me, I feel like that that would be um, a grounds for appeal. Well, well, okay. First, I can say it's not grounds for appeal. Well, and, I mean, technically, unless a juror said, oh, I happen to see a headline about the Oath Keepers. But that wasn't our 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 uh, trial. Right. R- right. Right. Exactly. And then and then you'd have to go in a little further and say, well, what did you hear? You know, did it affect your decision? Things like that. So I think ultimately what it comes down to is um, in in a state courthouse, especially in a populated area, you can have you can have 20 to 25 trials going on at the same time. Um, and in a federal courthouse, while the federal government should be more limited and they should, and they certainly have less trials, there's still probably three to four trials going on at the same time all the time. So it's not like one trial is taking up the entire courthouse. I mean, in Palm Beach County, we have, I think, a 15 floor courthouse with like, I have no idea how many courtrooms, but you know, there's probably, there's probably yeah, some but, days, but five to 20 Palm trials. Beach County, you got a D, you know, right. Reckless homicide. You've got a this. You've got a that. You know what I mean? Like you know, a tax evasion. Uh, you know, embezzlement. Like you have all kinds of different. Lou, tra- tra- there's no solution to this because they're not moving anybody. So, so if they have thousands of defendants, they can't take them one at a time. Well, but the people on. So okay, so the the oath keepers or the proud boys, whoever it was, they were on the fourth floor. Uh, Bigos trials on the sixth floor. 
those juries never saw each other. And the judges and the bailiffs and the marshals make sure of that. They never see each other. They use different entrances and exits. They use different pathways in the courthouse. They use different elevators. They will never see each other. They will never come in contact with each other. That's that's just the way yeah, they. The, the, the better that's going nowhere, in my opinion. I don't know, but I would say that the uh, the, the more appropriate one is is that. Uh, I mean, I mean, essentially, what you're saying is you'd have to shut down every courthouse to have one trial at a time. Right. And, and no, but but and, and I get what you're saying, but I'm just saying I feel like I feel like um, that as an individual defendant versus another case at the same time for the same. So same day, similar actions as a group or um, a designee, um, you know, um, assembly of individuals. I don't know what the exact legal term is. I'm trying here to, therefore, but whatever that group is, whether they mean the militia, terrorist organization, whatever. I just feel like that 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 that, that um, for as much as you tell somebody not to do something, you aren't there at their house watching. Uh, to make sure that they didn't turn on, you know, the Channel 4 News or whatever. I just feel like it set him up uh, for what could have been an already biased jury to make it just the two more notches more biased. Yeah, I got you, Lou. I got you. I mean, it's not going to meet. It's not going to meet the legal standard, but I got what you're saying. Um, you know, and I guess I'm a little frustrated I understand because it. I've been listening to you guys, and I'm just so angry because. Um, you know, and I've talked about this before. To me personally, I feel like this is everybody's uncle went down there and said, well, the hell with this. We're going to stand up for ourselves after we watched the summer of love and buildings and, and, and city blocks being burnt down and windows being smashed and everything going on. We're standing up. We got to do something. If, you know, uh, if no, um, oh, shit, what's the saying? Um, if no good man doesn't stand up or whatever, like they had this mentality or this thought, this belief that I'm going to go there and I'm going to say, Hey, no, we're not going to take this. And things kind of got a little there, but mm -hmm. To me, I feel like there's a lot of these guys that just ha are watching what they what they thought they were going to see the future be crumble before them, and a lot of them have been involved, you know, in in you know uh, uh, defending our country and everything. And now we're in the situation where it's like they're like you're, and I and I don't mean this. I don't mean this about him, but like just. You imagine your drunk uncle like, well, hell, I'm going to go over there and give a piece of my mind and I'm going to stand there with my flag and you're not going to tread on me and we right. got to come and we're all going to prison. But some assholes who believed a lie go out and, and steal Prada purses and bust through Louis Vuitton and, and, you know, burn cities down, you know, like what? 25 people got arrested for something and maybe went to jail for a minute when when the democratic representatives donated to their freaking bail money i guess as as an individual american right now i'm just like fucking pissed um at, yeah at just a no, blatant, I... uh disregard for the law and um, applying to the letter of the law to another group. Um, and with that, I'm right. my mic.
Yeah, no, I definitely agree um, that there is weaponization of the DOJ that has that is, you know, currently, you know, ramped up in the past um, year and a half or so. Um, But, you know, you also most people in this room, while we're not an echo chamber, most people in this room um, are kind of on the same grounds. Mark and Aaron do the same face at the same time. Um, You know, most of us think the same I'll give you a very quick crypto story. So, um, you know, kind of funny, kind of not funny. Um, I, I didn't tell Mark just because it happened so quick. Um, you guys know the dating site like Bumble and Hinge or all that shit, right? Never heard of them. Yeah, right. So anyway, so long story short is I go to grab coffee yesterday with this chick. And I go there and we meet up and we go there and we're talking about whatever. And because me and Mark are talking constantly, J6 comes up. This person thought that J6 was the worst thing ever, that they were all domestic terrorists, and that, you know, everyone's getting what they Tell her where you're flying to. No, I didn't I didn't bring that up. I was I was I was trying to not I was trying to not make it so fucking uncomfortable. Yes, yes, I was trying to ruin my odds. Um, But you know, this person was like, you know, she's sitting there drinking her whatever fucking latte or whatever she got, and uh, you know, and I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like domestic terrorism, half half, half soy chai latte, yeah, something like that, right? So, and you know, and you know. She pulls up in like her like I think it was like a Model X Tesla and all this stuff and I'm like, you know, so at some point you know it it, it just came up and she was like, yeah, you know, it, again, this is someone who's probably super uninformed, but they have an opinion and it's as whatever you know, it's at least to them, it's their opinion. You know, what can we say about it? And from her perspective, either watching the news or otherwise, she's like, you know, listen, you know, they tried to overthrow the government. And, you know, you know, you know, you know, this, you know, this was a coup and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're domestic terrorists. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like drinking my coffee. And I'm just like, what do I say to this? Right. So I'm like, well, what about the fact of blah, 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 blah. But my point is not everyone has our views on this. You know, we think of it as a trespass and, you know, not, you know, not really a horrible day. And other people, I mean, you know, like Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, uh, who probably fucking cuddle each other at night, uh, probably with Kinzinger in the middle. Um, you know, they think this is like the worst thing that's ever happened. Uh, so I don't know. You know, I would, we need to find Mark, we need to find like a J6 liberal room, like a really J6 liberal room and go in there. I would love to. And listen to like, I mean, we'd probably get banned, like kicked out immediately, but like listen to what they're asking questions. I, well, I, I love it when I ask right, questions and they freak out. It's a right, but I but I at least want to hear like the you know like the crazy you know and n- I shouldn't say crazy. I just want to hear their take. Crazy, crazy <laughs> on 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 like how bad it was you know that day. And I mentioned to the person yesterday, I was like, well, you know, the only people the only people that got hurt that day, and, and she was like, oh no, cops were killed and this, and, and I was like, all right, well, this is. I'm like, this is not a good conversation to have. Right. I'm like, I'm like, this is not a good conversation to have with fucking uber liberal here. But um, yeah, uh, people have different views. And, you know, I think if there was an uber liberal in here, 
they'd be like, how could you guys possibly downplay this, right? <laughs> There's one down there. Oh, Cliff. Where? Uh, oh, Cliff. 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 We, have to, we, we Cliff. do want to get your... Uh, your Cliff. opinion on the jury here, because you and Aaron were very serious about that the other night. Uh, let me, yeah, let me, I'll invite Cliff When up you're ready, and, Cliff, if you're ready. <laughs> we'll get but to you, him. But you guys should let Tom and Joe talk first. Yes, that, thank you, Lou, <laughs> for helping, uh, helping, <laughs> helping guide the space. So, 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 keep their shit straight, Lou, because I've been letting them run too long. So right now, now. So, so Hold now on. I get to be the uber-liberal, uber not just the Democrat. Oh, yeah, you're the I resident uber liberal Democrat tonight, Cliff. Okay. Whatever it is. No, 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 Cliff, hold on, hold on. I'm going to go to Tom and Joe, and then I'll come over to you, Cliff. Um, so, Tom, the floor is yours. Uh, what do you want to talk about uh, on Vigo Barnett, buddy? Yeah, I was. <clears throat> I, I really like what Aaron had to say earlier about all of these different characters and the fact that they're like the poster child for J6, and so the federal government's obviously going to come after them hard. It's like they're screwed no matter what, basically. Um, there's nothing that they could say to really bolster their, their defense. And, uh, you know, the fact that these people have served a lot of jail time for what really simply amounts to, like, trespassing is obscene considering what liberal judges do here. Uh, here in Houston, Harris County, they just let a guy out on a $2 bond, $1 for each charge, and the judge was doing it because we're trying to pass a law in Texas to keep judges from doing that essentially from from letting people go on personal recognizance bonds, which are basically free. And so he's like, oh, well, we'll just charge him a dollar for per charge, basically, and call it a bond. And this guy goes out and gets arrested for uh, beating the same woman, harassing the same woman. And so like the double standard we have here between what our federal government's doing compared to what our state local government's doing for, you know, basically trespassing versus you know violent crime um and, and how these people are being dealt with is insane i think it's you know there's really no in good in game for them but um i did want to say this if, if i was there I, I might have to do this in the Constitution of the United States of America. <laughs> I could only choose one. I could only choose one. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Who is that, Dave Chappelle? Yes. Yeah, it's like the best scene ever, but uh, I might have actually had to pull that if I was those guys, man, just to like maybe uh, have the jury like realize I'm a normal person, perhaps maybe that would have been my best defense. Who knows? That's funny, man. Yeah. um, Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's tough over there. And, uh, Biggo's definitely got his fair share of publicity, so you know it's tough. But uh, all right, let's head over to Joe. Joe, great to see you. What's up, buddy? Hey guys, thanks for uh, let me come up here and speak. I was just going to go off what Lou said. Um, the summer of love response by the police and government—that to me set the precedence that if you're angry about something, you're allowed to go out to the streets, burn things, uh, cause violence, uh, deface statues. 
Yeah, and I think even during that summer, a uh, few people actually got killed. So then you see uh, the January 6th people go down there for whatever the reason their cause is, because um, I don't get involved in that, but just looking at it in the way of enforcing the law. And um, I don't think anything got burned inside the Capitol. I think, you know, you had some some property might, might have gotten uh, destroyed or, or taken. Um, you know, you have a couple uh, fist fights with the cops, which to me, being in law enforcement, I mean, that happens. It is what it is. It's not like, you know, it. I guess what I'm saying is that all that stuff that went down, like Big O was what? Uh, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. Was he was he in jail for like four months before he got released? Uh, about a year, I think. But I yeah, I mean that yeah. that is and to me that is insane. I mean, I deal with uh, um, pretty much felons and uh, violent criminals, and we will work a whole case. And you know, some of these cases take us to DC a lot. Like even a case I'm working now, and I'm working a case right now because the guys got let back out and they're back at it. My is that those are serious crimes that people should be in jail. And, you know, they go being being charged for this stuff. Um, it's it's their minor charges. At the end of the day, it is trespassing. And the people that don't see that, like that drunk girl at the bar, um, you know, or wherever you were, she she just looks at it as she probably doesn't like Trump and she doesn't like anybody associated with him or anybody who's to, there to support him. So mm-hmm. it's OK. And she goes along with it, not like stepping outside and, you know, stepping back to look at it as it's really just a trespassing. Um, and I think you're correct on if it was another group that was involved that day or, you know, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, people would be irate that the, you know, why are they why are they going after this group so hard? Why are they you know charging them excessively? Why are they in jail? They didn't do anything. They're not violent. And I think it's just because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all political. People don't like Trump. They don't like anybody associated that likes him. And, um, hold on. <clears throat> yep. I'm, I, yeah, I'm taking Cortana out. That was really annoying. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I'm, I'm just saying that it's completely politicized. And, and it's, and to me, it's super obvious. And if you don't see it, it's because you're just, you just can't stand Trump and, and one group that you're just, your whole judgment and reasonableness is just blinded. I mean, it's very easy to see what's going on. Um, and like I said, because that whole summer, you know, the FBI, police, police were told to stand down. Don't do anything. Don't interfere because they're angry. Let them get their anger out. It doesn't stand down. Yeah. I mean, I watched the Baltimore City riots from where I was on the outside, and those guys were told to stand down and let that chaos happen just because the people were angry. It doesn't Mark, make you hear any that? sense. Mark, you hear that? The quote was um... – Give them for those that want to destroy. Give them space to destroy. Am I yes. Right, Joe? Yeah. 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 We, we, I was actually. We, I did surveillance that night down there on the rooftops. It was chaos. I mean, they, and it was allowed to happen. Um, was, that, was that still Marilyn Mosby at the time? I think so. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah because she came out saying she's on their federal indictment. Crypto. I. I that, that's a trial. I think I may have to go to. Stand down, Mark. Stand down. Uh, just remember, yeah, give power to the people. Sign. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just. It's just to me. It's completely. It's completely obvious what, what this was all about. And anybody that says if they were actually trying to overthrow and whatever, they I mean, it seemed like to me they were they outnumbered everybody. They would have done it. It was just people getting down there uh, angry, acting crazy. And, you know, that's it. That's what it was. But that's like a normal protest or riot. It wasn't like anything I thought crazy. And uh, I'm pretty sure talking to some of the January 6 people in some of their spaces, like so, I think a couple of those cops like beat beat a woman to death, which was apparently rewarded. Biden gave them the medals. At, like, yeah, that conference. was what what was her name? Was it Rosalind or something? Yes, yeah, that. So I mean like yeah. that to me that to me is insane 
that that like that's that's excessive force and i'm saying that as a cop like as, as a detective like you can't do that to people you can't beat them to death at a protest you know what i mean like that that's never okay and for some reason that was completely ignored which tells me and the fact that the left applauds it tells me that it's all because it was trump's people that's it i mean that's the only thing i could say about all that yeah i agree you know they're you know they're definitely um you know, I think they're making it pretty simple where they're, you know, they're, you know, they're making it out to be Trump. And, you know, it was the election and, you know, you have a place that voted uh, in in the highest of numbers to, um, you know, for I Biden. Think the, so the trial in D.C., I mean, that, that to me doesn't even, I mean, Bigo was, if you ask me, I mean, he was. Odds were against them right off the bat with that. I mean, you know, I think Kyle even brought it up. There was people lining up to want to be part of the jury. That never happens. Nobody wants to be part of a jury. Like, yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting. The only not guilty that I can think of was the Sussman trial, right? Where they brought up Hillary Clinton. So it's like, it's 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 a super weird place, and um, you know, I don't know what's going on, but. It's, uh, you know, I think it's pretty obvious at this point you can't get a fair trial there. So, um, yeah, I agree. So, I don't Look, know. Crypto, it's just as xenophobes getting our getting our turn to be treated like crap. Come on now. you got to be like a Democrat. It's what is we it, deserved. It's but, what we deserved. But hold on. But is – so do we have state xenophobia too? I mean I thought that was kind of like a country. I mean thing. xenophobia covers everything. Don't worry about it. Just It's just that's why people get what comes to us, okay? Just okay. suck it up and take your beating. Well, he, oh, man, I wish I could tell more about my personal life. Mark knows exactly what's going on in my life where um not unlike mine. <laughs> it's well, yours 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 isn't yours isn't racial based. Mine is. No, no it is not. It is not my, racial based. Mine is, is one Jewish? Is that what is that what's going on here? Mine is oh. 100 mine is 100% racial based. Yeah. Yeah. We'll so. deal with it another day though. Counselor, yeah. uh, I'm going to yeah. advise you to not talk about it. You're going to advise me. I love it. <laughs> I'm advising you to move along. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Let me go real quick to Mike Engelman before I go to Cliff. And um, actually, you know what? What I'm going to do real quick is I'm going to I'm just going to bounce some hands because Cliff because Cliff is going to bring a firestorm with him. So let me get some hands out of the way first. Mike, what's up, brother? Great to see you tonight. Yes, uh, just dropped in here. I heard couple of comments uh roseanne boylan was the one that was beaten yes. by the cops yes uh three other trump supporters died that day no cops died released the fourteen thousand hours video surveillance footage inside and outside that building today that day and you'll see what happened on january 6th that's uh, bullshit I, doj is undefeated in jury trials out there no judge was going to allow a change of venue my question is what's the chances on appeal uh, like the rest of them, is it going to take years or is Beagle screwed? Well, I mean, so I can't answer that question because I wasn't there. But from 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 doing my trial and from what Mark has told me, um, if there are legal issues like the stun gun or, you know, going off um, or anything that the appellate court can review de novo, which is kind of like with a fresh set of eyes, if there's anything they can review, um, that's legal. So jury instructions, um, any, any legal decisions the court made, which I don't think there was many that were controversial. Um, those are usually your best chances of appeal. 
Um, I am sure other people have gone up to the D.C. Court of Appeals, which is not a friendly court for, you know, for defendants of J6. And I'm sure they've made the argument of the J6, you know, committee going on, you know, all this stuff going on. Right. So um, the answer is when you're when you're appealing, you're always going up against massive odds. Right. Trial is your best shot when you go up on appeal. You know, you're going to have to show abuse of discretion by the trial court judge on on most factual matters. And that's and, and that's very hard to do. The appellate court doesn't like appellate courts don't like to second guess trial court judge. He's there. She's there. They're in the moment. They give great deference to the trial court judge. So if there's anything factual or, you know, unless it's clearly an abuse of discretion, allowing some evidence in after a proffer you know, an argument by both sides, the appellate court's going to uphold it and sustain it. So, um, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe the jury instructions were improper on a couple lines or two. I mean, I've seen that happen actually more, more times than I can count. Right. So, I mean, that's I mean, a lot of places, you know. So I don't know. I mean, I was talking to Mark about the charging charging uh, the charging conference. And Mark was kind of saying they were doing jury instructions as the trial was going as well. So. I don't know. I, I, I did not see the final uh, version of the jury instructions, but, you know, that's the number one way, you know, trials usually come back. Um, and the D.C. Court of Appeals, I don't know who's on it, but it's just kind of known to be a liberal court as well. You know, that's not where you want to go up on appeal. Well, I guess my other comment is, is that all these misdemeanor jury trials, these people are getting outlandish sentences while antifa does whatever the hell they want across the country and they don't get nothing it's just absolute bullshit and that's all i gotta say yeah i agree mike it's uh very very difficult so all right let me head over i'm gonna go uh tamara american or america and then one by land and then on cliff i'll come to you tamara go ahead hi thank you it's actually tamara but uh, i'm sorry tamara <laughs> tamara I'll let everybody know um, I raised my hand because I wanted to uh, clarify on the Roseanne Boylan. She was beaten by uh, Lila Morris. Uh, and I want to say Lila was, I want to make sure I get this, Capitol Police or Metro Police, um, because it's those are important distinctions. Um, if you go to StopHate.com uh, on Capital Offense, The Ugly Truth Behind the Five Deaths from January 6th and 7th, I actually worked on that article with Taylor Hansen, who was right next to Ashley Babbitt when she was murdered by Lieutenant Byrd. And then um, Roseanne Boylan, Gary McBride was the one who was able to pinpoint uh, Lila Morris, who was uh, highlighted at the uh, super following Super Bowl as a hero of January 6th. She was the one who beat Roseanne Boylan over the head with the stick when Roseanne was already unconscious and on the ground because of the gas and Philip Anderson, he's here on Twitter. If you follow him, he was right next to Roseanne Boylan and a lot of um, the violence that's being portrayed was in reaction to the violence that was perpetrated on the peaceful crowd. So um, stophate.com has that article. It's very well detailed. And it's important that when we have these conversations about the deaths of January 6th, that we we know what happened to them, who they were. Kevin Greeson, Benjamin Phillips, Roseanne Boylan, Ashley Babbitt, 
those were the four who were killed on the day, and then Officer Sicknick, who was uh, through negligent homicide, you could argue, but I'm not the attorney, I'll leave that to you, but um, it's been proposed that he died because care was not administered to him, and he's included in that article um, on on the five deaths, and um there was one other. Oh, Freedom Isn't Free is a new documentary that was just released by uh, Jake Lang. Many of you are familiar with Jake and uh, the team. Again, uh, put that out. It just dropped over the weekend. I think it's already up to 50,000 views, but you can find it on Rumble. And supporting the J6ers by really those of us out in the public to have the the facts. And that's why I appreciate spaces like this. And you're kind of breaking down the court cases because we need to understand how that works so that we can, um, as the public put the pressure on because they're not going to find the justice. I think you cited the case, uh, you know, Trennis over at condemned USA, Trennis Evans, who was one of the J6ers also was trying to work on the change of venue because they can't get a fair trial in DC. These jury pools, 90%, I think, voted for Biden. Um, it's not going to happen there, but it's, we can put the public pressure on and say, quit using our taxpayer money for these political persecutions. And then I was going to ask your thoughts of, um, because I agree with you on the appeals that it's really hard. They typically, cause it's their playing field, right? You know, they're, they're not going to go against their own team. They're just skins and shirts. Who's on which side of it. Um, so I didn't, um, I had worked on the, the pardon uh, plan now as co-creator with Pasquale Scopoliti on that with the resulting in the first ever pardon of innocence for General Flynn. We laid out that case and wondering your thoughts, Crypto, on uh, pardons of innocence for Jay because we've sort of been doing some work towards that end as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I really have a short, I mean, I, I spoke about it prior um my really short statement to that is, um, you know, I do not see DOJ and Biden doing any sort of that kind of work, uh, even if even if the most egregious case is laid out. No, I mean, maybe even it might take, uh, pardon my interruption, but might sure. take till like the next 2024 if we'd get a more favorable president. Oh, no, no. I Well, yeah, I think I think President Trump has laid it out whether he believes in it or not, or whether he's doing it for votes. I mean, both can be argued the same way. Um, President Trump made a comment that, you know, he would be, you know, pardoning J6 political prisoners. So whether he does that or not, um, it's I think it's much more likely to happen under Trump than it is to happen under DeSantis. And I think it'll never happen under Biden. So, um you know, so there, so there, there is a base that's going to be locked in under Trump, uh, because of what he's saying about J6. I, you know, the only thing I've heard DeSantis say about January 6th was, you know, something along the lines of it was a bad day. Um, and, you know, he did place some blame on the J6ers, which I'm not saying there's no blame for J6ers, but, um, you know, when you take a case, you know, when, when I'll just make it simple, when you take a nonviolent misdemeanor or felony, and you and you wind up giving that person, you know, any sort of prison time. I mean, any sort of prison time. So that's so that's 366 days or plus. If you do anything like that, in 
in in my humble opinion of being a prosecutor for a long time, you're not serving justice. You're just overly punishing someone. Um, and you know, there are, there are prosecutors that do that. There, there are prosecutors that, uh, you know, they don't give a fuck. The other person's just a number or a name and, uh, they go about their business and they don't think about it. Um, I think, uh, I think it would do a lot of prosecutors good, especially, you know, either state or DOJ, but to spend some time doing criminal defense work. Cause it, you know, it changes. It's not just a name or a number. You learn about the person, you, you know, you, you learn about mitigation, but, um, yeah, these prosecutors, uh, some of them are, you know, just, just out for blood. So, you know, as I said prior in a space before, the biggest two factors in your case is, is not really per se. I mean, uh, okay. So notwithstanding the evidence put before you, but, I would put it up there as highly with the evidence put before you would be is who's your prosecutor and who's your judge, right? There are some judges that give you a monster trial tax. If you go to trial, there are some judges that don't. There are some judges that are defense friendly. There are some judges that are government friendly. And who's your prosecutor? Is your prosecutor just a total fucking asshole who's going to just do whatever it takes to win? Um, or is it a prosecutor that wears the white hat, right? You know, there, there's all sorts of personalities when you're talking about prosecutors, state and or federal. So, uh, there's a whole mix of them. Let's go over to American Patriot Relief. You have the floor and Laura Loomer, if you want, uh, I'll send you an invite if you want to come up. So go ahead, sir or ma'am. Thank you so much for bringing me up and Tamara. Oh my gosh. You have just. I feel so blessed that there's so much information out there uh, beyond where we speak. Uh, my name is Jalise Middleton. My husband is Mark Middleton. We're the founders of American Patriot Relief. We're also J6ers facing nine federal charges, two of which are felonies looking at a potential of 40 years. And we never breached a barricade. We never went into the Capitol. Um, we did have a confrontation with police after they attacked us with batons while we were in prayer. So um, I really, I come up here to fill you in on Roseanne Boylan and uh, and Philip Anderson's story if he wasn't in the room somewhere. And Tamara has already done that. And I'm just... It brings me hope when I see that um, the information is getting out now and um, truth is starting to be revealed. Um, I don't, you know, things don't look good for us. Our trial's not until August. And um, I'm just not going to stay silent. I don't care if the rest of my life has been in prison. The truth has to come out. Um, we are getting railroaded. It is a disgusting situation, what they're doing to us. We had never been in trouble before. And that's what made us form our foundation. And we're just reaching out in every direction, trying to help the J6 community. Uh, meanwhile, we have uh, went with public defenders and stepped out of receiving any proceeds all in hope of being able to clear a path for others as they come up through the pack. But thank y'all for hosting spaces like this and educating the community. Hold on, Crystal. I got, I got to give her a hard time because she didn't say hi to me and she knows who I am. So I'm not happy with her right now. Wait, who is so, this? Where? This is Aaron. You, oh, you know who I, you yes, know, I you do know you. Jeez. <laughs> 
I mean, so Hart, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Mark the other night. So, yeah, Mark's case, their case is really jacked up, too, what they did to them. They didn't even go in the Capitol. If you hear Mark's case and, and, and her case, what they did, it's it's atrocious. Like, it's one of the worst things of, of any of them that I've heard of what they did for someone who literally didn't even go in the Capitol. They just got their asses beat and then raided at their homes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And got a fifteen twelve charge on top of it that I still I would love y'all's input on that fifteen twelve, but I do not see how in God's green earth they've got a standing on that. All right. Let's uh all right, so before we go to Cliff to to see how this goes, we're gonna go uh one by land and two by sea. Go ahead, buddy. So I stuck my hand up when Joe brought up Roseanne Boylan. Uh, to this day, I cannot believe how they whitewashed Ashley Babbitt's death. There's something called POST. It's Police Officer Standards and Training. It's universal across the United States, federal agencies, local, state, etc. A police officer, a law enforcement officer, is allowed to use deadly physical force when he is in fear of serious physical threat or uh, serious physical injury or death, or he feels the need to protect a third person from the, from the same, <clears throat> and in rare instances, escape. There's video of Boylan, uh, as an aside. There's video of Ashley Babbitt. Bird was behind a barricade. The litmus test doesn't even come close to being met. He was reckless. At very least, it was manslaughter. I don't know how they gave this fucking guy a medal and allowed him to retire. He's the same guy who left a loaded firearm in a public capital bathroom. I would be in jail today if I did what he did. He should have been prosecuted. I hope her family sues the living shit out of him and the Capitol Hill police and the people who whitewashed that investigation. If you read the justice, the civil rights, the impotent civil rights division, and mind you, it's been impotent since before Trump to include Trump error. But if you read the civil rights division, it keeps using the, uh, the phrase, it wasn't willful. Well, that's not the standard for manslaughter in the sense that, uh, excuse me, for murder. They kept saying murder. I, it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment as, as a former law enforcement officer, as someone who was involved in four deadly forced incidents. The first one, I was two weeks out of the academy. I'm sitting in a radio car with my field training officer and two drug dealers decide to shoot it out 30 feet from the car. That was my first. There is no way 
and the law enforcement community remains silent. There's no way anyone, including people in the law enforcement community, should permit this death to just dissipate. I, I cannot believe people were not enraged. I cannot believe the appropriate people in the media were not enraged and did not pursue this. It's just, it just, it was probably the one incident in the entire affair that went away with unbelievable speed and no one said a peep. Oh, yes, her name is invoked from time to time. I just cannot believe that this man got away with a crime on videotape. That's, that's, I'll land it there. Thanks. Um, Mark, do you have any comments or no? Not tonight. Another night. I'd like to keep it the big O, but. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Um, so, uh, let's, let's go to Cliff here. Uh, Cliff, um, you said that, uh, last, last base we were in, uh, before I fell asleep, I recall, uh, you, you and Aaron, is Aaron even here? I can't find any. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Shit. Um, what? well, you're not in the top row. We might so. have to co-host. Monica's clearly not coming back. All right. I'll move you up. Um, so, so, um, so, so Cliff, you heard the statement given by Joseph McBride, um, you know, DC, not a state DC, 95, 96%, um, in favor of voting for Biden, uh, jury, jury of your peers. Um, I don't know if any of those people, I, I never met the people. I, I never made it to the trial, but I don't know if any of those people would be, uh, quote unquote peers of Richard Beagle Barnett, uh, philosophy wise or otherwise, uh, go have a beer with him. Uh, what, you know, what is your take? Um, not only on Richard Beagle Barnett, but, the uh well i guess i have three questions cliff and i'll just toss them all out there at the same time and we'll just kind of work it out um or actually you and aaron will kind of work it out but i, I have three questions um i think i have three questions one is what is your take on getting a a fair and impartial jury pool right so that means you can have bias and prejudices but you got to be able to put them aside and you got to listen to the case right so that's number one uh Number two is has J6 select committee and the, and the media coverage essentially tainted any chance of a fair trial in DC, um, with the politics of what's going on there. And, you know, they're all kind of tying in together. And then what was my third one with, um, J6. You know what? We'll just go with that. I can't recall what the third one was. If it comes back to me, it comes back to me. So essentially, you know, um, What's your take on uh, the juries, the guilty verdicts, and, um, you know, would, uh, would you know, not that Cliff Moskowitz would do anything of going into J6 or, or, or going into the Capitol, but uh, would you feel that uh, you would be getting a fair and impartial jury um, if you were happen to go there. So, I mean, that's kind of where we left off last time. And uh, now we have a new guilty verdict. So Cliff, I will heed to you. And uh, before I'll be able to unmute, uh, Aaron's going to start yelling. So we'll just go from there. Well, that's okay. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot who was yelling at me the other day. He was very unhappy. with me. But, uh, that's okay. I'm pretty sure it was Aaron. 
No, no, Aaron was too, but he wasn't the main guy. There was another guy that was real. Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, I think you can get uh, First off, you know, this has almost been like a self-fulfilling prophecy with you guys from the beginning about this whole thing. Not you specifically, Crypto. I'm just speaking generally about the space. You know, that this is what was going to happen, and it's happening, and can't get a fair trial. And, you know, I'm sorry, I don't buy that. I don't know how many people live in Washington, D.C. or in that area. Plenty of people do. I think, believe it or not, I could have had an open mind on that jury if I would have been given, you know, the, the legal parameters of what I needed to follow. I could have done it, you know, I, and I voted for Biden. So what? Does that mean just because you vote for somebody that you couldn't possibly be on a jury and be fair and impartial? Of course you could. And, you know, and, and the, the, you know, the, 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 set, the other argument that he's, you know, that I found really kind of distasteful was when he said it wasn't even a state, which kind of implied almost like they weren't Americans. I mean, I didn't like that at all. We're all Americans. I don't care who you voted for in an election. And we all have the right to sit on juries. And, you know, I, I and actually, Crypto, I wanted to ask you is, it, do you, and it's kind of off point, but I was going to mm-hmm. ask you. Because you do this kind of work. If you don't raise the change of venue before the trial, do you waive that on appeal? Yeah. Yes. So why on God's green earth wouldn't they have made that argument before the trial? Not they did. And then cry about, why would you cry about it after if you never even raised it before? No, you, they they did raise it, and it was denied. Okay, so they did preserve the grace for appeal. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. All right. Sorry, I didn't know that, but that's what I wanted to ask you. But, um, yeah, I, I think that you could get a fair trial. I think that a lot of people in here expect, you know, don't understand the concept of a jury of your peers. You know, a jury of your peers is where, you know, in the venue of where this all happens. That's the jury of your peers. You know, if, and, and, and I guess they want him to be tried, these, the J6ers to be tried in some place like Mayberry or somewhere. You know, Mayberry may be too old of a reference for a lot of people in the room because it's an old, you know, show from the 60s. But basically like a small southern town, you know, we're very conservative people living in it. And that's not reality. That's not how the world works. You get well, the jury, but you get the jury from where you from where you have to happen. So, Cliff, let me ask you a quick question. Um, I was in, well, I am in the Southern District of Florida, and being in Palm Beach County, we're predominantly white. And a lot of the trials I did were um, firearms trafficking and drugs trafficking. And I would probably say 95% of my defendants were black. Um, Do you believe that when we select a jury of uh, 12, um, 12 upper class you know, white males and white females, because we are predominantly in Palm Beach, especially in certain areas, we are predominantly white here. And then as you go down to Broward, you know, there's more, there's more blacks. And then as you get to Miami Day, there's obviously more Hispanics. But how would you feel? Because I've heard this broad many times by defense attorneys. How would you feel if, um, which, which has been the case personally for me, that there's a black defendant and my my 12 jury members are white upper class people would would you consider that that defendant is getting a jury of his peers and that he's getting he's getting a fair and impartial jury 
Well, I guess I would have to say that, you know, what this, I'll answer your question, but I think first and foremost, what distinguishes this case is that, that the jury pool, apparently from what Mark was saying, was comprised of very different people. It was of a broad spectrum. And mm-hmm. it also, and it also occurred, you know, in the venue where, you know, where the event happened. And, you know, in what you're suggesting or what you're saying is there's a poor black kid that's going to get, you know, that's sitting there and he's going to be sitting in front of a jury of nothing but, you know, white people, upper class that that probably have a bias against him. Do I think that that's right and fair and reasonable? And I I don't, but I don't, but I would, you know, if I really thought I had a legitimate basis to, you know, to go against that, I would, you know, I'd move for a venue change or, or, or something. It may not work. But, I mean, I've always thought Palm Beach was pretty diverse. I mean, I know there's a lot. I mean, I know about the rich part of it, but you go out more west towards the lake and stuff, and there's a lot of agricultural stuff going on over there. So, I, you know, but I, but I obviously, I've, you know, I've, I have clients that are from up in that way, but I don't mm-hmm. really go up there that much. Yeah. So, I mean, for, I mean, so for Palm Beach County, if you head like 40 miles west to the edge of the county, you'll come into Bell Glade, which is, which is like 98% black um you know very few if any of them actually show up to jury trial um in west palm beach or in the southern district in general so but i mean back to my question but because public defenders or private attorneys i've heard this argument time and time and time again not only on their motion to change venue um but when they when we select a jury they will make this statement and i've heard it so many times i can repeat it like verbatim they say look at mr so-and-so you know you know and they may say it in opening but usually it's during the voir dire they'll say look at mr so-and-so he doesn't look like a lot of you here a lot of you here are are white and upper class it seems and things like that so i guess my question is um and I would probably say nine out of 10 times they come back on a guilty verdict and whether that's through the evidence or otherwise, you know, there's a whole stuff that goes into a guilty verdict. Right. But I guess my point is just, just breaking it down. There is, if you had 12 people that were white, West Palm beach, Boynton beach, uh, Lake worth Boca Raton people that were sitting on a trial and then they look at this guy who is not like them, right? He doesn't live in Boca Raton. He lives out east by I-95 and he doesn't look like them. And he's a younger black male and he's charged with firearms offenses and, and heroin and fentanyl. Um, is that, is that a fair and impartial? Should, should, should 12 upper class white people, is that the jury for him? Uh, probably not, but I, I can't. I can't imagine that. That I mean, if that happens, obviously you've done. I don't do jury trials, so I defer to you. And I don't live in Palm Beach, so I defer to you. You know, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about that. I, it's hard to imagine that. There, you Can know, I chime in? Uh, no, was, my no. hand was up. Oh, I got to wait. Okay, hold on. Ahead. Hold on. Yeah, no, Cliff. I'm not. Obviously, I'm going to the edge, right? Not every time do we have, you know, 12 white upper class people. I'm just, you know, quite often there is uh, there is a Hispanic or two. There is a black male, a black female. But predominantly in the Southern District, um, it really is white juries. I mean, predominantly, when I say predominantly, nine times out of 10 out of the 12 people, you'll have 10 people that are white. 
So, I mean, but, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going to the extreme to make the point of, you know, is that a jury of his or her peers? And then, cause what I'm going to do clip that, I mean, I think, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring, you know, the race and then I'm going to just kind of bring it over to an analogy of politics. Right. So, you know, these, these defendants in J6, let's just go to J6. If you go to J6, you have these people that are, 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 are Trumpers. And then you have the, and, and there really are Trumpers, right? Like they're pro Trump, right? Really, you can see it, you know it, it's, it's all there. Um, cause what happened was they were there that day, allegedly, if you can prove it, um, to, you know, to stop an official proceeding. And then you have the DC people that are by numbers. I don't know anything besides numbers, but by numbers, very, very much Biden. And there's animus between them. So my question is, can you really get a fair and impartial jury if you have, and again, going to the extreme cliff on this one, so feel free to bring it back. But if you got never Trumpers in your, in your jury box, I mean, are you really going to come out with a fair and impartial jury? Yeah, because I don't think everybody there is a, is a never Trumper. They just, because they voted for Biden, doesn't mean well they, they may well i take that back they may be never trumpers but that doesn't mean that they can't still be fair and impartial to mm-hmm. somebody who is uh who, who follows trump like i said i you know i can't I, I think i've made it pretty clear when i've been in here that i can't stand donald trump but if i were on that jury and i had specific jury instructions and i had to follow the evidence i would you know i mean i would I, we all have our own biases and we all have you know, our own way of misconstrued way of looking at things. But I can say that until I'm blue in the face and the people in this room, I don't think are going to believe me because I voted for Biden. And I, you know, I can't get past that. There's nothing, nothing I can well, say. Well, right. Well, I mean, as you say that cliff, I, I happen to believe you. Um, but I mean, you know, you, you would honestly be from someone who's done jury trials, you would be more the exception to the rule that you could be fair and impartial and put your biases and prejudices aside and listen to the facts of the case. Most people will say that when you phrase it to them that way, they'll just go ahead and say, yeah, sure. But in reality, they're going to take them back there with them. And I mean, I think it goes a little bit to Beagle Barnett's trial that they had extensive jury instructions to go through those. It would have taken you two to three hours minimum. They came back in under two hours, which to me shows two things. Um, one, they never read the jury instructions. They, they, they never went through them. Two, they never asked for any evidence or to look at any evidence. They never asked for any playback. They never asked to look at anything um, at all. Three, they never had a question for the judge on any part of the case. So to me, they showed up on Monday ready to gack the guy. So, you know, and, and really in under two hours, more like an hour and a half, they probably, I mean, if I had to guess, they probably skimmed through the paperwork and then went to the verdict form and probably spent a good 30 to 45 minutes making sure the verdict form was filled out properly. To me, that's, that's, that's kind of skirting your duties unless you're a professional juror, which is another, which is another conversation, which we don't have professional jurors. Should we have them? I don't know. But to, but to go back there and just have a verdict on such an extensive and complicated case in an hour and a half, um, I mean, I don't, I don't get, I, 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 so, yes, go ahead. I, I, I guess your point. I mean, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying and yeah, and, and maybe that happened. You know, I can't say that it didn't, I didn't participate in it or for whatever reason, 
you know, they may have felt that the evidence, the key points that were made were, you know, were overwhelming enough that they really had already decided what was, you know, what was important to them when they sat down in there. And there were maybe two or three things that they said, this, 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 and this guy is, you know, we feel like this guy is guilty. You know, I, I don't, I wasn't there. I don't know. I understand the point that you're making that, you know, when a jury comes back that quick, they've already made pretty much made their mind up. Um, I don't know if they, you know, if, if they disregarded stuff and I understand your concerns about bias, but I also heard the, the lawyer that, you know, I keep forgetting his name. I apologize. The guy who's trying the J six cases. And I thought he said, and again, I, I may have misunderstood him, but I mm-hmm. thought he said that on some of those other trials, that some of these people have actually been acquitted. Not on jury trials. I'm sorry, what? Not on jury trials. It's been smaller cases, not on jury trials. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I, so Aaron, I, I'm not correcting you, but I think in the, I, I don't think the DOJ has gotten guilty on all charges on all cases. They've no, gotten, finally they were at first. Yeah, like you were saying originally, but he's shivering right. was saying that some of them have finally you know, gotten some, but it's more on like blatantly obvious. Like they just went way too overboard. Like not a chance of bucket snowball chance of hell, even on this case thing. Yeah. So, I mean, the other thing that I would, that I would say knowing, well, I, I never talked during, during my trials, but I think you have to take into consideration, like, you know, certain things that people not be, may not be aware of Shipley when he comes in here, as much as I love for him to talk, he can't speak his full mind. He's got J6 cases going on. He's got J6 cases coming up. So he really can't say what he wants to say. McBride still has to go with Big O Barnett for sentencing. If you noticed at the end, Joseph McBride made a point to compliment Judge Cooper. That wasn't by accident. That was because I, ha- I have to go back before this man and Beagle Barnett's life is in his hands. So I'm not saying Judge Cooper didn't do a good job. What I am saying is that most attorneys, especially from the government, we make no comment on our cases. From a criminal defense perspective, if you're going to make a comment, it's the same shit we always hear. Listen, I disagree with the verdict, but we, but we respect the process. And by the way, the judge did a great job. That's what everyone says a criminal defense attorney, because what are you going to do? Are you going to go out on the street and say, Judge Cooper fucked everything up and he, you know, he fucked that guy. Right. Like you're not going to piss him off. And I mean, the government's going to come back with that and say, oh, judge. And by the way, you know, we're just going to play a clip for you. And, you know, so, you know, saying things during a trial, you know, I would always advise against. But there was a press conference. And I think Mark, who was the larger gentleman who, um, because it was pretty much over, but then he brought up Judge Cooper, who was a larger gentleman of the defense team. Uh, Brad Geyer. Okay, so yeah, so Brad Geyer brought up, you know, he. I think he said, like, Judge Cooper was great. And then maybe he was. I mean, maybe he was. It sounded like that there were no issues in the trial, and that's always great. Judges should be like referees. Um, well, good referees, meaning that they're not really seen or heard. Like, you watch a basketball game. The referees should not be the you know the main highlight of the game. The basketball players should. Have be you watched right. recent NBA? I know, I know, but my point being is that if like if you watch baseball, right, balls and strikes, things like that, the you know the umpires should be like refs. You know, you know you can see them, you don't really hear them, and you know 
if you have professionals in the courtroom, there shouldn't be that many times you need to go sidebar. So maybe Judge Cooper did a great job. I'm sure he did. Um, but, but it's also, you know, you're going back before the man who's going to decide whether, and I have no idea what his guideline range is. When I say he, I mean Beagle Barnett. I have no idea. Um, he should probably fall into class one or two, though, which is which is towards the minimum. He has no history, but the levels on his charges are are, are just going to add up, right? They're you know they're just going to add up, and I don't know what enhancements are going to come from probation when they're done with um, the recommended sentencing report. I don't know, um, but yeah. So I mean. All I'm saying is I would take comments from attorneys during a trial with a grain of salt. I mean, we've all been there. We know what we have to say. But at the same point, at, at, at the same time, Mark was there. Maybe Judge Cooper did a great job. And, um, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there. I mean, it sounds so, like I mean, my, Mark is saying he problem, did. My problem with all this is, when Cliff, when you come up here and you talk and Paul means I have no problem hearing the other side. I, I, I appreciate it, honestly. Um, but when you come up here and you, when crypto gives you the literally exact scenario, and then you make comments about, well, I would probably move to try to get another spot. And then you say when, a, when, a city, when an area is known as 90 to 93% Democrat, and you say, well, it's a fair trial. Would you say that Hillary Clinton would get a fair trial if we dropped her ass in rural Texas? Would you say that's a fair trial for Hillary Clinton? If she came out here and did something stupid and, and, and panhandle of Texas, or hell, let's go East Texas, and, and she did something stupid, would you think it'd be fair to have that trial in East Texas? Would that be fair? Would that be jury of her peers? Well, Hillary Clinton is a political figure. Ask the question. Ask the que- I, I, the question. I, I'm answering your question. You're, I'm drawing a distinction between Hillary Clinton and the J6ers that you don't want to acknowledge. Yeah, I don't think that she could get a fair trial. Okay, then, then you answer the question. You area, don't think she'd get a fair trial. area where they hate her guts. Yes, I don't think that she could. But I okay. don't think so, that, so here's my I question. J6ers, hold on. J6ers were supporting Trump in a 93% Democratic area. So do you think any J6er is going to get a fair trial if they're known to be Trump supporters in a heavily Democratic area? Or even for some... Well, uh, well, well, is that fair let, or not? Let me put the same question to you. If a Democrat was on trial in a highly Republican area, could a Democrat ever get a, a, a fair trial in a high Republican area? And I'm I mean, gonna, it depends on the area, but it depends no, on what it, the scenario no, no, is. But probably not. It doesn't it's probably not. Anything. If you if you had a I, Democrat that was like Hillary Clinton in a, in something in East, like let's go East Texas, hardcore, ninety eight percent Republican, and you and you brought Hillary in there, and she said, "I want to change a venue." You know what? As a Republican, I'd be like, "Yeah, she's going to fry to death right there." So we probably should move her. But would you say the same if Trump is getting held up on charges? Would you say that we should allow it to happen in D.C. when it's ninety percent Democrat there? Is that fair to Trump? Is that fair to J6ers who are basically look, being lumped in as Trump supporters? Is that fair to them? Because that's not a jury of their peers. And that's what you keep going with the excuse for this, that it's a jury of their peers. And, and by the way, to clarify, D.C. is not a state. Most people aren't born there. They're not a state. They don't get to count as a state. So I do have that. My statement still stands earlier, too. But I need you to be honest, Cliff. Like, I know you don't like Trump, but I would treat Hillary with the same respect if she was in a hardcore Republican area as I would expect Trump to be treated by Democrats, but Democrats don't return the same favor to our side that we're expected to. 
like Kyle Rittenhouse. They refused to move Kyle Rittenhouse out of that area because they wanted to see him lose. They wanted to see him lose. But there was nothing to lose on because they couldn't actually make people believe the white people were black. So, you know, they're, they're idiots. They failed their case. So, you know, there's not a chance a J6er can win in a 93% Democrat area when they're lumped in as a Trump supporter. And, and I just want you to understand that that's not fair to those people. That's all we're asking for. Okay, well, I will tell you that just because I don't know that you keep making it out like 93% of the jury pool in Washington, D.C. are Democrats. I don't know whether they are or they aren't. I'm not arguing your facts with you, but maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't. What I am trying to tell you is you shouldn't be trying to figure out whether you can have an unfair or impartial jury pool by whether you're talking about Democrats or Republicans, because we're all Americans. And that's the way our system is supposed to work, not based upon what your political affiliation is. And the difference that you can't seem I, I keep trying to draw the distinction for you, but you don't see it, is that Hillary Clinton is a public figure that is despised by a lot of people, okay, and has been for a long time. She was a terrible candidate to run by the Democrats because half of the country hated her, but they ran her anyway, and that's a topic for another day. But that's not the same thing as, as this particular gentleman and his trial. They are two very different things. Hold on, Mark, hold on. Mark, hold on, hold on. So, so, so Cliff, I'm happy you said that because what I was going to say prior when Aaron was talking is that these these people and these people I would say and this is a little different so we may disagree when I say these people I mean J Sixers they're not the normal everyday person going to trial so Hillary Clinton I agree I don't think if I was if I was going to be selected I I I could not do what Aaron could do I could not put my biases and prejudices aside and judge her case. Um, Fairly, I just couldn't. I would be thinking of Benghazi and uh, other things, and I would just vote. I would just vote her guilty, right? So to be I clear, would not I would fry her ass to the post. I could not be impartial to her. Okay, so my point being, though, is that when you're labeled a J Sixer, I think it puts you in that extremist category that is not a normal defendant. You're not just a normal person walking in where no one's ever heard your name before. You're Richard Beagle Barnett, which if anyone has done any Googling of him or Jay Sixers, he pops up immediately. So I would argue that Richard Beagle Barnett is a public figure. And if he's not a public figure, he's still labeled as a Jay Sixer. And as you're, and if you're labeled as a Jay Sixer, that comes with a lot of animosity. And I'm not saying they're one terrorist. Like, like designated. Right. But I mean, besides being labeled as the government, whatever it may be. And guys, right after this, I'm going to have to charge my phone. So I'm going to go off for a little, not off, but I'm not going to be here for a second. I didn't charge my phone. I'm down to like 5%. My point being is though, when you're in trial as a J6er, to me, there is, there is certain consequences and certain, um, stereotypes that come with that, that as a defense attorney, you have to deal with with the jury. It's not like, a case most most cases most trials no one's ever heard I have of the a person question for you when is the last time you sat down and read the constitution mimi have fun being a listener now um so my point being is that it's not most cases when you have a trial no mimi i'm not going to bring you back up most people when, when what what okay okay well, well all right, we'll move you down too. 
Um, so my point being is most people with most cases, the, the jury's never heard of the person, never seen the person. It's brand new. Hillary Clinton, I think, is a little different, right? Everyone kind of knows her. There's animosity there that may not be put aside. Mimi, you want to act like a fool? I will remove you. So take a hike. Have a great night. Um, so my point being is I don't think being a J6er rises to the level of Hillary Clinton. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that when you're before a January 6th, um, when you're a January 6th defendant, and there's been J6. I mean, you, you, you'd have to be living under a rock to not know what's I, I, going on, I, right? I, under, I understand your point. I, right. I understand that they're okay. not in front of the mill garden variety. Defense, right, right. But they're also not Hillary Clinton. You know? Correct, we, correct. We, we, agree, we agree about that. Yep. But, but, the other, but the problem and, and that I have with all of this is that the inherent bias that somebody who's a Democrat or anybody that's other than a Republican cannot be fair and impartial just because of their political bias is a Derek is I don't necessarily think it's true. And I think it's a dangerous slope because the same logic can be applied just the other way in a very red district for a very blue person. And when we start draft, we're going down that path. It's not a good path because we are all Americans and we all have to sit on juries and we all have to sit on juries together. And you may not like the, the, populace of dc and what it is but that's the venue that's where these people live and you know it's no different than if than if some you know i bring up my cousin Vinny because to me that's the example to use although he got off because his girlfriend was a great expert witness but you take my point right it's the reverse you know he you know you you you, you, you're in the venue of, of where the thing happens, and that's just how it goes, unless there are extenuating circumstances. And look, maybe you guys are right, and on appeal, maybe the, you know, the, 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 the appellate court will see that the, that the judge made a mistake by not removing it to another venue. I, I don't know. But, you know, uh, the problem I also have is that you guys have – not you crypto specifically. I'm not, I'm not picking on you, so I apologize if it comes across that way, but – you, you know, you, you have a, a problem with the entire political and judicial process to the point where, you know, unless it's trials being held in, you know, some entirely red jurisdiction, it, you, you won't be satisfied. I don't think that's what they're saying, Cliff. Uh, but the, I think no. that they're saying, Cliff, uh, and, and, we're, and thank you. We are going to move it along, Aaron, in a second. But uh, you, you said it. Unless there's extenuating circumstances. If you want to use politics influencing the criminal justice process, can you think of any more of an extenuating circumstance than we're in? And it's the politicization, I said that right, of the J6 event of anyone involved, anyone charged, and Big O was next to the Shyamalan or whatever with with the horns, okay? Uh, And by the way, I think Big O is currently surpassing him in popularity uh because you know that his case just happened um then i would say he is uh almost a public figure or you know it's 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 the second most probably soon to be first most famous picture of of the day so anyway i think that's where where maybe you don't think it's extenuating circumstances aaron does um and i think that's where uh that's that's where the 
the, the crossing is. But well, I, I think the crossing, real quick, too, Mark, before we move on, too, is that I would agree that most Republicans, if it was a hardcore Democrat that's well-known, or, like, if you took a BLM and stuck them in the middle of a hardcore red district and tried to give them a fair trial, we wouldn't be biased. We would be biased, too. I mean, that's just a fact. Like, people are going to have their biases. And now, unfortunately, the political bias is too much to, to ignore. You can't you can't drop a hard, that kind of situation on top of one or the other. It's just not right for for anybody. I just I just stuck on I'm just stuck on in Cliff's words, and he's right. Is unless it's an extenuating circumstance, and I'm just struggling at, at at the imagination of something that would be beyond this as an extenuating circumstance. I mean, I'm, uh, that that didn't involve, I guess, decapitations and executions, right? Well, and that's what an appellate and that's what an appellate court will decide. I mean, right. they're gonna they're gonna tell you if they think, and if not, they're gonna put in a very well, you know, very detailed opinion why it isn't, and right. you'll and you'll and you'll see why. But you know, you have to let the process play out. Look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I, I don't claim to be God. You know, I have an opinion like everybody else does. Oh yeah, fair, Cliff. I, I don't even claim to be right here either. I'm just, you know, identifying. Hey, no, the, I, I didn't the mean separation. To, I, I didn't mean to suggest you were you were you were doing that. I'm just saying I was trying to be self-deprecating about my own opinion. Too. I don't. I don't. I don't claim. <laughs> I, I don't claim the answer, man. You know, but I have my opinions on this stuff, and I like I said, I just. I just think it's when, when when you start going down this dangerous path of we can't get a fair trial if it's you know all red or all blue or whatever we're gonna we we, we have our our jury system is gonna fall apart. I agree, but I think that's a gross oversimplification. Uh, Aaron uh, Cliff, let's keep you up here uh, if you want to. Yeah, I'll shut back. up. You can put me wherever you want. I might have to keep down for a minute, Mark, because we have a lot of hands and I don't have much space, so I might have okay. to start moving some people down. All right, Cliff. Thanks, and you know, of course course we value it Get we'll out. bring you back if, if anybody talks shit about you cliff don't worry i got your back <laughs> all right even though I, we disagree but i got your back i wasn't blue enough for you today i'm sorry god damn it yeah <laughs> i said you're gonna be the ultra liberal democrat today what the hell i need you to go even further <laughs> all right ahead, i don't know who's next probably joe let's go joe and then sean oh my bad i didn't even realize i had my hand up uh but actually just to to go with Cliff saying, I mean, um, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think it's more of the fact that people, they openly are not acknowledging the fact that these, these um, the, the punishment and all that, even, even like prior to trial, the people that were in jail for, for, you know, months at a time over this, and a lot of it, you know, there were some people that just walked in and walked out. The fact that nobody made an issue about this, I think shows that there's there's bias i mean because if this was another group uh antifa or another far left wing and we'll say black lives matter people would be irate and it would be all over the news but you don't hear about it so that's that's where all this is like easily seen that it's it's clearly being biased so then you stick that with the trial in dc i mean it's it's definitely i mean if you can't see it then i mean i think you're just you, I mean, people just aren't, they're not looking at it um, subjectively in the middle. I mean, I'd ask Cliff if he thinks that um, the maximum punishment for Big O, Mark, what is it? They said it possibly 47 years. Is that is that correct? 
Uh, yeah, Mark, what is it? Sorry, sorry, I'm I'm over here tweet fighting somebody. I'm I gotta get this guy in space. Focus, focus on your damn space, Mark. Uh, I think I think I saw it was like 47 years. Do you think that's a reasonable? Uh, I, think, I think I think he's exposed to about 20 in in real. But I, I mean, I don't know the scale, and I don't know. I, I think of, I think about 20. But but even I would, is... I, I would ask any lawyer like, do you think that's a reasonable even 20 years? Is that reasonable over this type of like you know well, this type of the hard, the hard part is he's got four felonies and four misdemeanors, and and two of them involve weapons, and one of them involves. Uh, well, real, yeah. And real quick, just I don't want to like go over it much, but what was the? Hey, hey Joe, Joe, do me, Joe, do me yeah. one favor. Hold on one second, Mark. Can you bring anybody up right now, like T- Tamra or anybody? Because I can't. Like it's like my whole space is glitched at the moment. Let me try. I'm adding adding a couple of uh, requests. Yeah, I can't. It can't do anything. Mine's broken. I need crypto to get back so I can drop and come back. Yeah, it looks like looks like I can. Okay. So okay. Just, All right. I'm just going to go right Joe, down go this line, adding these speakers. Uh, Joe, I guess to answer your question is, uh, I, I uh, I'm not a lawyer. I don't and I and I don't know, I don't know the particulars of what he's exposed to, other than ballpark it of 20 years. Uh, and if I were to opine on that, it would be my my personal Whoops. view. Which is so fine. He was, I just he I was think, found he was found guilty on, on all those charges. And what was the one oh. about him wa- waving his hand? What was that about? Uh, that's the one where it was kind of, if you will, Joe, a federal obstruction of the cop. I don't know if you're state or fed cop, but basically they're saying that he impeded the officer in his official function. Uh, you know, where I come from, we call that obstruction. Okay, I mean the fact the fact that I mean if you're saying he he was waving his hands, but the fact that not one person was like, eh, I'm not sure about that. I mean that right there tells you. I mean that how how are you able to prove that based off of someone waving their arm? I think that's insane. I mean it because doesn't the federal government sense. said so. Well, it, 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 you know, uh, John Gross, uh, one of the attorneys for for Big O, said today he was the first one to say this. He goes, "Oh my God, they even got him for the envelope." And and they overvalued the envelope, at, you know, because it has gold writing on it at sixty nine cents. So you know the government, you know, obviously inflated the number up to sixty nine cents because Big O left a quarter, and Big O thinks it's worth about fourteen cents. So he wanted to be good on his, you know, on his on his sort of field restitution. And uh, the point is, John Grossman, very smart constitutional attorney, he's like, you know. He's like the real clue here besides the speed and besides the guilty on all charges. He's like, they got him for theft of government property on a 69 cent maximum 69 cent envelope that, 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 that contained no, no, no message. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just think, like I said, I, I it's just insane to me because um, being involved in trials or being like, you know, uh, the arresting or detective having some of these charges, you know, dropped or somebody found not guilty. I mean, that happens, but it just blows my mind that he was found guilty on all of them it just you know that right there tells me that there's obviously biased i mean i mean and i can i can honestly say that i would be a fair juror even in law enforcement um because i know how to look at things subjectively everybody else a lot of people don't they're just like oh i hate trump so yeah that guy was guilty he did this you know but they don't even look at it and put themselves in their shoes so um you know that that's what i think about all that Real quick, I'll just say that, Joe, is I saw, you know, just trying to body language it, and it's hard because they were all wearing masks. Um, but I really tried to watch when they took notes, what they did, what they took note of. And I thought that there was a few jurors 
that were really behind him because it looked like they took notes at about 80% of what the defense said and only 20% of, you know, the, the government. And uh, I thought it would have, at least they would have held out longer than two hours. But go ahead, Aaron. Okay. All right. Uh, Tamara, since you got dropped out, your turn. Go ahead. Okay. Thanks, Aaron. I just wanted to um, comment on the, and kind of put this question out there on the jury. It's not, not just whether they were Biden voters or the, the culture and climate of D.C., but you have to look at, go back to January 6th, uh, right away the narrative was put out. So you have MSM. You Do you think these people watch uh, our spaces? Do you think they are listening to alternative media? No, they're getting their news, these jurors, from the mainstream media who are had the uh, lockstep with the agenda. And you have to look at J6. Going back to it was the uh, stopping the question, the the election. Not No intention of, of stopping an official proceeding, but to say, as the First Amendment allowed to redress a government, to say there are problems with this November tw- election, 2020 election, and we do not consent to this going forward. Let's stop. Let's look at it. Okay. So right away you had this whole uh, campaign that heroes of, of J6 with Lila Morris at the Super Bowl. If you have heroes, you have villains. Who do you think those villains were that they made out all those J6ers to be? Using the words, the language, David Summerall, I worked on the writing history, the journalistic battle of January 6th, which we released uh, June 4th. 2021 and it was the first uh sort of one in many to follow which was great to see but the the first one that took the real raw footage and laid out the timestamps and the different perspectives and you know i see shane in here and i know he's worked with david and the team over there um to get the truth out because what was being told right away was not the truth it's why michael bird hasn't been prosecuted because he got a medal because they are sticking to that narrative and I don't know if any of you have followed Ivan Raiklin, who's laid out the jurisdiction of the sergeant at arms and all of that. That's kind of a tangent. But but for someone like Big O, they were painted as violent insurrectionists in the media. They got that narrative out, and it was already out of the bottle. And by the time these trials come around, they can't put that genie back in there. I don't care if someone would have to be living with their head in the sand to have not heard anything um, on the narrative that J6ers were violent insurrectionists. So that that piece, I don't think anybody was addressing. And it's a huge piece because it has made it impossible for J6ers to get truly any kind of fair and unbiased trial. Right, which is in contrast to the summer of love where everybody was treated like they were just, it was peaceful protest while shit's burning in the background. Like that narrative in the media shifts, you know, the viewpoints drastically. It it, it doesn't. Yeah. To your point, Aaron, I think part of that summer of love was to almost create a false sense of you can protest and be violent with no consequences. So that not that anyone went to be violent on J6, intentionally and and there's all the evidence uh out there since if you know where to go to look for the facts and information about the plants within the crowd who instigated the violence 
Um, nobody went there intending the, the true Trump supporters and patriots and the, the J6ers that are being charged did not go there with violent intent. And they would argue that they would want the pro, the Antifa protesters to receive a fair if, trial if, as well. If I could second that, I mean, I was there. Uh... Right, Riley, Riley, hold on. We'll we'll get to you. We're going to start moving through hands pretty quick, but we we try to keep this space from going to, uh, as we call it, tits up, where everybody just starts using the microphones whenever they want. So, um, yeah. So just bear with me. I'll get to you, man. Um, anyway, but yeah, I mean that that's that's exactly it. I mean they 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 set it up. They did what they were going to do, and and Mark made the comment in what Bigos trial. One of the things they talked about was that once the tear gas went out and the stampede effectively started happening and the crowd started moving. You have to move with that crowd or you will be trampled. You don't have a choice at that point. So by directing that, by, by forcing what they did, effectively forcing that crowd to move towards the Capitol with the tear gas. Now they're using that against them to say, well, you stormed the Capitol. Like, I didn't have a choice. We're getting hit in the back. We're getting tear gassed. We're moving with the crowd. And the crowd, unfortunately, was being forced towards the Capitol. You didn't have the option to go back at that point. So, I mean, this is, it's bullshit across the board. It was a, it, it's a setup. And, and that's what I have a problem with is, is it, people aren't being honest about that. Just like they weren't honest about the summer of love while CNN's talked about it, it's burning in the background. I mean, it's, it's, it's biased reported, reporting, but anyway, let's get through some hands. So, uh, Sean, then Billy, and then we'll come down from there. Put Riley, make sure to put your hand up so I don't miss you too. So, Sean. Yeah, I was just going to say now, this is everything about America right now is highly politicized. Um, you know, to give you a little background with, you know, my understanding of this, I spent the entire summer covering Antifa BLM protests and riots all across the country. I covered the protests and riots extensively in Denver, Colorado, with several reporters on the ground. And I was viewing this, you know, from people who were on the Antifa BLM side. And all summer long, I had people from Antifa BLM, you know, applauding me as a journalist. I worked with Yellow Scene Magazine in Boulder, Colorado, who, you know, worked with me to get extra press credentials for anyone who was working with my company, Tribune Media International. And and so I was covering this. And then when I went and covered the MAGA protests in November, you know, what I saw was the kind of the other side of the coin. I was there for every single protest all the way through it. Um, and I was there at the Capitol on January 6th. I was there you know, roughly three minutes after the initial breach, when another set of Senate doors opened from the inside, that's where I entered. I spoke with the Capitol Police officer there, and I told her I was there as a journalist. She said, okay, that's great, but I need you to go another direction. Did, complied with police the entire time, uh, you know, always took an order. And in the end, I turned over a demonstrably more true version of facts than the DOJ has ever presented, and they charged me with four federal misdemeanors. And I recently pleaded guilty, and then I had to fight with my lawyer because my lawyer didn't want me telling the truth and how the government was obfuscating and hiding facts, like the fact that that door was opened, and I can prove that, and that I entered into that door. They never included that in any of my materials. And I went through all of this, and now I'm going to go serve seven days in prison somewhere. They haven't decided yet. Two years of probation, $500 restitution payment, and approximately a half million dollars of lost life because of this. 
So everything about this is politicized. I lost longtime friends. I'm not a conservative because they turned me into this caricature of the truth, which is what they're doing to every single person who was there. There's no individuality for any single one of these defendants that's going forward with any of these cases all the way up to the point where as a matter of opinion that was spoken, not while I was in the building, but afterwards... When I suggested that Trump should invoke the Insurrection Act, my judge, Judge Thomas Hogan, said that I was seditious. While he was, while he was sentencing me for a single class B misdemeanor of picketing and parading in a Capitol building. So yes, this entire process is politicized. Bigo Barnett, you know, we can sit here and debate about whether or not we think he should be fined or whatever, but to sentence this man to anywhere close to 20 years, for what he did is egregious. It's an affront to the Constitution. It's unacceptable, and it cannot be allowed to carry on like this. The fact that Americans, who should be united around the Constitution, as I very much so agree with Cliff, that we should all be unbiased in our assessment of these events, the fact that we're letting this continue to go on, and our Congress does nothing, these 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 people who say they're there to represent they represent nothing except for their own interests and that goes for all sides of the aisle that's where we're at in this country everything is politicized we are divided and we're being forced into this horrible situation where americans just continue to be pushed into a fight against each other that's all this is that's all this is and and i can sit here and i can go up and down about what happened there that day i was there there was a time when I was in the rotunda, and you can go look at the video, you know, where I thought I was going to be crushed and died. A woman passed out in front of me, and it was all because the police had a shit chain of command. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody had any clear direction. Nobody sent National Guard to protect the building. As someone who, who does very much believe and has very good reason to think that the election was stolen, okay, I wanted a 10-day investigation at best. But see, the judge in my case then turns that around as a matter of opinion, and even though I committed no violence, I encouraged no acts of violence, I destroyed no property, I simply walked around and documented while I was there, then he wants to call me seditious. This is a problem. I don't care about the time that I've got to go spend. I don't care how long they would have given me as far as a sentence. I fought tooth and nail to work with John Pierce to get a 39-page factual sentencing memorandum filed in my case because the DOJ couldn't do it, because the DOJ is hiding evidence in all of these cases. It's reprehensible, and it has to stop. Uh, yep, you were, you were correct. And, and actually, the funny thing is you brought the rotunda up. When Mark talks about the Bego case, a bigger case, and he's talking about when the 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 female cop that said she went upstairs, and she was told to just push over the rotunda. And Mark, what was my comment? They did that shit to force it to look like there was a massive protest in the rotunda. That was that their directive. Exactly so that what they, they did. And I said that, and what you just said is exactly right. They forced everybody in there so that they could say, "Look at the right," because what was happening is we were the people were doing like Bigo. They were just like, "Oh shit, we're in here." Well, let's go take – I got to the bathroom. I'm going to go down here. Uh, oh, the cops are standing here not forcing us to go anywhere. Shit, we'll just roam around and take a look at the Capitol. I've never been in here. 
But then prior was, to that, that prior to that, the police told everyone to go back into the rotunda because that was after Ashley Babbitt was shot and murdered. So then they started saying, everyone go back into the rotunda. When I went back into the rotunda, the whole place smelt like pot. Everyone was walking around smoking weed. And you're going to have to forgive me because I'm the child of a Vietnam War protester who was there in 73. And so somewhere in my twisted, you know, non-conservative, you know, maybe liberal, you know, whatever you want to describe me as mind, I said, okay, well, maybe this is going to be a peaceful sit-in. And for the most part, it was. And then the police came in there and haphazardly started hitting people with batons and, and ordering them in every single direction. There was no clear direction given ever. In fact, most of the time when I was in the building, the police were giving zero direction whatsoever. And what they really nailed me on, and I will admit this, you know, was a breach of objectivity in a very stressful moment. So judge me as it will. And there's a reason why I pleaded guilty to picketing and parading. But there was a moment where the police were giving no instruction. I said, brother, stand with us. And the, and, and the prosecution and the U.S. attorney, Christopher Amore in my case, he described that as they were blocking the hallway to prevent protesters to go down that hallway. In my video that they used against me, those very same police then led everyone who was in that group further down the hallway. I did not follow. And then they led them out to the front door, which was the second door that they opened. Police opened that door, and then people started to come in. This is what I'm talking about. They continue to hide what happened that day. And, and I'm sorry if I've been out of shape. I've been up too long today. I was on a six-hour space listening to Jay Sixers earlier this afternoon and right. trying to get the truth out. I've been fighting this for two years. They destroyed my social media, and I can guarantee you that was at the behest of the FBI. Yeah. They all destroyed right, all move. sorts of work, and they're still yeah. hiding it. All right, let's move on. I, I know the first. I, I understand the frustration, Sean. I, I wasn't there. I almost went. I'm fucking. I'm furious as you both guys are for what's done to y'all. So, and our states have done nothing to help you guys. So, all right. Um, all right, Billy, go. Well, first of all, like one real quick question, and I'll go into what I got to say after that. Um, does the cap? I mean, Washington D.C. is a historical place. I've been there a couple times, but one time I really like went around it and. It's very beautiful, except for the homeless. Is there a no trust passing sign on the Capitol? Because I never actually went to the Capitol building itself. For the first question, I'm not. I I don't know. I I haven't walked the grounds. All right. So the second thing is like, all right. Let's just say it's probably a bad example. If me and half my town went to Disneyland, let's say Animal Kingdom, takes us Spencer. We all show up ready to pay our almost $90 a ticket and a security guard standing there telling us to come on in for free. Just come. He's waving us in and we go in. So that's kind of what they did at J6. From what I understand, the doors got unlocked from the inside and the police were waving people in. It's a beautiful place. It's the, it's people's, you know, the people who pay taxes pay for them to have this. And you've never been there before, or you drive, travel thousands of miles to get there, and you have a police officer telling you it's okay to come in. What would you do? I mean, honestly, what would you do? I mean, yes, you would think it might be wrong, but if it's nothing telling you it's wrong, it's people are telling you to go in. Would you not want to take part in like I want normal? So that's, yeah, that's, you would, that's, a, that's a that's a fair point, but there were also fair point. There were also people. Okay, 
breaking windows, climbing in. There were people getting pushed in a, in a giant mosh pit inside. There were people climbing scaffolding to the upper terraces and climbing the balconies and getting in. Um, so, yes, there were some that got waved in. There were some that got pushed in. There were some that climbed in. There are some that broke in. There's literally every, you know, I, I guess nobody dug in, okay? Uh, so other than digging in, everybody got in by every other, every possible imaginative, imaginative way, Billy. So it's not just one thing. Well, to me, the worst case scenario is charging with um, property damage. That's that's my point. And since the people own the own the own the government, I mean, they work for us. We pay for it. We pay taxes for it. Charging for property damage, you know, the worst thing to happen today was Ashley Babbitt, and that was because of people inside the building already doing the wrong thing. She did not have to get killed. 100% she was actually trying to stop other people from going through. So my point is, like, if there was no no trespassing signs, and it's a historical site, in my opinion, I don't understand why J6ers are getting penalized harder than your average criminal Antifa's out there burning police vehicles and everything else, and they're not getting anything charged against them. There's shit like you like it's been said over and over again. You got CNN saying it's mostly peaceful. It's just bullshit, and I don't understand how come. Like y'all said, it's nobody's getting a fair trial, and you letting that they're, they're letting other people go free for bullshit. Okay, okay. thanks, Billy. Uh, sorry, uh, guys. This was uh, just sent to me a tweet. Uh, go up in the top in a nest. Uh, this is. Uh, a split screen, uh, which was shown in the trial. I don't know if this has been shown publicly or not, uh, but what it shows is the Capitol cameras at the Columbus doors. Uh, Big O is circled as he's in this in this mosh pit, like I said, pushed in, sucked in, walked in, you decide. Uh, and then on the right is uh, the camera footage of, I believe... Not big. It might be Big O's footage. I can't remember. Or if it's, I think it's someone else's, but it's next to Big O. Regardless, doesn't matter. This is, uh, this is the contentious push into the building. Um, let me see. I wish I could play it for everyone. Uh, well, these, uh, let me see. Let me see. Yeah, you'll have to watch it to really see it, though. Sam won't do it justice. You have to see it. You have to see it. Okay. Yeah, and McBride is McBride's already even commented on it. So, yeah, okay. so that's it's they're I guess they're trying to help themselves for the appeals now to get more public opinion on it. And, yeah, I mean, I watched it just now. He's clearly well, that that whole crowd is being shoved. They had no option. And you saw him, and and uh, you saw the woman in front of him. I'm, I'm not watching. I've seen it in court, but uh, somebody in front of him, the woman kind of goes down, raising the threshold of the door, and she's almost trampled. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, guys, that's, that's, that was a major, major piece, uh, in the case. And that split screen I thought was effective. Um, but to the effect of, I guess, impact, I, I, I guess not, uh, for the jury. But nonetheless, uh, that was how Big O got into the building. Has anyone ever seen that before? Aaron, you see, I, I think it's never, I seen have not it. seen that. Yeah. I, I believe it's never been released until literally right now. Uh, so do take a look. All right, Aaron, uh, go ahead, bud. 
All right, let's move. Uh, I'm going to try to hit people that haven't talked yet. So, uh, Tamarin won by land. I'm going to hit a couple people, then I'll hop to you. Um, so, let's go. I can't remember which order. So, I'll go Discerning Diva and then Riley and then HD. Hi, guys. Um, I think basically the bottom line is the um, Trump derangement syndrome. And thinking that these guys would get a fair trial. They've been in jail for years now. And look what's happening with Trump right now with the Biden papers. And it's all so contrived. And we know exactly what's going on. And I think it's just up to us to keep carrying the line and talking about it and being realistic about it and knowing that our rights are getting taken away every single day. And we're no longer living in our forefathers' America it's up to us to keep, you know, going forward and um, spreading the word and um, just knowing, knowing really what's about. And Cliff thinking that seriously, like that those guys got a fair trial in Washington, D.C. I mean, I'm in California and people hate Trump so much here that they they hate anybody that like I couldn't even put a Trump flag on my house. I put a, a uh, an American flag on my house and people or, you know, have a problem with that, which I don't care. And we're, we're living in, you know, a communist China and we, people don't even know that. So that's it. Yeah. I think to show but God is sovereign. God is sovereign and he'll find a way. And we just keep praying. Thank you. Valid point there. Uh, definitely. I mean, we got to be the light and the, we got to be the good against evil and the light and the darkness. But to Sean's point earlier, same thing, right? Um, Cliff's point is that we're all Americans. Well, the problem is we're not acting like we're all Americans anymore. We've let the the government split us apart. And so we've stopped listening to Americans and we listen to what the media and the government tells us. And when you sit down and talk to your fellow citizen and you don't know their political affiliation, most of the time you agree. And then you turn on the TV, which I give this example all the time. I had tons of people, like I was in our HOA here and we talk all the time on Facebook and I had all these people that lo- loved each other. We talk all the time. And then as soon as Trump ran, all these people start posting. And I, I called out one lady specifically and I was like, you know what, all these conversations that we've had with each other and now because I support Trump, I'm, evidently I'm racist. I was like, you're black and I've been talking to you for six months and we get along great. I said, I cannot believe you would say that on here. But in, in, in privately, she apologized, but not publicly. Because they want to, they want to spread the hate, and as, and and we as civilians have to stop letting that fucking happen. We, and that's the one good thing about these Twitter spaces is, you know, we can actually talk without the censorship, and you know, start getting together with people, and uh, and I, I think if we utilize it properly, they can't they can't stop us, and we've just got to focus on talking to each other and fuck all the other noise around us that's not the the real people that matter. So anyway. That's off my soapbox now. So, uh, Riley and then HD. Yeah, uh, I just want to say, I'm a California businessman. I own Riley's Farm in Oakland, California. I felt called to be there on January 6th. I went to the Western Sips, uh, stood on by, by the scaffolding, and watched the entire thing. And I didn't see people at when I was located breaching the building. But I think that most people on our side would certainly – support prosecuting anyone who broke windows or mixed it up with cops or whatever. But that is so few. That I mean, I, I've been talking to people who are indicted merely for being on a ham radio with people who are inside the business, inside the building. And and this, to Crypto and Cliff, it's utterly laughable. I'm, I'm sorry. The notion you're going to get a fair trial in Washington, D.C., 
that is an absurd reality. I mean, we may have to submit ourselves to the process, but the idea that America really exists in the in the, um, the judicial system, I'm $400,000 into a First Amendment case myself, and I found out the hard way that our judicial system is only applauded by lawyers who get some money from being involved in it. That this is there is no way any J sixer can get a fair trial in Washington D.C. Let's just disabuse ourselves of that notion. Yeah, I mean, I think we all agree with that. I mean, let's let's not be laughable fools about this. I mean, there are lawyers who will tell you abide by the system, go through the process. It'll kill you. It'll bankrupt you. But the idea that you can get a fair trial in Washington, D.C. is absurd. There's absolutely no way that's going to happen. I've talked to so many people who didn't even go inside the building who are now being prosecuted. And I was very naive. I thought, okay, well, I can go to Washington. I can stand around the Capitol. I can protest. I can raise my concerns about an unfair election. Uh, and, 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 and I came back to my hometown. I was called an insurrectionist, a, a rebel, someone who doesn't be in the public, by people who've been converted to tribalistic heathens in this whole process. There, there is no discussion going on anymore. And, and I think the idea of lawyers sitting there saying, well, let's just let's abide with the process. We're all Americans. This is a process that's going to work. That is just so absurd. I, I, I have a hard time hearing it. Uh, you might hear it more because Cliff has returned. But... <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. Right. Cliff, uh, Cliff is an idiot. Cliff is an idiot. Uh, Cliff, no, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, Cliff. Cliff, it makes his money off the system, and Cliff oh. thinks people are going to get a fair trial. What is it? What's the conviction rate? Is it 98 percent in DC right now for people who walked inside the building? And you're going to go on their second and third round, and you're going to get people who are standing around after a summer of watching. June twentieth. Uh, All right, we're not gonna, we're not, not going to be mean. Cliff is not dumb. He's not an idiot. I don't know about him mooching off the system. If he represents people in America, get over it, Riley. Okay, there's lawyers for everything. Get over it. Uh, yeah. Aaron, and, and, and guys, just understand. I know there's a lot of emotion, and, and especially anybody that was involved in dealing with it, but. Deal let's with keep it, it at least semi-civil. Yeah, let's keep it semi-civil. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not make it personal as much as. Yeah, don't embar- <laughs> don't embarrass to- yourself. I, I by know attacking- some of y'all want to go after Cliff, but don't make it personal, please. Yeah. Well, it's- well, well okay, to- just, just stop to- acting like an idiot, Cliff. Just stop acting like an idiot. That's all we. Yep, you're gone, dude. Listen, uh, you, you don't you don't get to determine if he's acting like an idiot and tell him. Especially, he's in Twitter space here. He can't meet you man to man, face to face. So, I'm done with that. Go ahead, Aaron. Cliff, you'll get your moment in a second. All right, HD, go. Hey, I appreciate you guys bringing me up. Um, I'm over in Washington State. I work for the DOE, I'm a veteran. Um, I'm trying to understand the whole process of the J6 situation. Um, I haven't really seen any video other than the journalist at uh, the LA Times and the Washington Post from beginning to end. I think it was about a two-hour video, I think, that I found on YouTube. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm open-minded, but 
based on my observation, and I, I'm, you know, I, I don't know all the facts. I wasn't there, but I'm just trying to understand how it all started because I see the crowd coming down Pennsylvania Avenue to Capitol where the first barriers are. Correct. Uh, yeah, HDI, listen, I wasn't there and I'm grateful for that because evidently journalists were also getting wrapped up, uh, you know, so, uh, so fortunately I wasn't there, but, um, yes. So they left the stop to steal rally, uh, and they started peacefully marching down, uh, I don't know, whatever street, but it was, it was blocked off. It was purposely yes, blocked yes, off. Yes, 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 so, yes. So, so as a American citizen, you know, I'm a Republican. And what I don't understand is why people push the – I could see the video that there was younger kids when I'm 45, and I see them push the barrier over and try to – with the cops there, my – and this is just my opinion. I might, might be naive, but when there's a barrier there, you don't attempt to cross it, correct? Yes. Uh, do, you want, do you want me to explain some stuff or – you yeah, like, please. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm just yeah, trying you know, to understand because there's not a lot of video out there. I'm just trying to understand. No, that's cool, dude. I didn't know if you wanted to lead me or you actually were asking. So, uh, you have to understand. There's the east and west side. There's literally hundreds of thousands of people. There's the very violent tunnel issue. There's the there's the big O uh, east side Columbus door, you know, funnel pushing side. Uh, there's windows being broken, there's people climbing scaffolding, and then there's other people that get let in and they go on their self-guided tour. Uh, so it, it's, it's the, the, the complex thing is, um, and the defense brought an expert in who is apparently one of five in all of America, who is some kind of uh, timing genius, uh, who was able to basically, basically if there's somebody who could solve a Rubik's Cube with video of this is the guy. Uh, flown yeah. in from Arizona or whatever, but the problem is, uh, it just uh, they didn't have time to prep them right, and it it was honestly it was a swing and a miss. That just they didn't get to use this expert like they had hoped. My point is this: um, HD is is but but did it start at the first barrier? We you, I, I'm trying to tell you this. It's not it started. There's the, there's no it. There's you know there's is there some violence? Yes. Is there some peace? Yes. Is there some climbing in windows? Yes. Is there actually Babbin getting shot? Yes. There's no it. There's there's hundreds of thousands of people doing different things, and that includes okay. the cops launching tear gas and uh, and flashbangs, and the cops beating, and the cops doing the opposite and just standing there, and the cops retreating, and the cops rallying people into there. There is no it. It is too complex. Is, is the point? HD is. This is our issue. If, if our government was trying to be honest with us, they would release all the 14,000 hours of footage and they would let us see it ourselves. But they don't yeah. because what you will see is the narrative on one side is the opposite of the narrative on the other side. If you were watching any videos that came out before they started trying to censor this shit all over Twitter and everything, there was some barricades that the cops literally moved them out of the way and were saying, come on, come on, come with me. And then there's the other side where they're breaking in windows and then the door that got bashed in that doesn't get bashed in, it gets open from the what? inside. I mean, th that's the thing is like the narrative is one side was a what? setup and one side wasn't. So, Well, what, what I saw on YouTube was I started with the L.A. Times journalist. And he went, he walked through the whole thing based on 
I mean, I mean, I was very open-minded. I was having everything, you know, he was pointing out and watching the video myself. And basically what I gathered through observation of the video that the first barricade, it seemed like they're in their 20s, they were harassing the barrier and the cops, and they pushed through that first that I could see based on where he was at. And then it progressed to the actual scaffolding, and he was right up there in front with the second barrier, and then that's when all hell broke loose, in my opinion, which uh, the people that aggravated the cops messed with the barriers and started getting on the scaffolding. In my opinion, I would have never done that because that's something you do not do. I can understand peaceful process. Right, but, but HD, the thing is, that's one side. That's not what oh, happened. I, 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 under, I, under, I, I understand that. But I'm just trying to understand, what, was it just a whole smorgasbord of mass hysteria just rushing to the Capitol from all sides? or no, just one? no, it was a peaceful stroll. And then, like I said, different sides, different things broke down. Uh, that's what I'm, I'm literally trying to explain. We got to move on, Aaron. But, but basically, there is no it. There's too much to describe it. There's a whole bunch of things. Uh, and it started with the peaceful stroll. Remember, they had two. There were two permits for protests on the Capitol grounds that day. Okay. And those okay. areas were were designated, and they, and in fact, they weren't. Uh, when I say designated, I mean legally designated, not geographically with lines on the ground physically so there it got complex when you dump yeah, all okay. those people I, in emotions i un- i understand i understand Thanks. and actually actually i'm being corrected uh but uh it's it's not two it's it's maybe up to nine but um okay we do have uh joseph mcbride here which is the you, go ahead, you can go ahead and kick it down okay all right we'll thank you appreciate it mark you got to do it i'm still broken so. yeah i did and i Okay, I'm glad I didn't remove him completely. Sometimes I'm known to boot people <laughs> by accident. I'm glad we didn't boot him. Uh, Mr. McBride, we got Joseph here. If you if you uh, if you want to make a statement, that's okay. You do not have to. You've had a very long day, and we've covered so much, and we've actually played your official statement and such. So uh, you just you just let me know if you want to. If not, we will do it another night. So Aaron, uh, go ahead. All right, let's go for the moment. Let's go one by land. And then up to Tamara, or Tamara, good. I'm sorry, but I did that to your name again. All right, one by lane, go. Okay. Um, you know, Mark has articulated the fact that there are so many different things happening. But the problem that I see, and I'm bouncing off what Joe said the last time he spoke, is that uh, all of the defendants are being treated and viewed as the same. Nowhere in this country, and I'll buy a bottle of the best scotch for someone who can tell me when someone is detained for trespass. Now, I'm not going to mix the people who were committing criminal mischief or something more serious. But even at the basic level, criminal mischief, trespassing, nowadays you, you don't even have a bond. You're released with a court appearance in rare instances you have a $1,500 bond something yeah all, all true all true but that's not the situation here they were charged with not I, simple I, I'm getting to, I'm getting I'm getting to that as, I'm as, sorry bud God, that's I'm all right sorry. there there were there were even plea arrangements on misdemeanors and then they upped them to felonies 
So my my concern is the fact that, you know, Sean, are you still here? Yes. I'm so sorry for what you for what happened to you, because of all of our civil rights, the worst thing you can do is steal a man's liberty, even if it's for four months or six months or 12 months or 18 months, which is what has happened. And lastly, uh, Tamara, um, when we were DMing the use of the baton in the tunnel was also deadly physical force. I just wanted to highlight that point. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the mic. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Let's go. Um, actually, I'm going to give Michael Dean, since he's a regular and he hadn't spoke all night, I'm gonna, he had something clearly, so I'm going to let him get it out, and then we'll move to others. Yeah, I'm not going to get anything out. Actually, I mean, I'm glad Cliff came up. And again, Cliff, I say this respectfully. We're not like, I don't want to pick on you, bud. <clears throat> you know, but you call yourself a liberal and and that is what it is. But I, I really wish you would have been here for Sean's story. And if Sean, please, if you could do it, I, mean, I don't want to say quickly. I wish you could say it with the same passion and the same detail that you gave, you gave. But that's the issue, you know, throughout my life, you know, and as some of these people know in here that, you know, I was a Democrat, this, that, but I was always what you would call more of a classic liberal, you know, and against police violence and all that kind of stuff. But when you hear Sean's story, he's a journalist. He was, he notified, I'll let him speak for himself, but he's a journalist. He notified them he was a journalist. He followed the rules that the police told him to. And he still got convicted and put up with heavy uh, possible crimes. And he's going to do time in prison for being a journalist reporting. And I will also end quickly uh, with like Cliff, it bothers me, but because you say that like we're going down a dangerous path if we can't trust the courts in certain uh, places or juries or whatever, that's us going down a dangerous place. What we're trying to, to, to get out to people is we're past that. We're in that dangerous place. Sean can talk about it. He covered Antifa for a year. These people are burning down cities, right? There were 500 riots across an entire summer, $1 billion in damage. Families, businesses destroyed forever, never to come back. And those people were in and out of jail never prosecuted, et cetera, et cetera. And these people, yes, the people that committed uh, violent acts, prosecute them, right? But people that were not in the Capitol, like other people, not Sean, but uh, again, it's so frustrating because I was so happy to hear Sean. He's a liberal. He's a classic liberal that believes that everybody deserves a fair trial, no matter what. So uh, just some praise to you, Sean. I'm glad I got to speak before you, but go ahead, bud. Whoa, 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 Michael. You ain't in charge here. What's going on? <laughs> and damn it, I already got in shoot out for, for story time with Sean last time by 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 uh, uh, Mark and Crypto. So like, we, 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 no, I'm not getting shoot out again. I don't even know if Crypto's still awake at this point. He's probably asleep. So, um, anyway, oh, he's, oh, he's there. He's oh, he's, he's awake for now. 
Damn it. I thought I put his he's, he's setting up a second date with that chick. He was on a date? The oh, liberal. The the yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I came back in that time for that one. Okay. Um, all right. Let's do uh, Derek. I'm not Derek yet. Not Derek. Sean. Uh, actually, hold on. Tamara, you were next, and then Sean. Okay. I'll go quick because it's more important to hear from Derek and Sean. But I do want to say part of that, um, when I talked about the media putting out, you know, uh, stories right away from day one to paint a picture. Uh, and I, Sean, you might be able to correct me on this, but I can't remember if it was Trennis or another J6 or Trennis Evans. The the SWAT team at his house said, your guys killed one of our guys. And they were referencing Sitnik. Oh, the media, if you remember. And then they had that big memorial service for him. Uh, they put out right away that he was killed by a J6er with a fire extinguisher. Outright lie. No no autopsy showed any head damage. Uh, complete blatant lie. And yet you had people, LEO, showing up at the J6er's house, arresting them with SWAT, with guns on their children. Waking them up in the the middle of the night saying, because you guys, you guys killed one of our guys. Complete lie. So that's what these J6ers are up against. And then the other thing I wanted to say is that um, every all the Trump supporters, you know, Aaron and those of us who went there, we have been to Trump rally after Trump rally. You had millions of people showing up at Trump rallies and it was peaceful. It went home. You went home, and the place was cleaner than when we got there. Nobody, ex- and and that's what everybody's expectation was for how J six was going to be. It was going to be a Trump rally. We were going to hear him speak. Then we were going to go in in just numbers to say, wait, this is a problem. Our First Amendment. Nobody again went with that intent for violence. It's contrary to most everybody's principles who were there. And then did they get caught up in the moment? Yes. Could we argue that the Capitol Police and the Metro Police failed miserably? Uh, that the uh, Nancy Pelosi and not having the National Guard there failed miserably? Should the J6 be the only ones suffering the consequences of such a devastating lack of uh, control over the day? Because that's what's happening. So I'll, I'll yield back over to Sean. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. All right, Sean, and then Derek. And then yeah, I think I, I think I'm slightly calmed down now, which is which is a good thing too. Um, you right. know, it's it's hard not too, to so. get passionate about things. You know, it's like I just see injustice being done. Um, you know, it's it's January sixth, like Tamara says. You know, where a lot of people didn't go there expecting anything. I can't say that I was one of those people. I had spent you know, a lot of time in the streets, I was basically embedded with proud boys. And so I saw this kind of rising tension, I guess you could say, um, throughout my coverage of that, even when I was down in Atlanta and out in Phoenix and everything else, there was, there was definitely a rising tension going on. Um, and, and, you know, me, I don't know. Some people would say that I, I feel things, which that's fair. Um, you know, so, you know, I was trepidatious about going to dc in the first place you know i remember talking to my kids about it and being like yeah i don't know but you know that was the story i'd gone to cover um 
you know, so, you know, I kind of wanted to get back to, um, I, I can't remember his name zone or whatever that was on here. And he was kind of asking, you know, that Trump made his speech and I was near the Washington monument at that time. And, and I remember him saying, you know, everybody's going to march down and I'm going to walk with you peacefully to the Capitol and everyone, oh, the crowd goes wild. Um, you know, I, I was supposed to be closer to that stage that day, but through, you know, just crazy series of events, you know, that did not happen. And so, you know, I knew that there was planned protests somewhere at the Capitol. That was always, you know, in the minds. And everybody was talking about a 10-day investigation and anybody who was aware. But there was a lot of people who just had no clue. I mean, that's, that's the other thing is that there's just people who didn't even know they were at the Capitol. By the time they got there, I mean, I think it's uh, Doug Jensen, you know, was even saying things like, oh, you know, I'm here at the White House and it gets lampooned a lot of the time. But I think that just speaks to the mental state of some of these people. And I don't mean that in any sort of denigrating way, um, you know, but it's like I ended up walking to the Capitol and to get to the point about whether or not there were any trespassing signs. You know, that that initial breach had already occurred, that kind of famous scene where Ray Epps whispers into Ryan Samsel's ear right before he pushes the barricade over Officer Carolyn Edwards, which Edwards flat out lied in front of the J6 committee. There's just no way around it. It was the most bizarre thing. Um, And so you had that happen. And again, it's a very big building. But by the time I got there, which was still pretty early in the entire, uh, you know, scope of the entire thing. Um, you know, that, that crowd had already pushed up towards the inauguration stage. And so it was almost assumed that that was like the equilibrium point. Now, they would argue back and forth, and I've seen it in other cases where they'll go back and forth and they'll say, well, you must have seen the signs, you know, and all that. And I don't remember seeing any signs as far as their argument about whether, you know, did you see munitions going off or con- confrontations? I mean, you know, after all of my time covering these kinds of protests, when, you know, when there's a confrontation as a journalist, you go get right in between the people who are confronting each other. So, you know, I was no stranger to that either. Um but yeah, just a very bizarre hey, so day. To that, to that question, Sean. Yeah. You any, so in that video with Bigo, Bigo being pushed through in that crowd, were you anywhere near that crowd? I. It's hard for me to say. I may, you know, I would have to go back and look at the individual timestamps, and I have to, you know, confess that I've not on that on that particular issue. Right. Um, that may have been when they were actually trying to shove all of us out of the rotunda in the in the in the group that I was in. Yeah. Um, well, you know, so it's yeah. When you're, when you're saying that and talking about that. I mean, the other point that, you know, with the whole thing with Big O is the waving the flag and everything they got him for. But, you know, from everything I saw outside of where Ray Epps created the, you know, the push there, most part, and talking about Mark Middleton's case, because I've talked to him plenty about it, you know, they were peacefully standing there. And then the police fire, well, Mark, you brought that up because it was in Big O's case, right? They fire that out of tape tear gas into the crowd. I mean, they effectively created the chaos out of a peaceful protest. Like they yeah, weren't yeah. actually stormy yet. Well, I would say that that's very true. I mean, I was positioned right near the northwest stairs that led, you know, on that side of the um, uh, inauguration stage scaffolding. And so I had positioned myself kind of between police and protesters right in that area in the grass. I was looking up the stairs as Guy Reffitt and some other, you know, kind of well-knowns of people can go back and remember where he was kind of moving up the stairs. There was, you know, some form of confrontation there and and then Derek Vargo 
got pu- he got pushed off the stairs. I mean, that's the way the video looks. I was standing right there, and so it's really hard for me to argue with with that assessment of what happened there. But he got pushed off the stairs. He hit the ground. I thought he was dead right next to me. He wasn't moving. He wasn't responsive. And I spent months afterwards just assuming that that individual had died. I didn't find out who he was or what had happened to him until months later. Um, and the crowd at that point did become noticeably more hostile, I guess you could say. And the situation intensified from there. And, and police started just, you know, throwing flashbangs and, and, you know, CS gas or whatever into the air. And, you know, your eyes are burning and everything's just going nuts. And then they just stood down. So again, I'll go back and I would love to see what the command was like. Everything that I have seen just shows chaos, like nobody really knew what to do. And so they, they essentially stood down and then everybody started moving up those stairs onto the well, West yeah, Terrace. And, well, and, and <laughs> to that point, as I said, because we've gotten a lot of feedback from Mark being in there with the case. I mean, Mark, didn't the cops basically admit that they didn't even really know what to do? They were just kind of told, told go that yeah. point that way? Like, they didn't even know. Well, it's important to know uh, there's many law enforcement agencies there, but let's just go by the, the large numbers, like like the like the major players. Sean, I'm just gonna mute you because because it sounds distracting. Yeah, sorry, I was on it. Was... Sounds sounds like you got poker chips going on, but <laughs> that's to me. Um, but you know, you have the Capitol Police, who are the police for the Capitol, which is a large, very big, quote unquote, department and property. But then uh, you also had the um, the Metropolitan Police Department, which is the city police department for the district. And when they descended, uh, they came for what they called a, a 1032 call, you know, an officer in trouble, uh, which means any available unit, really, regardless of department, goes there for, you know, to save a life. So multiple officer in trouble calls come out. So every everyone collapsed on the building. But you got to understand that's really a situation and a call designed for an officer on the street kind of in a scuffle for his life or pinned down in a gunfight or shot or in a struggle. It's not really for a physical, uh, a, you know, for an Alamo situation. You don't call an officer needs a, you know, in, in distress for an Alamo. You, you call what you have and, you know, I have a riot or I have, you know, someone trying to breach the Capitol at these doors, whatever. That's what you call. My point is this. When you start out like that, uh, and I'm not making excuses for any of these. I'm just trying to bring some context. That that brought the cap or that brought the Metropolitan Police Department there. They Many of them admitted or admitted, you know, testified they've never even been on the stand before. And as or excuse me, uh, in the Capitol before. And as a result, they didn't even know, you know, like like the sergeant that talked to Big O and she she didn't even know what the rotunda was. She's like, I don't know. I was in this big dome room and I don't know, but there was a big flag in one section and I don't know. And, and her body camera, you know, this girl, she did really great work. She was herding cats, pulling them off the terrace where they're climbing up the scaffolding. And I tell you, every male, including Big O, didn't give her one ounce of resistance. It was a couple females that gave her a hard time. I watched her grab these men, and it's called escort hold. She grabs them by the, by, you know, by the tricep and by the wrist. And these guys who could, you know, physically defeat her. I mean, she's got a gun and stuff, but nonetheless, they're much larger men. They didn't give her a drop of trouble. It was the women that were mouthy giving her a hard time. But anyway, uh, the point is, uh, I forget the point. I'm I'm exhausted. I drove I drove to I drove to D.C. saw the trial or saw the verdict and. 
had lunch and drove back and you know so i, I forget the Mark's point like, aaron, nah. aaron help me out <laughs> okay let's bye. move on damn it all right yeah we're we are getting near the end because these guys both have been for a long day so uh let's uh, let's try to keep it as much to big o i mean i know i know we it's easy to get down the story of j6 so uh, Derek, uh, you got a little bit of time. Let's go through, and then Cliff, I'm still going to give you your chance to respond a little bit, so then we can piss everybody off as we close. Perfect. <laughs> anyway, go. Yeah. So uh, first, wanted to say that uh, what has happened to Big O is just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, this is just further proof that J Sixers are not going to get a fair trial in DC. I know that. Uh, some of you guys who, who had went there and this was your first one, I think actually being there in person, I know you guys were hopeful for a positive outcome for, for Big O. And, um, I was hoping he would at least meet one of the charges. Uh, that's what I was hopeful for. I didn't think there was any way at all that he would be, uh, be able to beat all of them in DC. It's just truly sad, uh, what's happening. And this is, uh, a proof that in America that we live in today, uh, you are guilty until proven innocent, and the media determines whether you're guilty or not. Big O was convicted, quite frankly, for the sole purpose of an infamous, infamous picture of his feet up on the desk in Pelosi's office. They made him the face of this, and that is why they were out for blood on him. And, and I can attest to that because, quite frankly, uh, myself, Big O, and uh, Jacob Chansley, the QAnon uh, sh- shaman, were the first uh, three that were arrested and, and uh, were the face of this early on. Those two because of the infamous picture of Big O with his feet on the desk, uh, Jacob because he had the horns on his head, and me because I was the only uh, elected uh, Republican lawmaker in the country. So we were all over the media. And, um, you know, it's just really sad. I- I'm pretty sure uh, from what I saw there, I believe, uh, Big O walked through the east uh, doors and the Columbus doors, if that's accurate. I'm 99% sure it is. Uh, if, if so, I'm right behind him uh, in that video. You can't see me because it cuts off, but I walked through those same doors. Um, and the video is pinned to my Twitter feed for anybody who wants to, to see that from, a, from another perspective after I walked in. But um, he, he, he's absolutely correct, uh, and I even said this. I, I've never said that I did not want to go inside. Like uh, that I was perfectly content with going in there, but – I have said from day one that even if I did not want to go in there, it wouldn't have mattered. At, at, at a certain point, you either went inside or you got trampled. And, uh, you know, I remember people telling each other and grabbing hold of, of, of women even, uh, like holding them up and saying, hey, stay on your feet, don't get trampled, uh, just because that's that's just the way it was. The people in the back could not see anything, and a lot of people couldn't see anyways just because of all the pepper spray and the CS gas that was in the air at the time. Uh, but you know, it, it's just sad that somebody is facing decades in prison for uh, glorified trespassing at the end of the day. And then really quickly, I just wanted to touch on what, what HD said earlier. This is what I, the main reason I got up here. Um, look, there's four sides of the building. It's a huge building. If you've never been there before, uh, I was on the East side of the building. I was there all day long. I never once went to listen to president Trump speak because the, the line was over a mile long at like six thirty in the morning. So I went to the East side where there were other scheduled speakers to get a good spot there. There were never any signs on those uh, bicycle racks uh, saying that crossing that barrier was a crime or anything like that. I'd been to the Capitol before. I'd sat on those very steps uh, a time or two. I didn't think it was a big deal to make it to the steps. Um, but on the east side of the building where uh, the, where we where we entered and where I'm pretty sure Big O entered, um, Look, there was thousands, tens of thousands of people back there on that side of the building all day long. And um, there were, at one point, maybe 15 cops, something, maybe 20. 
and uh, I was in the middle. And on the very far right-hand side for me, so that would have been the northeast side, uh, some people over there removed the barricades and started walking in. These are just bicycle racks, mind you guys. This isn't like some big extravagant fencing or something. It's just bicycle racks. These people moved those to the side and walked in calmly with their hands up. And at that point, the cops in the middle moved the barricades. And that's one of the infamous videos of the cop waving people onto the stairs. This happened in waves. We were standing on those stairs for an hour to two hours before those doors ever opened. So the people who came afterwards would have had, if Big O showed up there later in the day, he would have had no clue that there had previously been barricades there preventing anyone from getting that point. So I want to make that clear. And then I'll land my plane here. I promise, Mark, I know you're tired. There's four sides to, to that entire building. So there's four different groups. And even within that, there's subgroups. Um, People who were in the same area still had different experiences and saw different things. And so, as Mark said earlier, there is no it. Uh, there's thousands of people there. There's thousands of different experiences and thousands of different perspectives. There, there is no it. Even, even the people that was within 20 foot of me, and I know this because the, the government kept saying that there was a, somebody broke a window near me on my side of the building. And I was like, no, they did not because I, I promise you I never saw that. Well, it wasn't until after getting out of prison and I saw Pam Hemphill, Maggie Granny's videos, she was on my side of the building. And um, sure enough, she's got a video of somebody, not that they not actively breaking it, but there was a broken window on that side of the building. I never saw that. Never, never. And I have no reason to lie about it. I'm already home from prison. I mean, I never saw that. So just just wanted to say that, you know, there's there's no it, as Marcus said. So I just wanted to wanted to make that point clear. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Derek. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Um, uh, Michael Dean, do you, do you want an inning? Do you want one as we close? Uh, I'll just do it now. I want yeah, freaking. Yeah, okay. okay, so we're going to do Michael Dean, American Trucker, Cliff, uh, and then we'll go to the hosts. Yeah, I'll make it as simple as possible. You know, I just want fairness. I really do. I want fairness for everyone in this country. But also fairness goes to being, um, you know, uh, prosecuted for things that you're doing, you know. Antifa and BLM riots, that's not fairness. They're not being prosecuted. They're not even being arrested. I don't care who it is in this country. We cannot have political violence, right? And I don't want to hear that Antifa isn't real or the BLM riots weren't political. They were, they were completely political, but I'll just, yeah, I want fairness, and I don't think we're anywhere near it. And I will agree with Cliff somewhat. We're going down a very dangerous path and path in this country because our lawfare that's going on is lawless. There you go. Thanks, Michael. Uh, American Trucker, thanks for your donations uh, this week. And uh, oh, go ahead. no problem. Hey, I just, I just had a kind of a crypto question here. Uh, so with the verdict of this case, how would it affect future cases uh, if it doesn't get appealed when, uh, like BLM, Michael about answer, or, uh, asked my question, but how would this affect future cases when people enter government facilities? Um, well, I think J6 took on a life of its own. I don't think anyone could have predicted that there would be like this J6 case law that's happening. Um you know, this is something that's kind of unprecedented. Um, as far as going forward, 
I think, you know, while Mark was at the Big O trial, I think Mark just experienced one of many trials that occurred before. Um, you know, I agree probably with more than I disagree with Cliff, but as far as a, um, as far as a fair and impartial jury goes, you know, I can't say, so I can't say with any reasonable degree of certainty what the jury's thinking or what they're doing or if they're putting their biases and prejudices aside or if the government just has great cases. I don't know because I'm not there, right? But what I can tell you is when you get at least one guilty count on every J6 trial, which at this point, I don't know, there could be a hundred. When you get guilties on every single trial, there's there's something underlying the trials because that just doesn't happen like DOJ is 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 a very at least when I was there is a very you know you know we essentially call it like the major leagues it's it's a very well-oiled machine it's it's like the major league for prosecutors you know you have it's not like being a state attorney where you can kind of roll the dice, you know, you have prosecutorial discretion. DOJ is not like that. It's, 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 it's a well old machine. People look over you. You need like three signatures to do anything. Um, but the fact that every single trial in front of a jury has been guilty, that's just not normal. The probabilities are not correct. I'm not a mathematician, but if you broke it down, it wouldn't be, that just every case against every person is beyond a reasonable doubt. That's the highest standard we have in the court system. It leads me to believe that probably in some cases they have great evidence. Other cases they may not have as great evidence. I do believe, and this is just my, this is just from what I've read, what I've seen, and the fact they've never lost a jury trial yet in D.C., I do believe that when you get people that, you know, are not as fair minded as Cliff and they're on, you know, when you have two people on the fringe, it's going to be oil and water. Right. So if you have a jury that's never Trumpers or heavily Democratic and then you have someone labeled as a J Sixer, we're talking two ends of the political spectrum and those can't reconcile themselves. And the way they are turning out is that these these juries are are gacking guilty as charged. They're gacking people on almost all the counts, right? I mean, you're lucky if you get one or two counts not guilty or a lesser, right? Um, that's just listen. I've been a prosecutor for over a decade. I've been a lawyer. For, that's that's just not normal. It's it's not normal to just constantly win after win after win after win. The probabilities just aren't with you. It's, it's, it's weird. I've lost cases I should have won. I've won cases I should have lost. But everyone loses cases except DOJ and DC with J6ers, right? So it coming from someone who worked at DOJ, this is very much an outlier to me. So, um, and I don't know what it is. You know, I can guess what it is, um, but I have no, I mean, I, I, I have no evidence of it. I just think that you have possibly a fringe jury with people they see as fringe right-wing domestic terrorist Trumpers. And when you have that sort of dichotomy, it's not going to wind up um, in the defendant's favor. So, um, okay. So I, I get everything you're saying, and I and I agree with you. 
but but I think uh, uh, I think what I was really trying to ask you was like, sure. okay, number one, as far as the evidence goes, we have zero evidence that the jury is tainted. I mean, we all know it, but as far as physical evidence, my question, I guess, would be, if you were the prosecutor, okay, mm-hmm. and you were going to charge like an Antifa person, okay, would yeah. you cite this case? or use this case or any of these cases alike for a prosecution, I guess is what I'm asking. I mean, does it, does it, does it help with a, with a future prosecution for the other side? Should you want to charge Antifa with terrorizing a a, a state capital or a federal building? Got you. So, so, so the answer would be no. Um, The only thing that you would use this case for is when the case is actually done and there's an appellate decision you could use this case for legal matters, but you can't use this case to compare. So, so every case is different and unique on its own. You can't compare one trial to another. So when this case is done and there's an appellate review of it and it's one or two years from now and it's finally done, if there's legal issues in this case that may come up in another trial, then you can cite to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals and say, listen, judge, this legal issue has already been dealt with by the appellate court. Because when you cite, you cite to appellate courts. You don't cite to trial courts. Um, so the answer is, the short answer is no. This case for the for, for the next year or two will have no, uh, no um, pending status on any other trial that's happening. And one real quick last question: sure. Will this will this case right here be mocked in law school as as a, as, a, as a as a case that will be dissected piece for piece in law school for future lawyers? I don't. I know it's an off question, but it's, I think yeah. it's a good question. No, I mean the well. First, so so the answer is I don't know. Um, I can tell you that this semester, um, um, I'm teaching. I'm, you know, I'm teaching three law classes and, um, I mean, I'm teaching criminal classes. That's what I do. Um, the answer for me is no. I mean, I'm not bringing this case up. There's nothing that I saw that was crazy or different or unique. Plus I wasn't there. Plus I don't have a health decision. So, um, you know, I don't think, and Mark, Mark was there and he really kept me in tune on what was going on. There was nothing that I saw there that would be of any teaching value to me or anyone else, except for the fact, which obviously, you know, a lot of law students, you know, we don't get into politics when I teach. But my point is, I am I am definitely using J6 in general as an example of how you need to be so careful to pick a jury. I mean, that's what I'm using it for in a generalized theory. Um, but outside of that, there have been no cases that I'm aware of that have really any teaching value to me. Uh, thank you guys. And Mark, once again, man, thank you. You did an outstanding job and, uh, and, and I appreciate you guys and we're looking forward to future endeavors. Thanks. Thanks. thanks, thanks for the feedback. All right. Uh, Ta- hold on, hold on. Taylor now officially is taking Johnny Dice's place by asking questions during the bullpen time. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I, just have a quick I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> because I, I, I've been listening all night, but I fell asleep. So I'm, so I'm apologize. Can you guys right. tell us how many years Big O's facing? I don't, I can't find that anywhere. Can, maybe you guys could tell me about yeah. 20. If it all, if they ran well, it on him. Well, no, if it, if they ran it consecutive, which would be 
like unheard of, it would like, be life. Like, like, yeah, like yeah. Years. that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so if they ran him consecutive, it'd be life. That's not going to happen. Um, I think his highest charge is 20. Given, I mean, I don't, I don't like saying this, but I'll just toss it out there. Given the fact his plea was five to seven, I would expect his sentence to be seven to 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Then I would, yeah, I don't know those numbers, but it makes sense. Uh, Cliff, you, uh, you get to close, uh, be our closer tonight. So uh, final thoughts, Cliff, go ahead. Yeah. Don't worry. I don't plan on pissing you guys off with some of the things I wanted to ask. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I wanted to ask you a question, Mark, cause I, about the, the big O my, uh, in terms of, I, I've never been to the Capitol. I have no idea where he entered. I have no idea where Pelosi's office is. I mean, are they anywhere near each other? Or, I mean, did he have to, like, search that out? I, I, I mean, it's not like you just hang a left and you're in Pelosi's office. i got to imagine it's not the easiest place in the world to find, but I don't know. Uh, his his exact path? Uh, well, I don't know the exact path. I'm just asking you. I mean, is it? Is it like right uh, out? Open my 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 impression is it wasn't that hard to get there. Uh, between the doors that were all closed and the doors that were open, and the stairwell, which is massive and big, and like I said, even with him sitting down in the chair and admiring the painting, you know, in between looking for his, for the bathroom, it it it's not like he. Uh, no, it, it, it to me it looked kind of an easy path. If you go to the path of least resistance with doors being open, doors being closed, it. He fell right into it. Yeah, and Derek and Sean both hundred to that, so it sounds like that's accurate. Oh, okay. Like I said, I've I wouldn't know. I've never. Yeah, heard. yeah. I just. Oh, I, it's just yeah. that the whole thing sounds kind of strange, you know. The guy. Uh, it's, it is it's a strange day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, Cliff, any 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 final thoughts other than your question? Because uh, here's here's your chance. Uh, you, get, you get the last word. Yeah, dude. I was going to ask you the one thing I was going to ask you guys is obviously you have. We obviously disagree on this, but you have a real problem with Washington, D.C. as a place for a trial. So I'm just curious, where would you find it to be a fair and impartial place for a jury of his peers? Where would that be? Um, Well, I mean, we would look, you know, we would, you know, we'd file a motion to change and then we would look for really it's up to the judge on where we go. Both sides can make their recommendations. But I think I think Virginia would be a good place to go. Um, just, you know, get out of, get out of DC. You don't, I mean, I'm not asking, I wouldn't ask a judge to go to Arkansas or Texas or California, you know, somewhere close, somewhere that's rather balanced. And, you know, I think probably if I looked, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't move it to Baltimore. Right. Um, I think if, I think if you look maybe just a little West, you know, going over, you know, going over to Virginia, you can probably find find a county that's that's relatively a fifty fifty decent makeup, um, you know. And a lot of times, politics aren't taken into consideration when you're changing venue. You're simply changing venue because you're trying to get somewhere where someone hasn't heard of the case. So, in the Southern District, I want to go to the middle and Northern District, like like for instance, you know, the Dahlia. DiPolito case, you know, the one in Boynton Beach, Florida, where she hired the hitman and then the hitman was a cop. You know, that case was and and that case was on the TV show Cops, right? So everyone fucking knew about that it. That was awesome. That was so 
What a great case. So, so we had to move. So the first time we didn't move, they didn't allow us. Then, then, then we moved, went out to Tampa and we just went to Tampa hoping that, you know, people weren't as into it. So, so that's really the biggest consideration. So I think the, the two considerations you have to look into when you're moving for a change of venue here is first, where can we go that is really not, not too far away, but people may not know about it as much. J6 is J6, you know, where are you going to go that people don't find it? So the next, you know, litmus test would be where can we go where it's a relatively 50-50 political makeup of at least, you know, like registered voters. So I'm sure for someone who lives in Virginia or knows Virginia, I don't. I'm sure that you could find a county relatively close that um, takes care of your political concerns. But I don't think it would take care of your notoriety concerns because I'm not sure where you would go unless you're going to go to like bumfuck Minnesota, where there's like six people in the town. Um, not you know, for anyone from Minnesota. I'm not trying to insult you, but, you Damn. know, but like just like a bumfuck area where like no one knows anything like they don't have TVs. Maybe you go to Amish country. I don't know. But you're not going to find many places where no one's heard of J6. So right. I would look for. I would look for a political neutral place. Well, yeah, I mean, I was just kind of throwing the, I, I understand the legal way you were, t- I was just thinking generally what the people in this room think would be, you know, a, a place like, would you be able to have one in New York city? Would you be able to do it in, you know, I mean, a big, a big city somewhere else. I mean, I'm just trying to think, where is it that I understand you, you have, you have these concerns. I disagree with you, but you have them, but where would you have it then? From what I'm getting from you, you wouldn't have it in basically any big city that I would go. I mean, from what I know about Virginia and what I've seen, I think I think we could go not far to Virginia and pick. And and, I mean, that's what I would say, because the judge is not going to fly across the country and then fly everyone back. So, you know, you have to look to the surrounding areas. And just from knowing the geographic location, from what I know, I think I think. Virginia is probably the best spot to possibly find a jury in that area. I mean, that's what I would ask for. Gotcha. Uh, Cliff, at the end here, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're looking for an opinion. But... Do, you want, do you want me to let you red red devils have it with some real blue fire? Is that what you? Well, I've been I've been waiting. I'm falling asleep. You're asking what is questions. Wrong with, what I is said... wrong? With, what is wrong with you people? You don't know what you do about this trial and blaming everything on Democrats not being able to be fair and impartial. They can be fair and impartial. You guys aren't being fair and impartial. You had this thing all weighed out before the trial ever went forward. That's not how our country works. You have, we have a legitimate process in place. There was a trial. There was a conviction. And if you don't like the result, you go appeal it. But you don't go crying about not being able to get a fair co- trial in this country by saying no Democrat can give you a fair trial. The process is only as good as the people, Cliff. <laughs> Thanks, Cliff. You wanted there me to be the evil blue guy, didn't you? <laughs> Thank yeah, you yeah Cliff. appreciate it. Hey, you calm it down there, prodigal. I see those faces, okay? Calm it down. All right, let's go to uh, unless I'm missing uh, uh, unless I'm missing I'm missing I can't even talk I'm so you tired. can't fucking talk I can't unless I'm messing up it's my turn yes right so I was gonna say unless I'm messing up what's going on uh, Aaron and Mark yep oh it's my turn do we do we, we establish that yes 
I mean, shit, I've said enough, but I, I'm going to keep reverting back to the same thing is that I'm I'm tired of looking at this as a DC case. I think we need to start putting pressure on our state. I'll fucking stab you. Oh, that's brutal. Come on. Oh, good, Aaron. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> my soundboard broke. I, my Twitter just up. I couldn't turn it off. <laughs> all right i think we need to uh it's late for all of us clearly we're getting delirious so uh i think we need to i think we need to focus this instead of the lawyers and all the other stuff i think we need to start looking locally to our our state governments to put the pressure there i think our states need to be standing up for their own citizens and i think that is a better route potentially to go than continuing to expect the bar, any lawyer that's attached to the bar to come save our asses uh, there are a bunch of cowards that are afraid of what's going to happen to their career, and uh, while other people are have lost their livelihoods over it. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't have trust in them anymore. Um, I know some lawyers are trying, and I appreciate the ones I know. Joseph McBride and these guys they've, they've done, and, and Shipley sounds like a good dude. They're, they're trying, but the fact is, the system's just it's just not set up to protect us at this point. And I think we really need to move everything back to the more local and into the citizen level and try to do our best to fight this properly because we're not going to win this federally. We're just not. So stop trying. I mean, well, do what you can, but I would rather spend our money in a, in a much more productive area and try to flip our states and our local stuff back to our control and, and fight it that way. And I think we're going to have to start learning to take some tactics from the left, whether people like it or not. You're going to have to start putting some pressure on some local local officials until they start to understand that, if they want to pressure us, we can play the same game right back. We can stay in our morals. But you know what? Fear goes a long way, both sides. And uh, I think Republicans need to start learning that uh, you can you can fight this same battle. You, you don't have to always sit back and pretend like you have to be the nice guy to win. Um, the nice guy is what's got us in this position in the first place. So time to go fucking do something about that finally. Anyway, that's all for tonight. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you all. I'm going to stab crypto. So, hold on, Mark. So, you're closing tonight, right? Uh, I'm going, I mean, I'm up next. I, I think you're going to say something, right? Well, not really. So, all right. Okay. So, Mark's going to be last. Jesus Christ. And we'll make a quick call to the bullpen. Hold on. We already did. <laughs> did we? All yes, right, man. All right, all right. So, so Mark, with a with a round of applause, go ahead, buddy. All uh, right, thank you, thank you, everyone. Uh, so, um, on a, you know, on a serious note, uh, this was a big deal for for us. It was a big deal for me. Um, don't forget, we uh, we learned who Big O was uh, doing the spaces when he came in, and we were just blown away that this guy, who's a, you know, who is Big O. Uh, it was in our space, and uh, and then he would talk about his case, and crypto gave him all the all the warnings possible, and you know we tried to discourage him, but Big O is Big O, and he was going to talk regardless. Um, and so we just best to to not harm him, okay? And I took that same approach when I was with uh, you know his his uh, legal team. And by the way, side note on Aaron, Aaron, his legal team was aces. I have never ever seen three attorneys work so hard and, and be so good. And, uh, really they were balls to the wall. And I mean, all night long, I mean, they, they, have you, have you ever, 
have you ever shut up you said you weren't going to talk anymore no no hold on hold on mark have you ever been around three attorneys before yes i've been around many i've been i've I've been. I'm, I was married to one. Dated, no, 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 no. I'm not talking in your lifetime. Yeah. Have you ever been around three at the same time? Yes. Would you listen? Well, that to was that? that was a private night at the hostel, and we don't want to talk. about Well, that right, right. Time. So I was going to ask, was that the gangbang you're talking about? Well, that too. But no, no, no. I've been around. I I was a court officer for four years, uh, and and I've been around them. You know, with my ex-wife, she had her own practice, which is another story. But I've been to all the events. Yes, I've been around them, and I've been around them involved in cases. I've been a, I was the court officer in the longest criminal trial in Atlantic County history. Yes, okay, and this was so, the great, so, so. Let me the ask you a question: team I've ever seen as a court officer, what are you doing talking to attorneys? You're not supposed to talk to us. I talk to them all. You got to be kidding me! I no, all the time they talk to me. I don't even know what you're talking about. No, no, like small talk, like "Hey, guy, uh, who protects us? How you doing? I'm going for lunch." But you're not talking about legal strategy with them. No. No. Right. That all comes after. That all comes way after and not during the That's trial. That's in the after party crypto. Yes. No, no, no. So were you ever I, the were you ever the court officer that gave the prosecution or defense a heads up on what the verdict was? No, we never knew. We never knew what the verdict was. That we had no we had no handle on that whatsoever. Okay, so and nor, and nor would I, nor would I violate any any other confidentiality. Okay, so you would not be the guy who, when they knock on the door, goes over there and they say we have a verdict, and then you come out and say they have a verdict. No, well, no, my I mean my job was judge protection, so and the judge protection officer kind of controls the other officers in the room, but no, the the court the court clerk or or the or the jury manager, I, I'm forgetting all the terms, a jury manager in the state I was in would manage the jury, jury manager. So no, uh, no. I actually, I actually had a marshal that would go back if it it was just one courtroom, but he would go back. And if they knocked and had a verdict, if he came out and stared at me, that meant, (laughs) no, no, I swear to God. If, if he came out and stared at me, it was a guilty verdict. If he came out and just looked down and walked over to the judge and said they had a verdict, it was not guilty. So I knew no, immediately I was, when was, he came in. No, I had I had no involvement, no connection, I'm, no involvement. I'm so confused, Bart. Didn't he say you were going to close and he didn't have shit to say? What, yeah, what the fuck's going on here, and, crypto? Uh, guys, I'm, try, I'm trying to. I'm exhausted, crypto. Let me just tell everyone, thank you, thank you for for the donations, thanks for the support, thanks for the retweets. Okay, you know uh, this was a big week for us. Uh, you know, and and uh, as far as I'm concerned, we we all did really well, and everybody that had an involvement in it, even here and just opining, uh, or sending a few dollars, or just doing the retweets, I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll do more of it, especially if you guys can can keep uh keep doing what you're doing for us. So that's it for me. Have a great night, everyone. Mark, have, Mark, have you ever cooked a grit before? Shut Correct. the hell up. We were supposed to be done. Hold on. I just have one question for him. Have you ever cooked a grit before? Grit? Yeah. Have you ever cooked a grit before? Is that like yeah, a... Like the a, South? Yeah, is that like a like a grits and bacon or whatever? The hell? Yeah. I don't know. Yes. It's like cream no, of wheat, Mark. I, I, thank you. Thank you. No, I never cooked a grit. 
Okay. No, I'm only asking because you because you say you know I want to give all yous, you know, thank all yous, and you and and you know you're sounding like my cousin Vinny. So I was I was curious. <laughs> I'm glad you went that because I heard I thought the same thing in my head when he said that shit. Yeah. So well, you know, where I come from, it's it's it really it's yuz. So if I'm saying yous, it's probably because I'm laying down. But use or use guys, use guys uh, or use. What yeah. were you two It's the two youths. So that's right, right. that was that was youths. No, we don't say that. Y'all. So, yeah, so, yeah. I don't say y'all. I say use. Yeah, use use guys. You guys. So last question, Mark. Do you say youths or youths? Youth. I can. I can. I got ths. Youth. Yeah. Okay. Use is like y o u apostrophe s. It's completely South Philly talk, you know. Right. Okay. Use guys. That's that stupid northern talk. <laughs> <laughs> all right well for everyone that came in guys thanks so much uh like all spaces we start on something like vigo and then we get off of it but uh it was fun um lots of lots of chatting and uh Bigo, um you know Bigo has a great defense team um you know and uh you know got an uphill battle whenever you have an appeal it's always an uphill battle so um you know, the odds are not with you. Not that they were with him at trial per se, but they're definitely not with him uh, on appeal. So we'll see how it goes. And, um, you know, he's, you know, while we love Big O and we know him, you know, he's one of many people, you know, I think they're well past a thousand arrests. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're still arresting people now. So I don't know when this fucking thing is going to end. It seems like uh, they're probably just fucking geofencing phones. And uh, could you imagine if it's like the Nazis? They're they're still getting hundred and two year old Nazis. Could you imagine if in eighty years they're still popping them? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, the one thing that people can take away from this is that if you, I mean, this is this is my opinion. You never know what's going to happen in the office, but my opinion is if you know, if you're a single issue voter, which if you're a J sixer, you're going to be a single issue voter. My understanding is that if Trump gets in office, this is, you know, this this will be an end to it, given what he said or what, you know, you know, comments he's made. Um, You know, once he pardons or commutes, then that's that's kind of the end of it. Um, But, yes, you're absolutely right. If DeSantis gets in and, you know, he doesn't like what happened or if we continue to get a Democrat. Sure. This could this could be, uh, you know something that we don't even talk about in two to five years because it's just like drinking a cup of water. You know, it's just the everyday news of, um, it, you know, it probably won't even be, it, it probably won't even be covered anymore, you know, cause it'll just turn into normality. So hopefully it's not, but yeah, I mean, it would be pretty ridiculous. I, you know, I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations is going to run out on these crimes, but you know, they, you know, like arresting an 85 year old granny and like, Mark, you're never going to bed in like 2060. So anyway, with that said, guys, great job. He's done not being a soldier, people. And uh, I'm going to go to bed. You guys go to bed. Everyone go to bed. Everyone continue to text Mark. Make sure Mark goes to sleep. Um, and we'll see. I'm trying to think when we see them next. Um, during the week, it's going to be later on in the week. But I do know uh, Wednesday we possibly have uh, the Mooch, Anthony Scaramucci, 
coming on. So we'll see if that's going to be Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I'm teaching, so I can't do it Wednesday. So if we can't move it, it'll be Mark and Aaron. God help us. Um, but outside of that, we're going to have Aaron fucking yelling at the mooch. And uh, he's going to walk out. So we'll Me too. What's that? Oh, Cliff's going to yell at the mooch, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cliff's going to yell at the mooch. The mooch doesn't know what he's got. You guys are just going to start yelling. <laughs> Cliff is... Cliff is going to bring the heat. So uh, for new people that came in, it was great to see you guys tonight. Uh, Michael Dean, silent but deadly as always, kind of like Mark's farts. Always appreciate you. And uh, American Trucker, grateful for what you always do. Um, You know, thank you for that. Um, And we'll talk to you guys soon. So everyone have have a great night as we enter in Tuesday on the East Coast. Good night.